All right, folks. Uh, I got a we got a new segment, another new segment, and this one. Uh, whew, I don't know quite how to set it up. I uh, this is kind of like I guess we'd call it nature talks back, and I have a uh, person from nature or a cre- how do you okay. Yeah, I, I have. It's kind of like an interview. I'm going to turn. Well, not an interview. I'm going to turn the mic over to somebody, and they want to set the record straight. So it's nature talks back. The first episode of Nature Talks Back. Hey, folks, how you doing? I'm Bernie the Butterfly over here, and uh, I'm uh, I'm here to clear up some uh, misconceptions about butterflies. I know a lot of you folks have got a bunch of nonsense. Hey, you talk about butterflies, you humans, you think you know all, you know everything. Like, why do I got an accent? Because if I didn't, it's I'm a, I'm a smart butterfly over here, and I know this will help me uh, identify with use. So uh, I got an accent. So that's question one, you idiots. Barney the Butterfly here. I'm not here to answer questions anyway. I'm here to clear things up. Uh, about butterflies, the life cycle of butterflies. Everyone, oh, it's so wonderful you be a butterfly. Oh, the butterflies are so pretty. It's garbage, and you know it's garbage. So, okay, the first thing before we even get into the real butterfly stuff is this LeVar Burton character. LeVar Burton, or whoever the hell you are, you can kiss my ass, TK421, whatever robot you're playing on the TV tube. All right, okay. You got this show, but reading Rainbow, right? And you, why, why are you picking on us? Okay, butterflies in the skies. I could go twice as high. Okay, first off, you can't. Now, I don't know if Mister Burton had his uh, professors of uh, reading on the case when they wrote that song for him, but just so you knows. Uh, my, my, my good friends, the monarch butterflies, they could fly 11,000 feet around that. They could go up even higher. Now, I don't know anybody that's doing that kind of flying at 11,000 feet, unless you're in one of your damn airplanes, then you're probably killing butterflies. And, uh, if you were imagine it, what, what are you going to imagine you're going to be? You could imagine you're a butterfly. Why would you want to fly higher? You're going to be some kind of predator eating butterflies, Burton, huh? Why, why, why you leave us alone? You should have just left us out of the frigate song. Sparrows in the skies, I could fly twice as high, or something like that. Why you gotta put us in your song? I mean, do you, oh, I'm not even gonna get into all the other stuff because I'm just dealing with LeVar Burton and a reading. And, and second of all, parents, if you're friggin' listening over here, now I know this show went out of business, but he's got some application on the phones. So I just want to set the record straight here. Nature talks back. Boom, I'm talking back to you. And that's why I got this accent, because you know I'm serious. I'm mean, not here to, to to dance about. Okay, Burton, listen up. Parents, listen to what this guy's telling your kids, all right? You can see a butterfly in the sky. I can try to decide. I think it's like, take a look. Let me, see, let me look here. Yeah, take a look. It's in a book of reading Rainbow. Okay, they're, they're a reading rainbow. Okay, is it reading rainbow? What does that even mean? You know, is it like at the end of the rainbow or in the middle of the rainbow, over the rainbow or under the rainbow? Is it a pot of gold? Then just tell us. Reading's friggin' gold. All right. 
I can go anywhere. Okay, well, let me see. I got a... See, Barton, you got me all mad over here. Take a look. It's in a book. It's reading rainbow. I can go anywhere. Friends to know and ways to grow. A reading rainbow. All right. Okay, let me just finish it out here. I can be anything. Take a look. It's in a book. A reading rainbow. A reading rainbow. Okay, Burton. None of the, you don't talk about any of the dangers of reading here, do you? Like social ineptitudes or uh, uh, friends to know. I mean, maybe you can, I mean, yeah, ways to grow. Okay. Can be anything. Take a look. It's in a book. All right, well, okay, you got me on most of that, but let me ask you this, Burton. Did you ever ask a butterfly if you wanted to read? And I'm not talking about when you're puppets. Talking about an honest-to-goodness butterfly. And, oh, I'm sure, oh, I'm LeVar Wright, and I'm just so nice. I play, I'm helping, I'm helping everybody. Did you ever go in a garden and just sit there and read for the benefit of the butterflies? Because I suggest, my friend, if you're making amends about any of the stuff that's been going on with your reading rainbowing or your science fictioning, where you were TK421 or whatever cyber-optic nerve-ending you were, that you need to fix things with us butterflies. All right, point one, LeVar Burton, I uh, set you back in your place. Now, folks, okay, let, let me put down my uh, my my notes about LeVar, LeVar Burton over here, and I'll be right back, all right? And I want to thank the young man. No, I don't want to thank him. About time somebody let the let the butterfly community speak for their mind, and I do speak for the entire butterfly community. Don't let any naysayers come on here. Oh, no, we're just trying to make, you know, we're not going to give you humans another inch. And you're lucky we don't, butterflies don't strike back. I'm just talking back, okay? Okay, folks, calm it down. All right, all right, point two here. Who the hell started arming these kids with these butterfly nets, okay? What, I know some of you, you might be parents, you might be uncles, you might be aunts, you might be cousins. What the hell are you doing? What, what, do you do this to any other animals? You give your kids a weapon and you say, go catch them. All right? Do you say, go catch some bees? No, because bees can fight back. Huh? Yeah, right. You're just picking on us because we're fragile. And more fragile, you give that kid. You, you, you let a kid uh, clear the table with that net, your butterfly net over there? If you wouldn't let your kid clear the table with it, or use it with his goldfish or his uh, rat or whatever the heck they got in those cages in there, the friggin' uh, guinea pigs and the gerbils. Believe me, I know what's going on in that house. And you're not going to say, oh, you know, go get your... Maybe you are. I mean, I've seen... Maybe some of you do got those nets for the fishes. But the water slows that stuff down. You got these kids running around with these butterfly nets. Bam! You, you don't think a butterfly can get a concussion? And we got, you know, we're delicate. Well, on one hand, you know, all the butterflies are so beautiful and fragile and a symbol of all our crap. And then you got to get, you freaking, hey, Johnny, I was at the 99 cent store. They're getting rid of butterfly nets here. You and your friends go catch us some butterflies. Freaking, you're torturers and it's wrong. So think about it. I mean, what the frig? I mean, you people. You just say, uh, uh, I mean, can you just think it through for five seconds, one, one second over here? I mean, what if there was some, do I mean, 
Yeah, when I maybe I'll try to appeal to you because I can't appeal to your good nature because you people are monsters. Or maybe your self-interest, but, I mean, you're wiping out the entire planet anyway, so what am I going to do over here? You, uh, uh, how would you feel if somebody was running around catching you with stuff? Because your bodies ain't that much different than ours as far as, like, if a net with the mass, you know, if we were to do some, if we got Stephen Hawking's in here, and he did some calculations to make a net to catch peoples. That was the same as a butterfly net. But lay me, I tried to swing and miss and hit you in your spine. Your spine or your heads. He wouldn't be laughing. He wouldn't be saying, oh, look at Johnny. Oh, he's catching. Oh, he's, he's running after the... And Frig, you suddenly turn your back. You know whose wings are getting plucked off. You, you know, you, you ever heard of male angst or whatever you people call it? Your, your kids are angry. The boys, they're doing that. You got girls, you got to put them. Put, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make, put, put some makeup on the butterfly, and then I'm gonna make some butterfly stew for my daddy. Daddy, look, I stewed up some butterflies for you. Okay, it was a lose lose situation. So, we prefer if you just keep your kids the hell away from us, people. All right, and no more butterfly nets. I, I mean, do you really need to catch us? I, I, I can't help it, guy. These you humans with your hypocriticisms. You got a... Uh, wow, I'm charged up. I I know. The guy... Hold, hold on. The guy's yelling at me. They're supposed to put them to sleep. They put these animals to sleep. They they should put them to sleep. They, I'm, I'm talking to them about you. Yeah, they should put all of you to sleep because you're monsters. Oh, help them fall asleep. For good, right? Like they're dead, you're saying, right? Like in the movies. Put them to sleep. The criminals. No, help them fall asleep like a, like I'm friggin' uh, little Bo Peeps in on the side of their bed telling them a bedtime. You're crazy. You're crazy with that talk. Yeah, yeah, I'm facing, not facing the mic because I'm talking to you, you idiot. Oh, sorry, I should take some breaths into her. Sure. Okay, oh, I'll just move on. How about that? How about that, you? Yeah. Okay, so this guy with the podcast here, he's, uh, he's saying I'm too charged up. And that the people are listening, you want me to help you friggin' fall asleep. So uh, he said, if I could speak metaphorically, which I thought I was doing with the thing, talking about Stephen Hawking and catching you and nets. So I'm going to try to dial it down here. Now, uh, they, they, you know, you, you people, you think, oh, he, I don't know why he thought I'd be coming here all calm. Like, oh, good afternoon. I'm Professor Rob Butterfly. I speak for the butterfly community. And we just want to clear a couple things up here with you uh, lovely human beings we share this planet with. I've been pleased to be uh, a part of this TED Talk on butterflies and human symbioticism. Now, now you peoples, you don't really rely on us and we don't rely on you. So we just, uh, here at the uh, butterfly community, we're happy to be a symbol of uh, peace and justice and all that. And... Uh, uh, but uh, if you could uh, stay out of our affairs, we'd highly appreciate it. And my name is Wussy P. Wussenstein for the friggin' butterfly. Okay, I, I'm, I'm, I'm as calm as I can be. So, yeah, uh, what was my point? Keep uh, butterfly nets out of kids. You won't, I mean, I know, believe me, I see the news. I fly by windows and stuff. Uh, you know, folks, maybe I'll make this up here. Maybe I could give you a heart. You know, most of us we don't we don't live very long. Top 
tops two years, two years. Some of us only a week. You're going to make a one week on earth awful? And then how do you think it's going to affect that? It might mess up our butterflies, geneticisms. With the, what if uh, I'm stressed out and then my uh, passing on the genes makes my kids, uh, they have like a, a lesser pattern on the wings they can't either procreate. Or, you know, a cat eats, oh, you got those cats too. Oh, I forgot even, I didn't even write that down in my bullet points. The cats with the chasing and the eating and the hitting with the claws. I know I'm, I'm heaping on you human beings. And I, Okay, this has been a, a history of how long you people been on this earth over here. You know, 4,000 years or some such. Why, why you got to be such idiots? I mean, you adopt a creature and you domesticate it. A dog, that's fine. It just, it'll look at us. A couple dogs that try to get us, but they ain't the, you know, the dogs. But these cats, they got no respect for you people. You you know, when you're not around, we're laughing at you. You got these animals. The cat, the cat could care less about it. It'll push you in front of a car to save itself if it wasn't so nimble. And they can catch us and they claw us. You, you know, how, I know a lot of you has been clawed by a cat. Why would you like to be clawed by a lion? Huh? And you're back your leg or something that used to move around. Huh? And then you don't got a doctor's office because you're a butterfly and we don't have doctors. Because we got other stuff to do. Our life cycle's packed. I don't got time to stuff. I'm not going to decide what I want to be when I grow up. No, I'm a freaking butterfly. I do butterfly stuff. And we'll get to that in the life cycle thing. So that's point two is uh, keep the butterfly. I mean, come on. is that, uh, Come on. Point two, come on. And with the butterfly nets. Jeez. Next point. Okay, folks. Uh, point three, I'm a little common now. I took a little break. Uh, you guys might not know that, uh, you know, we get by on uh, mostly nectar. So I can get quite charged up, but I'm... I'm at the tail end of my nectar over here. So point three is a butterfly effect. Holy moly. Again, you'd think LeVar Burton thought up this one too. Why you gotta pick, why you gotta pick on us? All right? Say, so, oh, uh, uh, a butterfly flaps its wings over here. Hurricane over here killing everybody. Uh, yeah, malarkey, you know, chaos theory and all that. Now, I'm sure there's some mathematical models that back up this theory on some level or that defeat it on some level. But let, let's use this butterfly effect. I, let me let me try to help you people, okay, because you, you're very disturbed, okay? Uh, the butterfly effect reveals two, two of your biggest problems and why you people are shooting each other. You got people eating people sometimes. I seen you have a new drug. Maybe this was a couple of years ago where... You do a drug and then you eat a human. Wh- who's going to do that drug? Okay? What's wrong with you? I mean, what do you... Oh, buddy, I got this new, 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 new crazy stuff. It makes you so crazy you want to eat a guy. It's great. Let's do it. Oh, man, give me a double snort, man. What What? What the hell? Okay, so the, the butterfly, if you come up with this, of course, you got to throw our name on it. Why? Here's a theory. You pick somebody nice and pretty. And you throw them under the bus. That's what you got on your your gossip news. You guys love it. So you pick us. Oh, you butterfly. Uh, 
You guys got a whole love thing, hate thing going. That's unbelievable. Oh, you love the butterflies, but the first thing you can do, blame us for weather changes and patterns. I'm surprised your politicians ain't extincted us on a basis of a climate changing, but you're too busy uh, trying to decide if it's changing or not. Uh, note from the front lines, it is, idiots. Ooh, okay, hold on, the guy wants me. Well, yeah, that that that's because they're your fans, buddy. Not, I don't need them. Everybody's a butterfly fan when it's uh, easy for them. You're afraid people are going to stop listening to your podcast because they're insulted. Well, I'm not insulted. This is the truth over here, so I'm just speaking it. Okay, I'll try. I'm trying. All right, buddy. Okay, so you said you know be nicer because you people does you don't even pay money for this. Uh, so why why do I gotta be nice? I'm gonna talk quieter and be mean as one well, though over here. So, the butterfly effect shows two things: major flaws with the humans. Flaw one: you guys like pay the pass the buck thing. You like to uh, pass the buck. Oh, somebody else's fault. Hurricane kills everybody. Uh, it's the butterflies fall over and somewhere else where we don't have any control over it. Uh. Here's, here's a newsflash. Don't live by the friggin' beach. What? You invent this air conditioning so you think you can live wherever the hell you want. You live where there's hurricanes, you're going to get hurricanes. You uh, heat up the atmosphere and melt all the ice cubes, you're going to get more water on you. Okay? Become a friggin' mermaid or move somewhere. I don't friggin' know. But yeah, pass a buck. You're just looking to play the old blame game. So that's butterfly effect one. Oh, yeah, this is why I get kind of nice. I'm going to try to help you old folks out here. It's like a butterfly effect flaw too. Yeah, ego, man. You guys think it's all about you. Oh, uh, the whole weather, we got to find a solution to why the weather. Why is there hurricanes? Why did it Why did it damage my brand new fancy friggin' house with all the stupid friggin' uh, homo figurines that I collect because I'm an idiot? Uh, it's not about you is the thing, you know. We're all in this whole mess, technically, together. I mean, I guess that's maybe I should, I should be nice because I'm a butterfly. I'm just trying to make my time on Earth here, make more butterflies. That's what I do. Uh, that's not, no, I'm not a freaking butterfly Einstein or anything. And then everybody, you know, we had this meeting. And they said, hey, who wants to go? Uh, what is that? And they called me crazy, uh, crazy Bernie. Some like butterflies because I'm such a hothead. And I said, get crazy by it. You know, they gave me maybe drink a ton of, ton of juice, juice, fruit juice. And they had some stuff in there. I don't know. So maybe it did make me crazy. But you guys are always like trying to, you know, everything's supposed to be in your control. Everything has to have a reason. It's got to be linked to you and it's got to be about you. Give yourself a break. You're not in charge of everything. We're all just trying to get by. You are too. You're doing your best probably, even though you're an idiot. So, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, you lose your humble figurines. You either buy some more or you look at some pictures of them. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, I always got to got stuff anyway. If you like the humble figurines, there's, you're never going to have all of them. That's what I never get about you people. I fly by a lot of garage sales. Sooner or later, that stuff your kids, you're going to get old, you're going to die. Your kids are going to sell that crap for like 50 cents. But so that's the whole butterfly effect thing is that relax, okay? 
It's uh, not about you. Stuff happens. Sometimes it's bad, yeah. I mean, believe me, you know, you've seen enough butterflies slain when they're just butterflying around. Uh, yeah. So, okay. So that's point three is uh, butterfly effect. It's just you guys making a deal about stuff and sure you got your math stuff so you didn't figure out a way to frame us. It's bullshit. All right. So relax. Why don't you spend some more time? If you only lived the life of a butterfly, would would you change how you do things? Huh? And you may say, Bernie, you're, not, you're a jerk, you know? You, know what, you want me to take advice from a butterfly with a bad attitude? And you're probably right, you know? I mean, can you imagine what it does to your heart? And this is going to get into point four, the last point. Oh, it's going to be the longest, so bad news. But you can imagine what it's like when you only drink sugar water all day long. You think that's a pleasant way to live? It's not. <sighs> See? Trying to even breathe to calm down because this guy's pounding on the door. You can't hear it. I locked him out. <laughs> yeah, I think butterflies. You know, and we can't lock doors where we can. So there. Podcast guy. So yeah, point three is uh, if, you, if we could take anything from this, you know, folks, just calm down, all right? That's not a, you don't got to make a, you know, there's no one out to get you, okay? No one's going to punish you. You're going to punish yourself by making reasons that you're, you're not a bad person. You're doing the best you can. And I know Bernie's coming after you pretty hard. Guns are blazing. If I had but, if a butterfly has had guns, you folks would be in big trouble. Well, probably not because we couldn't carry very good guns. But you know what I mean. Okay? So take it easy. You know, let's take a breath together. <sighs> be lucky you don't just eat uh, sugar water all the time. Though I know a lot of you drink a lot of sugar water. But yeah, so uh, butterfly effect disproven-ish. All right. All right, what's well, so, so I'm going to move on. Okay, folks, the last thing I want to talk about here is uh, butterfly, life of the butterfly. And, you know, the whole butterfly life cycle. Because you people, you like to romanticize it. And you use a butterfly. I know we're all sorts of symbolism, both bad and good. Mostly good you use us for. You think if you use this for so much art and so much talk and your businesses as a butterfly house painting, butterfly hair braiding, butterfly photography, butterfly sex positions, okay? Butterfly, uh, butterfly steak, you know? You got a lot of butterflying going on. But you guys don't know what it's really like to be a butterfly. And that's the main reason I'm here is uh, to talk about that, not to yell at you folks. I mean, I came in here because, uh, you know, that LeVar Burton, I'm sure, again, he's a nice guy. He's got that eye problem. And uh, I'm not sure, is that real? Is he, not to honest, honest God's questions. But uh, so, yeah, I wasn't here to punish you folks, or, you know, get all mad, but I got a little reading rainbow under my skin and I went crazy. So the butterfly life cycle. So we're going to talk about it. I'm going to talk you through it because it's not as great as you, you people seem to think it is. And you use it for uh, all sorts of things, you know. So, okay, so we start out right. We're, uh, we get, you know, the set and the, it, and we're an egg when we start out. All right. Now, yeah, I'm not a butterfly uh, intellectual, so I got to look at my notes here. But so they stick us underneath the plant. Now, we're stuck in there. 
Now you people, you you get it. you got you got it pretty good when you're uh, when you're uh, gestating or whatever you want to call it. You're inside a nice warm sack. You got the food coming in. You got your mother's heartbeat. Bum 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 Whatever it goes. I, I heard I, I fly by this once baby's window, and it's interesting. It sounds they had the butterflies. Another butterfly, her mother's heartbeat on the videotape or the audio tape or whatever you call it. And it sounded like that, but like with a, like a fuzz too. <laughs> I think that's what it sounds like to the baby. You might not remember that. Maybe, maybe you're doing, you're relaxing now. But so, uh, you guys are in that nice warm fluid just floating around. Your mother's talking to you. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe your mother's not so hot. But maybe your mother's, uh, Maybe your mother's not a hit or whatever, but, you, you know, you're in there. Me, Bernie the Butterfly, I'm on the bottom of a plant and a friggin', friggin' thing. It's got some hot outsides. And anybody wants to come along, pluck me off and eat me, they can do, do as they please. You know, my ma, she might try to hide me. But ain't nobody looking out for Bernie the Butterfly. And let's say when it comes, you know. They're going to crack me out early? No, they're going to let me freeze out when in there. You might say, when does a butterfly become a larvae or whatever, you know, whatever the chicken and egg whole thing of a jig? I don't know, but I tell you, being stuck in an egg stinks. And they say, you know, that this is, uh, you know, you, you people, you talk about trauma, trauma a lot. Think about how traumatic it is to be in an egg. You know, they say when you come out of your womb, it's very traumatic. On use, and I can imagine it is. You're in there, living living the life of Brian, whatever that means, and you're just smoothing around and and stuff, and then you get out, and there's like it's terrifying. It's terrifying out there. For, for us, we're already out there, even though we're in there. We're we're trapped, you know. And what, what you, you can you imagine the trauma of poor little Bernie the butterfly? You might want no wonder why I'm so angry. What if you're hidden and then there's people walking by like ants? Or, uh, you know, different insects that eat us, like manises and and aphids or whatever's. And, the, and then the, they're walking below you. And oh, dear goodness, are they going to see me and eat me or what? And you got to worry. It's very traumatic, okay? So that's what being an egg for a butterfly stinks. Okay, so then we become a caterpillar. You know, we launch out that larvae, caterpillar, whatever. What do we do all the time? Eat nonstop. You just eat and you eat and you eat. A lot of times you got to eat poison. Instinctually, you know what to eat that's poisonous so that you don't get eaten by a freaking bird or some, you know, other thing that eats in caterpillars. And uh, you know what it, you think? Oh, yeah, the butterflies, the lava, the caterpillar is so smart. It's eat, eating poison. It's adaptation. It's beautiful. It's a circle of life. Nah, you got to eat poison all day. You think it, you can it's called being tough. It feels terrible. You 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 you're, you're racked with pain and you're sick and you're eating this poison. But you you really you know we're high strung, so we're like, oh goodness, I just keep keep I keep eating this poison, keep eating this poison, and uh, oh I feel terrible, but it's keep me safe, keep me safe. I keep eating the poison, more poison, and uh, it's kind of like a neurosis. You you use people who call yeah, just if uh, here's what here's the uh, Mathematical formula. Poison plus eating it equals safety. 
no matter what the pain or the misery you're going through, which is a whole hell of a lot, I'll tell you. And believe me, Bernard, I was eating twice as much poison as all my uh, compatriots. So you give me a, a stalk of freaking poison uh, holly or whatever the hell that crap is, I'll chop it down. I ain't going to be lunch for no sparrow, you know. Or the sparrow's kids carry me off in a beak, waving me around, and then drop me in one of your kids' gullets. Heck no. Not burning your butterfly. So that's one downside of being a caterpillar. You know, you got to eat a lot. You got to eat poison. Second, second, second thing is that it's things called instars. Now, humans, I, I have heard you, uh, I've heard you around complain about growing pains, especially you kids. But sometimes adults complain that you get the restless leg thing. Our kids, you know, you all oh, my legs hurt. I got some growing pains. Okay, when when a when a when a caterpillar like myself, formerly a caterpillar, when we get to a certain point, our skin just cracks right off our friggin' body splits. It's still on us. You imagine what that feels like over here? Splitting the skin. It's terrible. The pain is like uh, awful. You people I hear you in the house, oh, I got a paper girl, I burned my finger. With your whole skin split in half from head to toe, and then it just dries up and falls off. Just just, just imagine that, okay? It's not, it's horrible. It's horrible being a butterfly, let me tell you, or a caterpillar. And that happens, and we don't, you forget, because, you know, Bernie, I got hit by lightning. That's why, another reason that the people pick me to talk, because I'm having my brain and uh, mammalianized it, mammalianized it, or some some such thing. Or maybe somebody, they said some soul, lost souls inside me or something. I don't know. But uh, so we forget, and then all of a sudden your skin splits again. You're like, oh, I forgot, but it's, it's wired into you. And you're like, I remember this awful pain when I stop. So that's the other thing. Instars, growth. Growth is pain. And then you're like, oh, growth is painful. Oh, it's uh, another lesson. One day you'll be a beautiful butterfly. Yeah, great, thanks. Tell it to me when my skin's splitting open. Okay, and then you, you people love that we're a winged creature, right? Now just imagine after the skin splitting, you think you got a handle on that or you forgot about it. Next thing you know, your freaking back starts hurting. You got these freaking back starts and you got these wings pushing through, these wing discs, which are butt wing buds. I don't freaking know. And you got this pain in your back. Oh, it hurts nonstop. It's terrible. So you got, you know, your skin split and your wings are pushing through your epidermis, like straight through your skin. You, you people have any of that? You have anything grow and push a hole through your skin? No. You'd need a friggin', oh, yeah, can you give me some aspirin for that? Yeah. The butterflies don't got no aspirin or just eat more poison. That's all you're doing. Then your stomach is so bad. Huh? So, you know, you got that now. If all that wasn't bad enough, and the whole stress of just being a caterpillar, what if, uh, yeah, what if, what if somebody is not allergic to this poison is going to come kill me? Or when you people catch me, you know, stressful enough. Then all of a sudden, after all that, your brain goes crazy. Then you're just eating and eating and eating and eating, surviving, surviving. Then all of a sudden, your brain sort circuits and it's like you're zombified. And you're just kind of like, oh, but, uh, like I. I think I've seen a couple of you come home and they're drunk, and that looks fun. This is not fun. So it's like being drunk without the fun. You're wandering around, whoa, so, and I'm running into stuff. 
just barely missing falling off and breaking my breaking myself or getting eaten and just wandering around want what nothing no idea what's going on terrified but you don't know why and you're just wandering around lost you're lost folks and you got no hope because you don't know what the heck's going to happen next okay so you're going through all this pain and all these changes and every change hurts and then you're lost and you're alone. And I, I guess I can kind of see why you people use us for your metaphors. But so, yeah, you're just wandering around. And that's pretty terrible. Okay? You don't even know why you're lost. You don't even know where you're going. And then it's time, folks. The next thing you know, time to form a chrysalis. That's like you're wandering around. The next thing you know, you're hanging upside down and you're surrounded by goop. So it's time you uh, you hang yourself up upside down. With some stuff and your skin comes off. One now, the guy told me he just he made me pause it over here and he said, you know, go easy on this stuff because he already knows, you know, you get trapped in. Now let me tell you what happens when you're inside this chrysalis because you're like, oh, wait for the butterfly to emerge. It's a, it's going through the process of becoming. Now, first of all, why 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 are people always saying butterflies are beautiful, caterpillars? Eh. You know, caterpillars were pretty nice to look at. Okay. So just one thing, you know, you you know, and you guys are all, this is another human thing, I guess. Folks, slow it down. If you're a caterpillar, just enjoy being a caterpillar for now. You ain't going to always be one. But you might as well say, hey, I'm not so bad looking as a caterpillar as I am right now. And my skin's about to sleep, you know, split open all good God. But, you know, enjoy it because then you can be a butterfly. You're alive for a couple of days. Boom, you're dead. And a good side, good another good thing about being a caterpillar is you get to eat a lot. Sometimes it's poison, but sometimes it's not. So, so you go on this chrysalis, and uh, the guys told me the podcast guy said take it easy, right? So I'm gonna try to figure out how to say this, but basically, you know, all this stuff's happening. The growth, everything else, got to get broken down. Now, you if you, if you got half a brain in your head and you looked at a caterpillar. If you're looking at a caterpillar and then you look at them, you're like, how, how in the heck, you know, was that uh, they're even related? So, yeah, everything's got to get broken down and built back up at the same time. And we're alive when that's happening, folks. It's not like you go from being a human to being a aardvark or a aardvark to being a human. I mean, you just start out like a baby and then you keep getting bigger and bigger, 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 bigger. So it sucks, okay? It's not, you're trapped inside. You can see out there, so you can see you're supposed to be hidden. You're supposed to, you're hoping you're not going to get eaten again. Or you friggin' humans. Oh, let me crack you open and I'm a serial killer. I'm going to take you and put you in a human's mouth or whatever. Or, you know, whatever you people do for your kicks, you're sick. But yeah, so you just friggin' put us in there. Um, what was I saying? So you, being in the ink so hot, all right? It's like you're, uh, it's like you're uh, getting melted down by acid is how it is. And then you got all sorts of weird stuff happening. It's all painful, terribly painful. And again, you can, if you can do anything, fold it into your metaphor, but make sure whatever the, the moral is at the end of your metaphor, be nice to friggin' insects, okay? Uh, but yeah, so then we go through a lot more pain and we're supposed to break out of there and you say, oh, butterflies emerge. It's terrifying. Imagine if you had to get born twice, all right? Let me lay it on you. 
because there is a little bit of peaceful stage at the end of the chrysalis, like where you kind of, you're resting, you're in a bit of a zone, you've been wandering before you got there, you, 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 you've become a fully formed, your, uh, your reproductive urges are getting stirred up, you know, that's not so bad, you know, being stirred up in that ways. So yeah, there's a little bit of a time there where you're at peace, and then you got to go back out. So imagine that you had to live your friggin' life and you had to go to your schools where you get bullied and such. And you're like, oh, God, I can't, can this get any worse? Because maybe that's what your skin growing. Your bullying and your your sadness and your heartache and your heartbreaks and your, your family problems. Maybe that's like you getting your skin broken, all right? But then imagine, so you, you know, this is kind of disgusting. So I'm not going to use any imagery, but, you know, a mother-type figure or a uh, organic. Imagine you could make your own womb. Let's just say that. And you say, okay, I'm just going to re-womb myself here and uh, go in my locker, in my womb, my womb locker. I'm going to be nice and peaceful over here. And then there's somebody knock on the locker. Hey, it's time to come back out. Wait, to where? You want me to come back out where people are bullying me? And me and my mom and my dad yelling at each other. And that girl keeps pulling my hair. And I fell for that guy, and then he's not talking to me and stuff like that. And I had my big wheel, and I crashed it, and then I got no teeth. Forget about it. And then next thing you know, you, your locker and your womb just disappear. And next thing you know, you're out anyway. And then you're standing there, and keep going with this metaphor. You're buck naked in the middle of all that. You got all these predators, these animals around you that want to take you down. And you're totally vulnerable. And you're trying to flap your wings. You got to inflate your wings. You got to puff them up, loosen them out, you know, break them in, all that. And everybody, anything could go wrong at any minute. Yeah, so that that's that. Now, at the end of that, you're a beautiful butterfly, according to you people. Now, you ask the ladies burning the butterflies to talk to. I'm not, you know, two out of ten might say I'm not bad. But so, yeah, then you become a butterfly. And now let me tell you, folks. Downsides of being a butterfly is you gotta you mostly eat liquids, you know, sugar water, and you need a lot of salt. So if you sugar water, you live somewhere where you sugar water your nectar, your plants they don't got a lot of salt. You gotta eat some salt. Somebody could land on a person, you could lick them. Mostly we get it from dung, though, you know, animal dung. It's a little gross, so not my first choice. Luckily, I live somewhere where there's a lot of salt water in the air, but it's, uh, so, and then, you know, you might have to migrate. That's like, for, for, I'm a, I'm a, yeah, I'm a migratory butterfly over here. And so then I have my sexual urges or my reproductive urges. Then they're like, hey, hey, Bernie, by the way, uh, you know, that urge you got, uh, you know, come on, you got to fly, uh, eight billion miles, you know, about two, two, three thousand miles. And maybe somebody will mate with you, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. And you might be fact-checking me. I don't know. Maybe I'm making some of this up. This is the collective woman. I'm here on behalf of all the butterflies. Collective wisdom of the butterflies. So, yeah, I might not be uh, fact-checking. You might say, you know, butterfly. I'm a butterfly, my friend. My friend. But uh, so so those are the downside. You know, drink, eating, eating out of dung flapping around, getting eaten, you idiots trying to catch us, your cats, your predators. 
But you get to fly, folks. Now, let me tell you, that's pretty sweet, okay? And uh, it's pretty relaxing for the most part, unless you got to worry about the uh, humans, the cats, or the... Uh, but when there's no... When you feel... When I'm with a, a flock of other butterflies, I know I'm safe in that flock. Swarm, I think you call it a swarm. you got to put, of course, a flock of seagulls. The seagulls are terrible. We call them a flock. But we got to be a swarm. Thanks, thanks to nothing humans again doing the butterfly injustice. But, yeah, so uh, it's pretty nice flying, folks. And maybe that's why you guys do like using us for stuff because then let's say you're the kid, you know, you got out of the locker womb. Everybody's making fun of you because you had a locker womb, even though and it sounds like stuff you would do. It's like, you know, make fun of the people for having a locker womb, even though you just got out of your locker womb two minutes ago. Then you're going to go make fun of somebody else for their locker womb. But, yeah, then you're the kid getting made fun of. You just thought you were adjusted. Then you changed. And I know you people go through your changes with your men and your women's. So, yeah, but then there is probably is a point if you listen to this podcast over here. Right, guy? Well, hold on. See, I'm doing pretty good here. I'm taking it home. Don't worry. I got your podcast in good hands over here. You rat bastard humans. I'm going to take you home anyway to good, good spots because that's the only way we're going to work. Just go on the mic and shut up. Okay, you got it. So what was I saying, folks, is that, uh, yeah, you're there. Everybody's picking on you again. But they don't know, man. Deep down, you're made to fly. Maybe it's made, made me made to fly by singing a song. I like I like listening to you people sing songs. Or maybe you're meant to, like, dance. I like seeing you. Well, I like the little kids when they dance. It's nice. It's nice. It's cute. Maybe you were made to play, like the video games, not play them, because that's really a waste of freaking time, let's be honest, but make them. You know, maybe you were meant to do something like, you know, help 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 people with the paper cuts. Maybe, you're gonna, maybe you help people patch up the paper cuts. Maybe you're going to invent some anti-paper cutting device. Maybe you're going to just sell the stuff that you put on the paper cuts. There's nothing wrong with that, folks. And you're going to have a lot of other stuff You just because you're, you're out of your locker room, you puffed up your wings. There's always a, someone with a butterfly net waiting to catch you. But you can't let that keep you from flying because how the hell else are you going to procreate? All right? It's the truth of the matter. And I know you guys got bigger ambitions, so it's hard for me to nail down a reverse metaphor. Or maybe it, would that be a double reverse metaphor? Because it'd be like I'm trying to go back to the butterflies and be like, I mean, I think I can now tell them, hey, guys, uh, these humans, they got it pretty rough. Because you do, so I guess, now that I'm thinking about it. But so, because I guess, yeah, you guys don't, you got to live longer, which is a downside now that I'm seeing it. I was always jealous of us, saying, oh, you get to live so long. Barney, he don't get to live so long. But now I see it's a road of trials, kind of like my flights to uh, Mexico. Well, I, you, know, you might be saying fact check, you know, whatever. I'm just talking here, butterfly to human. Yeah, so I know you got the tough, okay? And Bernie Butterfly here is telling you I got a tough too. And so yeah, let's see eye to eye. Let's see. You promise not to give anyone ever again a butterfly net 
And don't be collecting the butterflies you know, or buying them. The guy said, oh, no, they were already dead when I got there. These guys selling the freaking pinned up butterfly. Oh, the butterflies were dead when I got there. Bullshit. All right? The bullshit is just like, you know, I don't know, your, your version. So, uh, yeah, you guys got it pretty rough. I respect you. Okay? Don't let him keep you down because we need, I mean, in your, yeah, I'm doing a double metaphor. We need, and I'm saying we as in I'm, I'm pretending I'm being a human here. It's called like empathy or compassion or something. I always get those two mixed up because I, I, I like watching. I land on this one lady's thing. She watches these shows with everybody's having these love affairs. And, and then she watches a show with these talking people and they talk about, you know, oh, so you need to have compassion for your wife, uh, the doctor, Phil. Dr. Oz, you got all these doctors, and then the doctors, the young girl can doctor show, which has got pretty girls, pretty guys, one for everybody. Oh, you need to have some compassion, some empathy, and then you need to uh, eat some green drink, okay? So, you got it's confusing, obviously. Um, but my point is go ahead and still fly, all right? Don't, no one wants you to fly. That's the difference. One butterfly. We don't really care if somebody else flies or they don't. It's like, yeah, I'm just trying to get, you know, get mine. But you got people trying to keep you from flying that are the same peoples, you know, humans. I got sparrows to deal with. I know they're out to get me. So, yeah, you, it's going to be okay, though, I think. And you just got to keep trying, all right? So, uh, in closing, I think we've uh, done more to establish butterfly-human relations here. And I'm glad you all listened. I hope I didn't disturb you. This guy was yelling at me and saying I was disturbing you and, and I'm too mean. But I'm really not mean. You know, I just got to express myself, you know. And, you know, butterfly in the sky, let's all fly. Places, I'd like to say let's all fly. Butterflies in the skies. We could all get so high. That's like one of you guys going to you know, smoke your weed and sing that one. But butterfly in the sky, little human, please don't cry. Give the butterfly a look. Please don't put me inside a book. It's butterfly human rainbow. You can do anything. Your friends out there, make sure you put out some underwear. It's human butterfly rainbow. You do do. All right, folks. I got to get to the guy's telling me to shut up with the singing and stuff. He said I should have wrote a song first and then sang it. So that's it. Uh, thanks for listening. Sorry I was uh, so judgmental. Okay. But that's another thing about us. We see a lot of stuff, so we're very judgmental. Because none of these other friggin' insects, they don't get it either. So, yeah. Burning butterfly ain't perfect. You are too. But it's not all your fault, and you're not all bad. All right, so keep trying. He's looking at you, Bernie the butterfly, flying out. And hopefully I'll be uh, having butterfly relations very soon with another butterfly. Thank you very much for the butterfly I'm having relations with ahead of time. Thank you for not calling me an ugly butterfly. Yeah, thank you. Good night. Hey guys, um, you might be wondering, hey, what's going on? 
you know, I, I last episode had Bernie the butterfly, and I know I, I I timed things terribly that the one episode I've missed or, or that I didn't roll, like, usually I record the episodes about two or three days ahead of time. I don't know if I've shared this with you, but I'm going to. Like, usually Tuesday nights I record Thursday night's episode. Thursday night I record Sunday's episode. Sunday I record Tuesday's episode. That would be my normal schedule. Sometimes things get mixed around, but uh, I had uh, put Bernie the Butterfly. I knew I wasn't going to be able to record episode for the Tuesday, which is actually right now when I'm recording. I knew I wouldn't get, be able to get it edited and up in time, so I recorded it ahead of time about a week at, week or two, about two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago. Um, and I, I did not know it would be episode 100. So... Wow, big celebration for episode 100. So we're going to do a little, uh, it's not a celebration. This is episode 101, which is a, maybe a nicer number because it has a 101. So no one that's all binary feels left out. We've got ones and zeros or whatever. Uh, so this is going to be kind of a spur. I have some stuff written. But this is going to be like a, a meet and greet episode. Because I know a lot of people have been asking, I know some people have been asking, oh, you, we want to hear more about you or more about, you know, what the podcast. And I'm not the most, so I'm going to do that, but I'm going to do it in a meandering and boring way. So we're going to get to some stuff about the history of the podcast and storytelling and all that. But first we need to uh, talk about LeVar Burton. Now, I love Bernie the Butterfly. Bernie the Butterfly did not really like LeVar Burton. And I can see... There's a lot of butterfly gripes about um, LeVar Burton. I, he- I heard what Bernie was saying, and I respectfully understand what he was saying. Well, I guess, yeah, I don't disagree. I can understand why the butterflies don't want any attention. But I don't want to, ta- to take anything away from what I know about LeVar Burton, which is very little as a person. But what I do know as a, a pop culture phenomenon, I would honestly say, is that he's wonderful. And it just happened to be that Bernie the Butterfly, when they talk about zeitgeist or having your pulse on things, is like right after Bernie came into the studio and recorded that episode with me, boom, LeBar Burton's in the news with his Kickstarter campaign, promoting reading and reading Rainbow, reading Rainbow app. I don't really know. I posted it, www.sleepingpodcast.com slash 100. In the show notes, you'll, you'll be able to link to the Kickstarter video. I think there's... When you're hearing this, a few more days left if you're rich and you want to donate some money. It seems like a great program to bring reading and literacy to more people. So I just want to put that out there is that I don't have anything against LeVar Burton, but I'm not worried about that because not only do I not have anything against LeVar Burton, I have a, a wow. I mean, I just scratched the surface a few seconds ago, but I, I'm, like, I, I'm not sure if it's his... His genuineness, his enthusiasm, just his overall charisma. He just seems like a great guy. And I, I'm not a huge star. I don't have anything against Star Trek, but I was I was not a regular viewer of Next Generation. I did see some episodes. We seem great on that. But I have me and LeVar. I, feel, I mean, I honestly feel like he's a friend. Like as a kid, when I was exposed to Reading Rainbow and LeVar Burton, it kind of felt like he was like, he overrode your stranger danger. But 
Well, Varburn is like sealed in my mind as like one of the formative memories of my youth. And this will be like a little bit of starting to get to know me a little bit better. And for Juan especially, I grew up, uh, Juan, Rochester area. I grew up in Syracuse, New York. And uh, you can look it up depending on where you're from. It's either a city or it's either a small city or a big town. If you're from a big city, it's probably a small town, a uh, big town. From a town, it might be a small city. I don't know. It's in the Rust Belt, I think. I don't even know if it's officially in the Rust Belt. Let's not worry about This is in a Syracuse history of the Salt City, the great Salt City. This is in a history of Syracuse podcast yet. But uh, it is about, so I grew up in Syracuse. I'm the oldest of six kids. There you go. You got some personal info. Now, my brother and sister, they're... uh, the kind of twins that aren't identical. I think it's fraternal because they're a boy and a girl, um, two years younger than me. And it just so happened at some point one summer, my mom's got to deal with six kids. She would drive us, me, my brother, and my sister. At some point, we got old enough to be dropped off at the local library, the local uh, local library, small branch on Geddes Ave in Syracuse, New York. Look it up. Maybe I'll share it in the... I'm not even sure if it's there. And there's this wonderful librarian there. Of course, I don't remember her name because I'm a terrible person. I mean, know that as I tell you the story. But she was an angel of a librarian. And she... Uh, we, we got there. showed up this library. They have this thing called the Summer Reading Game. And, you know, you read books. You tell a librarian about it. You get to, like, color in something. You get a little prize. I could, for me, and this, I'm not trying to sound trite or overly melodramatic. I don't even know what the term is. Like, this was like a groundbreaking, like I said, a formative experience. I couldn't believe I was getting this praise and reward for something I already enjoyed doing. And it was like, I was like, wow, wow this is something I'm actually good at reading books. I mean, that I enjoy. And now I'm getting all this positive, positive stuff about it. And I don't know if Reading Rainbow or PBS or LeVar Burton himself was sponsoring the summer reading game, but it was a lot of LeVar Burton Reading Rainbow tie into this. And so whenever I think about that, I think about watching, and maybe we just watched Reading Rainbow every day. That's probably it. We watch Reading Rainbow at the library every day. But just something, and, and I know, well, I hope. I hope, you know, you don't need the same memory, but even in the midst of any darkness from your childhood that you might have, there's got to be the one one or two memories in there where, you know, as time passes, you look back and you see some, it was a subtle magic at play there that this, this, this person, this wonderful librarian who I'm just totally degrading but not knowing her name. She had nice dark hair, smile, probably was a little bit in love with her. Uh, she took the time. I mean, she was doing her job. She was getting paid. You might say that. But or she enjoyed her job enough. I don't know. Something was transferred there. And and, and to be honest, I can't go back and, and do a binary digit-by-digit digit analysis of my life. But somehow, that experience... And being able to watch LeVar Burton and Reading Rainbow 
somehow it, it led me to here. I mean, two and two, you know, doesn't freaking add up to me doing a podcast about being boring. But somehow I got here and I was there. And I could tell you without that, without LeVar Burton and without the celebrity, which I'll do you justice, ma'am. I'm sorry that I, um, I just thought of this today, but, uh, I don't know. I guess I'm rambling, and I, I guess, well, it doesn't matter. I'm trying to bore you, and my personal issues are kind of boring. And uh, so, yeah. And another pro tip about while we're on the Reading Rainbow subject. Now, I don't know. I think we got a pretty, pretty decent age range here. There's a Reading Rainbow app. I haven't checked that out. And I'm sure Reading Rainbow... If you if you didn't check it out, you should because if you're ever feeling down or you ever really want to get on someone's nerves or you ever run across a hardcore Reading Rainbow fan like myself, you, c- you can have a little bit of fun, which is like, uh, well, hold on, let me let me get it. I'm gonna I'm gonna get in the zone. I'll be right back. Okay, sorry, I had to get a little zone there. Uh, so. You can do this if, like, say, let's say you're trying to pick a movie or you're reading a menu or, you know, you just want to freestyle, improv it. You know, you can come up with anything. That's when the kids did the uh, the stand, the book reviews. They talked about the books. They'd be like, kind of like, a, hi, my name's uh, Dear Scooter, and I, I want to talk about uh, the uh, Sleep With Me podcast by Drew Ackerman. And it's a podcast about being born, you know, and you just do that and you go, and you, know, you never know when you're going to be, you should have a punchline, which I didn't pre-write a punchline because I didn't know. Um, and you can, or you could just be negative or talk about boring. I wish I had pre-prime uh, this for some kill, killer material here because usually I'm pretty funny. I guess maybe I'm on the spot. And I don't want to yell. That's the other thing. I probably am pretty loud when I do. But, I'll, I mean, I will do it till you hate me. Be like, oh, you know, let's see. I guess it, it, at a restaurant's a pretty good example. That's probably why <laughs> probably people don't want to eat with me. But if my, oh, you want uh, Hi, this is uh, little Lulu. And I'm uh, here to talk about the cop salad. Now, the cob salad has a bunch of crap on it, and it's going to give you a heart attack. And, but, you know, I don't know. I'm choking. But, ba 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 bump. I don't know. It's a do-do-do. I think it's a punchline. Just forget everything. If, and if, God forbid, if LeVar Burton's listening at this point, LeVar, maybe you should just go and listen to the earlier podcast where Bernie just yells at you because that's probably more entertaining than this childhood hero alert i just choked okay so but see even in this podcast teachable moment that's a book by a lady called the teacher that knows everything and she taught every time i do something wrong she says that's a teachable moment and then i burned her house down and then she said you're going to jail that's a teachable moment but i don't think so if you want to read about the teachable moment and find out what happens, go to your local library or bookstore. Signing out. Bum, bum, bum. That's the best I could come up with.
But yeah, so just YouTube, like reading Rainbow Book Review or something. And then go ahead and annoy your friends. Or guys, gals, if you're on a date, do it. And then if it goes well, you can thank me. If it goes poorly, probably with some, something else in the, that just exposed uh, underlying crack in the infrastructure of the potential relationship. So you can thank me there too. And that's a book called What an Idiot Knows About Relationships. It's a story about a guy who has a podcast whose heart was frozen because he didn't know any better. And then he tried to unfreeze it by telling everyone else what to do. And he ended up sad and alone. And then something else happened, but I can't tell you that. If you want to find out what happens to this crazy dude, go down to your local library and check it out. See you later. Do-do-do. Say, okay. You pulled it out of that one. LeVar, I know you could do better than me, but... So anyway, in closing, uh, about this segment, don't worry. I'm not going to give up on you guys this early. Uh, support, if, you, if you're rich... Because since I haven't asked you guys for any money, but sooner or later I will, if you're rich and you're listening to this podcast, and I mean, you know, rich. Well, even if you're well off, go ahead. I mean, LeVar Burton's Kickstarter campaign, I haven't researched it, so maybe. But if you're rich, go ahead and research it. If you're rich, you probably know what to do with your money. Look into it. If you got some bucks, kick it to LeVar uh, because he's great. And so that's LeVar Burton and me, kind of a, you got to know me a little bit there all right so next segment i get a, a lot of uh natural oh hold on let me okay for the next segment get it this for this meet and greet hopefully you're asleep but if you're not uh you might be asking yourself who, who's doing this podcast who's this dear scooter character who's this drew Ackerman character uh you know who, who are who, what's going on who, who are these people Legitimate questions. Now, if you've listened to any of the bloopers that may or may not be working on Facebook that I haven't checked since Lynette told me they weren't working. Sorry, Lynette. Uh, you might notice that there's some a contentious relationship can be had with me, the dear scooter, the talent, what, what I would be called uh, in a professional environment. This is not a professional environment. So sometimes I lose my cool. You might hear that in the bloopers, like I'm yelling or getting angry or swearing because I get to a spot and I'm going through some of the the written material and uh, it's it's not up to my 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 um, high standards, so I could lose my cool. But who is dear Scooter? Let me check my notes here. It and who is this Drew, Drew fellow? Right? Okay. Well, it's kind of like, and it kind of, we've kind of hinted at this, but let's get to the meat and bones of it. Is that you know, ideally we'd be saying this is like a a Bruce Wayne, Batman situation, or a uh, Superman Clark Kent. Uh, but I think I have an unfortunate feeling it's more like a, well, I guess it's not a bad thing, Tyler Perry Medea type situation. But not even close because Tyler Perry and his Medea are unbelievably successful. But they're, you know, they're in a different business. So you're saying what? Is that the fact of the matter is that Deer Scooter is a, char a char character? What the fuck? 
Hold, hold on, Pip folks. What the fuck is this? Yeah, there's a, I'm going to swear now because I thought we talked about the. Okay, yeah, this is Dear Scooter here, and um, I'm not a character or a character. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, but you, you will, you, yeah. Hey, hey guys, this is Drew, and uh, um, yeah, it's kind of like a, I'm the I'm the person that writes the podcast, and Dear Scooter's the one that performs it, but we're kind of, okay, shut up. Okay, what he's trying to say is that uh, he's trying to take credit. Uh, I, you know, I don't have anything written here. What am I supposed to say now? Right, exactly. You need me. Okay, this is Drew. I'm going to take over Scooter because I'm going Im- 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 to improv or go off the cuff. Yeah, I'm. I write it, and Dear Scooter performs it. Are we the same person? I think that depends on how you define it. I, I'm I, I, I'm the human being behind the podcast, but it wouldn't be possible without Dear Scooter. Now, Dear Scooter is kind of a character. Not a, I know it's not a character. It's a, I'm not a freaking character, you jerk. Why take that back? I just I took it back as soon as I said it. Okay, Drew here. Yeah, I, I meant. You're, he's the performing side of me. I could not, I'm not a performer. I'm not an actor. And I'm, I'm very low in self-confidence. And what happened was like a long time ago when I was just not living the life I wanted to live. And, and, uh, I was, I had a job I hated and I was like, one of these, want, I was a wannabe. I was, I was like, oh, someday I'm going to write movies and all this kind of stuff. And then I was like, okay, well, and I'm sure a lot of you have gone through this, and, and it's something you have to go through. If you, for a lot of people, some people are just creative, and they they're successful artistically or professionally right away. But for some of us, it's a long, long struggle. And for me, that's what it is. And so I, ha- I came up with this character, Dearest Scooter. And it was right around the time Scooter Libby went to jail. And I was like, um, I was just thinking that that whole situation was strange. And that he kind of got sent to jail and all his buddies, you know, he kind of took the fall, it seemed like. And I was thinking, like, what would it be like to be him? And, and how mad is he? And at the same time, uh, this was when I was still reading print newspapers. Um, San Francisco Chronicle was my go-to paper. And I would read through the paper and you'd get to the advice columns. I think there was usually there's Dear Abby and there's maybe the Miss Manners and there's like another one, like a kind of like Dear Abby, uh, something else, I don't know. Ask Jeanette, I freaking don't know. And then I was thinking, like, I don't know about you guys, but, uh, hey, can I take over, please? Hey, this is Scooter, and, uh, I'm gonna take over for Drew because I'm slightly smoother because I'm a performer. That's right, we're the same kind of person, but I'm, I'm a more confident part of Drew, I guess. I don't, this is not going well, is it, Scoot? No. Okay, Drew, you take back. Okay, yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't plan this out, people. 
Let's get back to Scoop. So, yeah, because I don't even know how you came up with my... What, that's how you came up with my name, dear Scooter? I'm Scooter Libby? Yeah, you are. I mean, you're, no, you're not just Scooter Libby. This I'm talking about the backstory. So, I was thinking, huh. So, I was reading these D.R. Abbey Cabot columns, and I would have a tendency to scream out while I was reading them and be yelling at the people that wrote the Dear Abby column, which... In my head, I thought, is a common reaction. So then I was like, I had these two things in my head. Getting mad at people that write into Dear Abby and, and mad at the advice I was being told out. I'm not a Dear Abby hater. Rest in peace. I, I think she's passed on a few times maybe. But uh, it wasn't like I said I could give better advice. I'd just give different advice probably for, and from a spot of powerlessness and rage deep within myself is where the advice is coming from. So it's not like it was uh, advice coming from a well-balanced human. And then I was like, okay, Scooter. And then I was like trying to think like if Scooter Libby's up in some prison, white-collar prison, or even if he got out to jail, I think he moved to some middle of nowhere. And I was like, oh, what if he's reading these? And what if he used all his resources to like get in touch with these people and give them his advice or find out more about their problems. So I started a blog. I think it was called, uh, it was called Dear Scooter. It was a Blogspot blog, I think, um, or WordPress. I don't know. I'll try to link to it. I haven't looked at it in a little while. Very angry, to be honest with you, from the perspective from this Dear Scooter. So you're saying I'm angry? Oh, it's worse, so you better calm down. It was a very angry misogynistic almost and hateful because I, I was trying to imagine this guy he's in a cabin scooter libby one of the most powerful men in the world and now thrown out like a, a bag of garbage is how it seemed to me and this isn't politics or anything this is just uh observation and interest so i was like oh man, he's probably pissed off and and helps me connect with a part of me that's pissed off and you see these people asking for advice, and you don't always agree with that people should even be asking for advice in a newspaper like that. And then you don't necessarily agree with the advice that's being given. And so I did some blog posts, but as it didn't take off. But the main problem was I didn't follow through on it because I don't know why, because I just wasn't ready, I guess. I mean, I, I, didn't, I just didn't have the dedication or the drive, maybe it was because it wasn't, it was more of a, oh, helping people, pretend pe pretending to help people. I don't think it was that, because I, I, it was pretty mean, but I don't think that's a bad thing always, and I don't think in this case it was necessarily a bad thing, because it was a character. Okay, whoa, 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 bro. So you're telling me, one, I'm just a figment of your imagination, and two, the figment that I am. This is Dear Scooter, by the way, the person you trust. And this Drew person is per 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 perpetrating on us. And you're saying I'm not only a figment of your imagination, but I'm a misogynist. And I'm hateful and angry. And like it pretty much said the worst way possible. You pretty much said I was a terrible person. And I give terrible advice. And why the, f why the F should anybody listen to you anymore? 
I think he's about to cry, folks. Yeah. Okay, we'll get on the mic and tell you. You think I'm going to keep working for you? Okay, it's it's true. Look, I, I, yeah, I, I guess maybe. I don't know if anyone's hurt by this, that there's Deer Scooter and Drew are the same person. They're kind of not, though, is the thing. Because Drew just couldn't do this podcast. Drew was the one writing the Deer Scooter. And he couldn't. And uh, Drew's the one that came up with the idea for this podcast. And there's a whole backstory to that. But maybe I don't think we're going to get to tonight. But uh, I, I couldn't do it. I'll be honest with you people. This is, uh, I was too, I'm too scared and worried about being made fun of and, and humiliated. And I just don't think, like, I, I can't do, like, I can't be relaxed and, and boring without worrying about what people are thinking. And I know, and, uh, I know, I know that's natural and, and stuff. But then I found this part of me, like the essence of the Scooter Libby Dearest Scooter blog wasn't about anger or bad advice or, it was someone desperate to express themselves that was trapped inside me, I guess. So, I mean, I think about uh, Dazed and Confused when the character, uh, uh, three honor students, I can't think of their names. I mean, I, the, the, the young woman and then the two guys and the guy that's talking about what they're going to do with their lives. And he says, I want to dance. And, uh, it's like this part of him was coming out expressing it, and that's what uh, Scooter is. It's like, so you're like the best of me, really. And the most, I, I'm not, I can't perform, and I can't be, I can't put myself out there. I'm just, so I need you. So I, this podcast needs you. And the person that people that listen and love is because of you, Scooter. Not, I mean, because I put the word. But you, yeah, okay. I'm to Scooter back. Yeah, you write the words, and I, I deliver them. I guess we do have a wonderful thing going, even though it's on paper. It'll be in the DSVM four. I don't know. If it's in the five, but probably, probably not the best. Should have probably told me you're crazy, and that I'm not real because. I crashed your car. Uh, the, the, I don't have a car. Yeah, I, we bought. I bought you a car. I guess in your name, and then I crashed it. What do you mean? You bought a car in my name? Well, let's not worry about. It. Let's talk about that later. But okay, I, I think I can live with everything Drew's saying. And you guys should email me. And let me know. Uh, and uh, the scooter talking, but I, I can understand what he's saying now because it's like uh, if Drew really is here with me, it's like I'm in this fugue state. I don't think it's a fugue state, but I really do get into sometimes. Things are going well in this podcast. I'm here like in some kind of zone, and it's not like like people, people talk about flow or collective unconscious or all this stuff. Where do these, where do stories come from? And, uh, I am connecting with something that's, that's bigger than, than this Drew Scooter thing. And I do like, uh, 
I guess Drew would be Medea, though. I'd prefer to be Tyler Perry, even though that doesn't work. Reverse metaphor, like Bernie. Like Drew's more Medea, and I'm more Tyler Perry. Uh, successful. Strapping. And you're more of a goofy, you're more of a kind of, uh, uh, gum, you know, made to be laughed at. So, yeah, that's interesting that uh, me and Drew are the same person. Uh, but we're not, is the main point, I guess, he was trying to make. But he's not good at making points. I'm not much better, but clearly I'm better than him. So, again, we're just putting that out there. Drew and Scooter are, oh, I guess, yeah, I'm the talent. Drew has no talent. That's what he was trying to say. He's got a talent for writing down boring stuff. Now, I probably, you probably put me on, uh, you put me in a thing with John Goodman and Billy Crystal. I'll be the next, uh, the fifth monster or whatever from Monster Inc. I'll be slaying it because I'm talent. Right. I'm getting it now. Don't get a big head. I'm not going to get a big head, you idiot. You're starting to sound like Bernie the Butterfly. <laughs> you see, you see. Yeah, without, without me, there'd be no Bernie the Butterfly, Drew. Yeah, he doesn't appreciate my talent. Don't worry, I'm not going to, folks, I appreciate you people. I'm not going to treat you like you're the little, little people you are. Because without Drew, if he cuts off the writing, I'll, I kind of be toast. I mean, yeah, I could be talent, but I would, I'd be playing a character instead of being Dear Scooter, the uh, master of boredom. Master of boredom, I like that. So, uh, Drew, you got any other? What are, what are we going to talk about next? Oh, okay, the original. So, the original Genesis. So, original Genesis podcast. Some of you might might be asleep. Some of you might have heard the story in some form or another. Some of you might not have. But fifth and sixth grade, I couldn't sleep. Could not sleep an inch. It was, you know, it was rough for a fifth, sixth grade kid. And a lot of it had to do with uh, fear of school, but also probably some, uh, probably some other stuff going on there. And I had it all. I had the mind racing. I had the uh, fear. We don't need to get into the, could not, couldn't sleep a wink. And we don't need, uh, a lot of it had to do with school and, and stuff. And we don't need to get into all the, the negative feelings. But yeah, I was stuck. I couldn't sleep. Couldn't couldn't figure out how to how to fall asleep, and I couldn't couldn't follow the advice people were giving me. It wasn't working for me. Like I think I said this once. Somebody told me maybe maybe it was my dad. I think he said, "Oh, someone told me to try this, and it worked once. It didn't work more than once." Was just imagine yourself descending a staircase in flowing robes. So if you really need that. That works once, but, uh, uh, so there's two things that would help. I shared in my room. Like I said, I'm the oldest of six kids. Shared a room with my brother, uh, Carl. I'm going to put his name out there. Sorry, bro. Putting your name out there in the podcast world. And, uh, some nights he couldn't sleep. I would tell him boring stories. And they're probably fifth grade stories. So they're probably more simplistic than this. That would help help him fall asleep, and it would help me relax and maybe fall asleep too. And maybe I'll tell you guys when I was at the end here. The other thing that helped me more, not fall asleep, but 
Sunday nights, there's a show called Dr. Demento. Uh, I was on the radio, believe it or not. There was this thing called radio, wireless waves of energy. Uh, they have them in cars still. But the show was a comedy spoof song show. You can look it up on the Internet. I'll put it in the show notes. Dr. Nemento, he would play spoof songs like Weird Al Yankovic and uh, Fish Heads. It's another big one. Pencil Neck Geek was another one. He would do a countdown. You play spoof songs that have theme. Shows usually some years, so it was an hour or two hours. But there's something about that that just uh, took away any of my worries about not being able to sleep. I feel like that hour or two, I was just listening to that show. And I was carried away by the uh, idea of songs about silly things or Weird Al Yankovic covering Michael Jackson songs and listening for all the little jokes. It was just like this little, I mean, similar to the story I told earlier, it's this little, little tiny piece of magic uh, that unlocked a, a little something inside me and, and just, it was whimsical and, and weird, just like this podcast I strive for, or maybe I don't strive for it, I just incidentally walk into it, but uh, with this whole Drew Deer Scooter thing. I mean, yeah, I'm, I think, I don't know, but, yeah, the, the Dr. Demento show, it was like a little bit of anesthesia or escapism or something, and it was, it was great, and, and that's why I put so much effort into the whole show of uh, uh, this podcast, I don't know if anyone's still awake now, I, I, I hope, but I don't care either, if you're asleep, it's great, but. I put a lot of work and effort into the shows writing them. And I'm not saying that for appreciation or I don't think the show would work. Like, for example, Get Pestles, I'm writing out every one of those episodes and they're still not hit. They still weren't hitting my standards of storytelling, even though the intention is to be boring. I don't know. It sounds crazy, but I want to be a good, boring story Uh, so that. It's one part boring you to sleep, but even if part of your mind is still connected to it, or maybe there's a few of you that can't sleep, like there's something in there for you to just soothe you. And I know that nowadays, heck, I'm a, a, a somewhat hard-edged male, raised in an Irish Catholic environment, prone to being lacking feelings, but I want this podcast to soothe you. And I know it sounds, I mean, to me, it sounds corny and weak and embarrassing and vulnerable. And that's why Scooter here is performing it because it's important for people to be soothed, you know? I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's not. Maybe I'm crazy. But So if you don't want to be soothed, make sure you tell me. Uh, I'm laughing because I'm uncomfortable about being vulnerable here. But I hope, and I know it's, I guess it's crazy to say that Dr. Demento soothed me, but Dr. Demento did. And I see a picture of him, it looks like he's done more than smooths. No, I'm not, just delete that, don't. And I know that sounds weird and, and easy to make fun of. Believe me, I wouldn't say it out loud and, and you know, that, oh, Dr. Demento soothed me. That sounds very, uh, it sounds like, 
Dr. Mano should be in jail. When I was fifth grade, Dr. Mano soothed me every Sunday night. Lock him up. But, again, I'm joking to deflect from the uncomfortableness of, uh, that's one of the goals of the podcast, to bore you to sleep and soothe you. And uh, I hope I hope I, I can do that. And I guess that's like the stories I'd tell my brother. It's maybe they soothe both of us. He claims he doesn't even remember it. That's uh, how boring I was even at that age. Is he doesn't even remember me telling him these boring stories? Formative for my youth <laughs> didn't even matter to him. And that's not saying a bad thing. I know what happened. Just like I know me and do. Uh, so yeah, let's. Uh, hope. I hope this helped you get to know me a little bit better or know us. And yeah, it is us. There's one person that, one part of me that writes these podcasts and one part of me that performs them. And those two meet and work together. And, but it's definitely two different parts of me. I don't understand. I don't know. I'm crazy. Okay. I'm a lunatic. Obviously I started a podcast to bore people to sleep. And I love it. And I love you guys for listening. So, and, uh, yeah. So, it's nuts. So, this, I'm going to just give you a little fifth grade version of uh, this podcast. And a short outro of the fifth grade boring story. Um, and good night. Thanks for listening. And, yeah, I hope you still listen after this because I'm feeling pretty uh, vulnerable. But, whatever. Put, I told you I'd do it. And that's to celebrate 101 episodes. Thanks. Okay, so yeah, there's this guy. His name was Mr. Marshmallow, right? And he was going, and uh, he, uh, he was a marshmallow man. But he, well, he was, but just a marshmallow, not like a, a man made of marshmallows. He was just a marshmallow. And he had a marshmallow face, like just this regular, regular sized marshmallow. And he got around by jumping. He didn't have a job. He was out of work. So, and he, had, what had happened was he lived with his family and his wife and a bunch of mini marshmallows. And after he lost his job, he told them he would, uh, he would find some other work. And then he was, uh, he went out to the beach and he was hopping along the beach. He was getting all the sand and his marshmallows. And people were like, hey, Mr. Marshmallow can't be on the beach like somebody's gonna try to make you into a uh, s'more or the sun you know it's night now but the sun's gonna come out and you might uh you, know, you could melt and he said wow i never thank you thank you uh mr seal and uh, he said you know i don't have a best friend uh you want to be friends and the seal said no nah, i'm going back in the water catch some fish so mr marshmallow hopped around and he went into the first store he saw, and the store sold uh, ties. And he asked for a job, and they said, you don't have a neck, so we can't give you a job. So he's a little sad, and then he uh, he went to the next store, and he was hopping in. And it was sort of sold uh, roller skates, no, no legs, no job. So he's feeling down, and... Uh, He's thinking about his family, his little marshmallows. And he was thinking because he had uh, heard from this mug. He said he was going to, you know, take his house and put them put all in the hot chocolate. 
which was one of his this recurring dream he had. So then he went to this next store, and the next store sold ottomans. And as soon as he walked in, a customer put his feet on him and then said, I'll take it. And then he said, I'm not an ottoman. You know, and then things got ugly. He was thrown out of that store. So he was like, oh, man, this is the worst. And uh, he was like, what am I going to do? And they started, uh, he started feeling like really tired. And he was by this warehouse and he fell over. And they rolled and rolled and rolled and rolled. And then this giant piece of wood fell on him. And he was rolling it. The piece of wood was rolling with him. And this guy was working at the warehouse. And he was like, that piece of wood weighs like, uh, first of all, it fell. It just broke. But that whatever that thing was cushioned it. And now it's moving it around. And then he said, get that piece of wood off that thing. He said, that's a marshmallow? It's got a face? I guess, yeah, Mr. Marshmallow. So, well, geez, man, that was like the biggest piece of wood we got here. And this is like a wood warehouse and uh, we covered in uh, splinters. And he said, yeah, I'm a marshmallow. I can handle that. And he said, uh, yeah, you you, uh, you happen to need a job? He said, I do. He said, you're hired. And uh, come, come be here tomorrow at 8 a.m. And here's your first two paychecks because... Uh, that piece of wood was paid for by a billionaire, and we need it. We needed it not to break, and you saved it, so boom. So he went home, ordered a pizza, and his family split it, and they celebrated, and they were like, wow, you know. You know, kids were like, Dad, thanks for keeping trying. And his wife gave him a kiss, and he was all like, ooh. And that's the end of that story. It's like the marshmallow story. That's, you know, so you might wonder is uh, what happens to marshmallows when they go in chocolate. And, you know, that'd be different than this story. If you were worried about that, we'd tell you a different story about uh, marshmallows that weren't. Those are, those are non-mammalian marshmallows. And that'd be a different story, like about uh, the magical elixir of chocolate milk or something. I don't know. So, yeah, you don't got to worry about that. And, uh, yeah, it's not the kind of thing you think about and you worry about. And uh, you might say, like, well, what about marshmallow fluff? It's a totally different story, too, not related to two things. Mr. Marshmallow and Marshmallow Fluff, they're not related. So, that, you know, that's another thing. And you might say, why isn't it? Is it you might say, is Marshmallow Fluff, like, besides your story, is marshmallow fluff and a marshmallow the same thing? I'd say, I don't know, because my mom won't let me buy it. And I had a fluffernutter one time at somebody's house, and and then my mom said it was dessert, not dinner. And so I couldn't have it. And then I said, well, what about a banana fluffernutter? And she said, no, it's still dessert. And then I said, okay, well, good night, Mom, I love you. And then they said, good night. Get some good night's sleep, good night, good night. Let's get on to the show, Trending Twitter Tuesdays. I'm going to hop on Twitter here, and I will be right back to see what's going down. Okay, folks, it is uh, 628, 525 p.m. Saturday, 628, 2012, June 28th, 20, uh, 2012. I'm two years off. How, how is that even? 
What's wrong with me? 2012, it's 2014. Right? I hope. Whew, I'm going to have some... It's a good thing I don't write checks anymore. I don't think I've written a check in like... You know, you know what you mean? Talk about a a technology or a, a way of life that went away. When was the last time you wrote a check? I mean, if you write checks, that's fine. Don't don't take this as a knock. But now, of course, one of the reasons... So I haven't written a check probably two, two, three years. At least two years, I think. Um, also because I, I can't... I put... I had got checks when I opened a bank account maybe four years ago. And then either I ran out of those checks or I couldn't find where I hit, put them and hid them. And by hit, I mean threw in a box that I pushed somewhere and stacked other boxes on it full of loose papers. But, uh, and then of course I'm just emotionally incapable of calling the bank and getting more checks. But it turns out it's a blessing in disguise. I don't, I, I don't have to remember the year because I just send a check by uh, bill pay or pay cash or stiff, um, do a little, uh, go, you know, Hey, can you pick this up? I don't have my checkbook on me. I don't, yeah, I don't have a checkbook, but I don't, if I did, I wouldn't have it with me. So, th- but that's not important. What's important is I didn't know the date, the date six twenty eight fourteen five twenty five PM. It was No, it's Well, I just took this picture. So I have Twitter in front of me. Let's see. We have we do have a uh, sponsor post, and so it's counting the sponsor posts. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten uh, things trending on Twitter. Now I know I I, I got feedback from Shannon about uh, Bernie the butterfly, and she said he was a little bit hard to handle. Reminded her of her mother. Hope Shannon's mother's not listening. Because, uh, I mean, well, I don't want to get on her bad side if she's anything like Bernie the Butterfly. But Bernie the Butterfly was a negative. I I like Bernie, and I like that type of aggressive honesty and opinionated opinions. So I like Bernie the Butterfly, and I know some of you might might have troubled you or might not have helped you fall asleep. And that was last week was when Trending Twitter Tuesday would have been, but I was... You know, that was like a episode I had in the in the wings waiting in case I couldn't record, which I couldn't. So Bernie was there for me. But so this week I was thinking trending Twitter Tuesdays. We had Bernie the butterfly. How can we restore some bot balance? And then I got this neighbor who's the nicest guy in the world. And he just got back from vacation. So I figured I'd invite him on to talk about his vacation and he's like a really upbeat old guy. And so I'm going to turn it over to him. And he's going to talk about his vacation. And I'll just, you know, it'll work out with the Twitter stuff. Don't worry. I'm positive. Or maybe I'll stay here. Since he's old, maybe I should stay here. And, and uh, I'll facilitate the interview. So hold on. Let me go get him. And we'll, I'll be right back. All right, everybody. I want to, uh, I'm proud and happy to introduce my neighbor, Mr. Perkins. And we're going to bring you on, Mr. Perkins, to talk about your recent vacation. So, everybody, welcome, Mr. Perkins. Oh, oh, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you, Andy. Thank you. It's a scooter on the podcast. Oh, scooter. I forgot you told me that just now. Oh, thank you for having me, po- folks. I feel like 
a Bobby Darren here, talking on this microphone. I want to just sing. I just want to sing, sing to the mountains and sing to the sea. Oh, I returned from my vacation and a scooter's here is going to have me tell, tell about my vacation. And I'm just, uh, I'm just, thank you. I had a wonderful, wonderful vacation in, in the great state of Orange's Florida. And it was a, it was a wonderful trip. It was the weather was beautiful and a uh, scooter and, uh, and it was, a. Uh, it was not too, you know, you expect in the, in the month of June, it's going to be a hot and humid situation. And it was neither hot nor humid. It was very warm and very humid, but not too, you know, you, you, you need a nap in the middle of the day when you go to Florida anyway. And that's going to be one of my advices, advices for the, for the podcast. But, uh, yeah, so it was a great, great trip. Oh, 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 the flow. I love it. So. Mr. Perkins, uh, what? Why don't you tell us where, where in Florida did you, did you go? Oh, Ray, do you need to call me Ray? Please call me Ray. Or uh, yeah, Ray. Okay, Ray, Mr. Perkins, Ray. Uh, where did you go in Florida? I, I went to uh, the 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 Vacation Kingdom, Disney's Walter Disney's Vacation Kingdom, and it is it is uh when it, I I love going there. It is finer than, oh, it's a joy. It's a joy to go there. And, uh, Ray, did you, who'd you uh, go on vacation with? Uh, myself. I just went myself. You know, I live alone. Uh, but I'm not a lonely man. I make friends wherever I go. I have friends there that work there, retirees. And I'm in a club. We call ourselves the Disney Doo-Wappers. But uh, this was not related to my club. I just went down there by myself, my friend, to enjoy the sweet, sweet vacation kingdom, Walt Disney Vacation Kingdom. They call it the world, Walt Disney World. And I'm not being, I'm not a paid sponsor, I know. You probably want me to keep the corporation stuff to a minimum. So I'll just say, uh, yeah, what I just said. Okay, so that place in Florida. And, okay, uh... What, 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 how did, how did you get to Florida? Yeah, yeah. Eighty. why don't you, uh, Scooter, why don't you relax, okay? You're going to be a better interviewer. Think about you while I'm talking. You think about what is going to interest you about my vacation. But you got to ask questions from the heart, my friend, my, the heart. You go ahead. But it was a wonderful trip. I flew in on the, on a Delta flight 11995. And that was, uh, we had a layover in, uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Where I had myself a, a a Pizza Hut personal pan pizza, and it was a wonderful, wonderful. Not the same as the ones you get in the Target. So I wonder what the corporate's governance or whatever it is with the pizzas. But uh, fine enough pizza, I'll tell you, fine enough. And and you would would you believe it was uh, uh, under five dollars for the pizza? It was four ninety seven. And that's a bargain. I mean, a bargain. And now they must have thought people are idiots, because what they wanted was they had a a combo meal. It was an additional four ninety seven. Do you believe that you could? And it, it came with a breadsticks and a soda. Now, what kind of person is gonna do that? Because the breadsticks ain't as good. You could get two pizzas and a soda for uh, you know 
that plus two dollars. So that I, now I only had one pizza, and I regretted it a bit. But uh, I, I, it would just if you if you if you're listening, and you're in the Phoenix airport, and you're at the the Pizza Hut personal pizza store, don't do it. Just get don't do the combo meal. It's, it's a, the breadsticks are garbage. You could why get a breadstick? It's just a extra pizza crust with parmesan on there. So anyway, so I flew into Florida. I took the uh, Disney has a bus that picks you up at the airport, and it's a wonderful bus that takes you there. Oh, it's wonderful. It's uh, called the Magical Express, and they take you to your hotel. And I was staying I was staying in Disney's Dixie Landings. It's a hotel made to look like a southern bayou. Dixie Dixie Landings, Ray? That's a little bit uh so it's a southern oh it's like a southern now that that yeah, you're right, my friend. It's like a a little bit of a plantation buildings and I said, What is this Disney? What are they doing? That's offensive to families that could be vacationing there. And they said, I said when I was checking in, I never stayed there before. Uh, but I'd seen the, I'd heard there's some good walking. I'm into walking. So I could, we could talk about walking if you wish. But, uh, so I stayed there and I said to them, what are you doing with this? And they said, no, it's a mansion. Uh, you're going to be staying in, uh, uh, Magnolia, Magnolia Bend, Magnolia, Magnolia Bend. And it's a mansion. It's not a plantation. And I said, oh, okay, but this is nonsense. Why yet I call it Dixie Landings? That's not a, I don't know. And it's, I, I don't know. They might even change the name. I can't remember. Oh, I'm getting uh, distracted. But uh, so, so it wasn't a bad hotel. If you say it looks like a mansion, well, okay, fine. It looks like a mansion. I believe that's a bunch of garbage. But what I, what do I know? But so. Wonderful hotel. They call it the Moderates. They have uh, value resorts there. This is on the the property, they, they say. So they have uh, moderate resorts, which are about... Uh, they're not moderate in price, let me tell you. But, you, you know, you pay for the uh, ambiance there. And then they have uh, value, which is more... Uh, they, you know, it's like the supersizing crapper buying a coffee nowadays. You got these... Businesses that changing around the meanings of words, but you have so you have your value that's the least expensive, still pricey. The moderate, which is more expensive, and not moderate by any terms, and then you have the deluxe, which is for rich idiots. But well, I guess I would like to stay at some of those. They have one with uh, sand in the pool, real like a pool where the floor is sand. I'd like to stay there. They call it the beach club. But so I stayed at this, uh, the moderate, which, uh, again, if I'm not, I'm a, I'm a retired man. I'm a single retired man. So I have, uh, I have no mouths to feed, so I could afford it. And I know a lot of people, this is out of the range. It's a shame because it's a wonderful thing. Now, let me tell you, I get into the hotel. I take the Magical Express. They take my bags from right off the plane. That's what they do. I never touch my bags. What, what, what a, I mean, you're paying top dollar, but what a service. I get off the plane. I go down. I get on this bus. They take me to the hotel. I check into the hotel. I go in. I go back to my room. I take my sh- My bags aren't there yet, but I knew that was okay ahead of time. Take my shoes off. I uh, I have, uh, you know, my carry-on. I have 
clean socks in there and my my sneakers for walking in the parks. And I wear nice shoes on the plane because I look I like to look good. So uh, wonderful, wonderful. I I get get a little air conditioning. It's about uh, five p.m. in the Easter Eastern time, and I say to myself, uh, "Let's have a swim. Let's have a swim." And so I go and I have a swim at the pool. It's called uh, Old Man Island. The pool, Old Man Island, and it's like a sw- old-fashioned swimming hole. Good time to swim. Not a lot of. It was busy, and uh, the thing is, I stay out there in the uh, wherever the bayou or whatever that magnolia bend. There's like there is a bend. There's a Saskatoon River. There's ponds with uh, grass growing. Not when you picture this vacation kingdom. I know these people that you, you picture in madness, and there's a lot of madness there, but. Uh, yeah, so I, I go and I go for a walk. I go for the pool. It's so nice. It's like the uh, temperature's already crested and on its way down. My body's wet. I'm air drying. Oh, oh, scooter, scooter. I go back to my room. My bags are there. Oh, in my room. My bags. Never touched them. Now, I would have tipped somebody, but nobody to tip. So uh, I get my bags. I take out a, a, a light jacket. I get dressed. I'm going to say I'm going to head out to dinner. Now, let me tell you a little trick here I learned about these, these, uh, this Disney vacation nonsense. A lot of people, a lot of ways to lose a, lose a dollar. If you get in, you, you, you don't have to buy a ticket to the park that day. You don't have to go to the park. Go, there's plenty of other hotels you could eat at your hotel. There's other hotels you could, they got these buses or stuff, but I, I go, down to the river, the Saskagoola River, there's a water taxi, and I take it to another hotel, and I, I let, now, I know you got this podcast with your imagining, and I think you're, you're a great kid, I could tell. I see you talking to those dolls. Okay, Ray, let's just stick to the vacation, please. Well, I just seen you play with the dolls. I know this, I'm like, this guy's got some imagination playing with the dolls. I'm not saying it's weird. I, I know... I mean, you had the dolls kissing one time, but I, I, I'm not saying that's strange. It's fine. You, you have an imagination. I'm going to talk about my imagination. Okay, but just, yeah, the dolls weren't kissing. They were talking closely. Okay, don't worry about it. So these, uh, so I catch this water taxi. Now, let me tell you, Yeah, I, I, I'm already, I like to go and pretend I'm off somewhere. I'm not in the vacation kingdom anymore. I was pretending I was in the deep south in uh in uh in some place I have never been to in a bayou and I was uh, lost and I caught this water taxi it goes to this other hotel called uh hold on it's going to take me a minute to think of Florida Keys or something the Florida something Florida I don't know the Florida Keys hotel or something it's like uh, another Disney thing Different than my hotel. Now, I tell you what, I, I brought my swim trunks just in case, because you can swim at this pool as well. I did not choose to swim there. But I go there, I have a cocktail, and I go to the pool. Uh, I'm listening to the crickets, to the frogs, to the children laughing, to the parents chatting. Oh, so relaxing. I mean, do, do you feel like you're on vacation with me already, do you? 
I, I kind of do. So I pretend I, I've jetted over to here to the Florida Keys from Louisiana or wherever I've been. And I'm just enjoying an evening. I'm pretending I'm, I'm a guest of a wealthy person that owns a compound in the Florida Keys. I still can't remember the name of the hotel, but it'll come to me. And then I have myself a dinner. Not now. You know, you, 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 the dinner's there. Some are good. Some are bad. Some are not bad. It's a little pricey. But I had myself, I decided, kind of, it could have been, it was such a nice night, I wanted a steak outside. So I had myself a little piece of steak with some fries. And it came with uh, some uh, string beans, some beans with butter. And I had my my drink. I had a dark and stormy cocktail. And I watched the man make it. He did not use any um, uh, syrupy stuff. It was a legitimate cocktail made from scratch. So no nonsense there. It was $989, though. And uh, he put in a cup for me because I was heading at the pool. Then I had another one in a glass. Very nice. And, uh, and that... Okay, so, uh, okay, uh, Ray, usually my podcast is only about 50 minutes, so, um, so that was your first night there. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm doing a, I'm doing like an actual time, uh, but are you, I know you were trying to explain it to me, you bore these people. I mean, I, I guess I can bore them with my vacation. I mean, I don't know, it wasn't a, I mean, it was a relaxing. What if I could be like your sidekick, the relaxer? You're, you're the dull guy. I'm the, the guy that's relaxing them with just the talk of the, uh, my vacation, the vacation whisperer. Okay, well, yeah, that probably will work because we're not going to have time for your whole vacation. So that was your first night. What happened after? Oh, I just uh, took the water taxi. I had a w- wonderful stroll uh, around the uh, the facility, uh, the the, the Dixie Landings or whatever it's called. There's a fishing hole. There was no one fishing, which w- it would have been a good time. It was dusk, good time to fish. No one fishing there. You fish with the bamboo poles. I don't know how. But I watched some fish jumping and eating insects. And then I went back to my room. And uh, it, unfortunately, now this is a, a little bit of a downside, is that it was... Uh, only, uh, it was about a 9.30 p.m. in the east. It's only 6.30 for us West Coasters. So then I went back to the uh, the hotel bar. I went to my hotel's bar. And um, I, I, I guess we should move on because uh, there was a, a show. But that was very entertaining. A man playing piano. Very entertaining thing. But I can tell you're getting stressed. So let's, let's move on to, uh, another, why don't you ask me a question? Do you have a good question ready? Uh, yeah, so, uh, so, you know, you hear about this vacation Disney kingdom, uh, you hear it's for kids and I'm just surprised that, uh, a man like you, you seem like a, a well-balanced normal man. It's just surprised that you would go to Disney world by yourself. It just seems, I'm, but now it's already making sense to me, so. Maybe you should talk more. Like, so what did you do for your first day? And why don't you yeah, tell us about what you did the next day, the first official day of your vacation? Okay, well, 
I'm glad you asked because that was what I was going to talk about next. This is my, my first night and now my first day. Natural segue. Nice job. So I, I, you know, I had some drinks. I went to bed. Now I like to do a, now I like to vacation. I like to relax, but I also right away I want to reset my clock and I, I tell myself I'm going to have a nap. So I, I get up at six o'clock in the morning on the Florida time. Now, this is the reason for this is a few fold. Uh, one, you reset. You'll, you'll need a nap later in the day, but then you're you're on floor at a time because you're going to be tired enough to go to bed. So I get up at six in the morning. Now, also, it's cool. Six o'clock in the morning, it's still cool out. So I can get a nice stroll in, maybe a swim, which I did do. And then you go to your, your hotel, has a, a bus stop, a bus term, not a terminal, like a Places where buses stop, and they go to the places, the parks. Now, I don't know how much you know, but there's four parks at this Disney Kingdom. There's the Magic Kingdom, which is a, a bit like our Disneyland here in California. Then there's the Animal Kingdom, which is a bit like a. It's a they, they call it a zoo. It's not a zoo, but uh, it's like a animal themed type place. They have the Epcot, which has got the golf ball. And it celebrates uh, stuff, and it has countries. And then they have um, magic, uh, the uh, the studios where they, uh, you know, talk about movies and stuff like that. So those are the places you can go. You can catch a bus there. Now I know the two of us, Scooter. I don't want to out you, but we ride the bus together. Sometimes I see you on the bus. We'll run into each other at the bus stop. We'll say hi. How you doing? We get on the 51A together more than once. Now, these Disney people, they have buses. Um, wonderful buses. The air conditioning is is pumping. The buses are very clean. I mean, I love our buses here where we live, but these buses are very, very nice. But you have these people, and I, I, you know, I'm a patient man, so it don't bother me. But there's a lot of people that don't ride the city bus. A bus, you wouldn't think this, but a bus pulls up and they get confused right away. They're trying to get on. People are trying to get off. The bus driver's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. They're trying to get on the back door or the front door. and Or they're, you know, putting their strollers and they're banging people. Or they're not folding their strollers. So you got to be patient and calm and say, I ride the bus. Uh, you know, so it's different than riding a regular bus. Plus, it's free. Don't cost no money. So I board the bus. Now, you might ask yourself, where are you going to go? Where, where, where does Ray want to go first day? And I don't decide till I get there. Now, I try to check the clocks to see when the parks, they open about 9, 8, 9 in the morning. A little tip for your fans here. Be there when they open because then it's cool. It's less busy. And it feels just a little bit more magical because you're not so hot. And the line waiting, you can go on some rides. So I decide I got to go to the Magic Kingdom today, my first day, because I want to go on the Splash Mountain. First, I want to get on that ride because I love it. So I catch the bus to the Magic Kingdom. Wonderful bus ride. Very relaxing. I mean, what a what a way to start a vacation. You're having someone bring your bags to your room. You're having someone drive you in a water taxi. Now you're getting on a nice air-conditioned bus full of sun, smell of sunscreen. Oh, and my nose. 
different smells like cocoa and just that general sunscreen smell and kids with a little twinkle of excitement in their eye and some kids are still asleep and you got those grouchy people that are drinking their coffee uh, yeah, we're a res of kids uh, stop uh, and uh, yeah, buses are full of anticipation joyful anticipation and I'm just relaxed I'm enjoying the view a lot of not to, not a lot to look at a lot of Florida has a lot of retention basins which I don't know the history of retention basins but I assume it's so that the rain water because they get rain and it rains a lot real fast and then it stops so I assume it's some sort of flood control but I don't quote me on that but you'll see a lot of retention basins so we drive you pass like the monorail which you hear about on TV but we're taking the bus no 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 need to take the monorail and we pass like a the people parking their cars, and we pass, you know, I think they have an airport, and we get there, and you get the, you get off the bus, and it's a bit of a walk. Now, that's another thing I'm going to warn you. You do a lot of walking on these trips. Now, see, I'm by myself. I can walk at my own pace. There's nobody I have to wait for. Nobody waits for me. Uh, you know, what are you, you going to do? And I walk a lot. I like to walk. But just remember that. And remember, if it's the Florida, you forget things like the ground. By the, by, that's why it's good in the morning. The f- ground actually gets hot. And you can feel it through your shoes on your feet. I mean, you won't believe it. The, and that causes pain, blisters, and achy general feet and sweaty feet. Uh, so what, anyway, I get off the bus. I walk to the park. Now, the part I didn't tell you I already had my ticket. Now, they changed the, the tickets, remember, the to get into a park, like a theme park or a zoo. You need a ticket, right? Right Now, these Disney people, they put the ticket inside a wristband, like kind of like a watch, and it's in a wristband. So you put the wristband on, and then it has, you wouldn't believe this, this stuff if I told you. It has your room key on there. It has my credit card. And it has my ticket to get into the park. I, I got no wallet on me. A little experiment. This is the first time I've had an experiment with these, uh, they call it uh, bands or something. Now, I know there's a, a conspiracy element like, oh, they'll steal your credit card. Or they're going to track your brain waves. Or track when you go to the bathroom. Man, I mean, that's nonsense. So, yeah, of course they're going to do those. They're not going to steal your credit card because you sue them. Everything else they're going to do. They already know how many times you go to the bathroom there. They just paid a guy to count before and stand there. So, yeah, they're going to track everything you do. Of course, they're a business. But so you use your band. You tap it on this thing and you walk into the park. What could be wonderful? More wonderful than that. Now, another thing they have nowadays is like you take your phone, which I'm a, I'm not a Luddite. I'm not... I have a phone, I have an iPhone, and so you can program your rides. You pick three rides you want to go on on your phone. They put it on your band, and they tell you time to go on your rides. But like I said, I get to the park. You wait on the main street, which is the, you know, some of the stuff you people know with the main street. It's like an old main street. So I uh, walk down, I walk down the main street, and I'm waiting around. 
for them to open the park. It's not open yet. They have a, a rope across. So I'm talking to the people in my vicinity, and there's this nice young man. I say, how you doing? And what are you doing? You know, are you here with your family? And he says, oh, yeah, I'm here with my extended family. And I say, well, I'm Ray. What's your name? He says, my name is James. And uh, he says, oh, Ray, what's your last name? I say, Perkins, like the store or the, the place you get your, your eggs. And he laughs. And I say, what's your name? He said, it's like Alex, the Yankee player that's a bum. And I said, Rodriguez, ah, James Rodriguez, nice to meet you. Ray Perkins, fine to meet you. And I said, where are you headed this fine day? And he said, Space Mountain. That's another option. I'm going to Splash Mountain, I tell him. And I say, have a wonderful day. And he says, have a wonderful day to you. And I say, wow, what a magical little. Now, what? That's a good thing about another good thing about the mornings. Everybody's in a good mood because the day hasn't started yet. And people haven't gotten tired or grouchy. You haven't started spending the fortune it's going to cost you to be there or thought about how much it's going to cost you. You got, you're kind of on a good riding high. Another good reason to get up in the morning and go. So I'm waiting there. And again, it's about uh, 10 to 9. They're going to open up at 9 o'clock. And so then I hear this, see, it's these people talking about Harry Potter, Harry Potter. I wouldn't believe that Harry Potter ride over at the Infosys studio. You like that scootage you hear? I'm doing the, uh, that Harry Potter. Can it, can, did you like that? Uh, that's great, Ray. So, uh, they say, I'm Harry Potter. And I say, oh, yeah, you guys from, uh, I make a joke. I say, what are you from Brooklyn or something over? And they say, oh, oh, yeah, no, we're from Glastonbury. We're from Glastonbury. And I say, oh, well, that's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Aren't you talking about who's this Barry Potter? And they, we all have a laugh. And they say, no, Harry, Harry Potter. And they say, you know, they got a Harry Potter ride over at the Universal. Now, I haven't checked this place out. I will for sure now because they were telling me not only that they have the the Harry Potter thing, they have a Simpsons place. They have a Simpsons bar, Moe's Tavern, from the show. So one day I plan on going there and having myself a flaming Moe. And uh, I heard you can meet Duff Man, so that's cool. And then I tell them that, uh, you know, I'm familiar with their music festival over at Glastonbury or Glastonburg because I'm a huge, as someone who lives in the Northern California. I'm a big Metallica fan. And I know the Metallica was playing there. And we talk about Lars. We talk about Napster. We talk about James. We talk about, you know, the dark years when we almost lost James to the drug and the alcohol addictions and the, the, re, and the, the Howard Stern interview. I don't know if you heard it, but it was cool. Oh, I felt like I knew him, knew the boys in a whole new way. And then the next thing you know, I'm having this wonderful conversation about Metallica. And the next thing you know, there's, there's singing and there's dancing and it's, the line is moving. Now, the way it works, scooters, they, uh, so they don't want anybody running and hurting themselves. They walk this rope along and you just walk behind the rope. And they walk it to the ride. It's a distance to walk to the Splash Mountain. And I walk along with the kids and I just feel so young walking with these kids. 
because I'm walking along with them. And uh, I, I, uh, we're walking. And I notice this uh, young lady. She, she trips and she skins a knee. And I say, oh, honey, honey, you know, come here. Let me help you. And I help her up and we get to a bench. And I happen to know a little bit about this magic kingdom. And I say, let me take you over to first aid. And she's a you're a lovely young woman. And we go and we get her stitched up. And she's about uh, 28 years old, a young woman. And her name was, La, uh, what was her name? L- L- Lorena. And uh, she says, uh, oh, you know, what are you doing? I say, your face is beautiful. And I'm not trying to be an old man and get in your pants. Oh, you would, you know, you wouldn't have to stop me. Uh, but, uh, you know, you're beautiful. What are you, you, are you in the pictures or something? And believe me, Scoot, I'm not, I'm not trying to make a move. It was just, she was, she, she was just star striking to me. And she laughs at me and she says, uh, I'm, uh, you know, YouTube star. And I say, oh, the, I, you know, I seen the YouTube, you know, I know what that is. I'm not, I'm not this old man that doesn't know anything. And I say, what, what are you doing, uh? You know, what are you doing here? What are you doing? What are you doing? You on vacation? And she said she was just at this this uh, VidCon or she was going to the VidCon. I don't know, some conference about YouTubing in California. I think maybe she was going after this day to this conference, the VidCon. And I say, well, what, what kind of videos do you make? And, uh, you know, because you're so appealing. I could see you'd be very successful. And she kind of giggles, and I say, what are you, you know, there's no nudity on YouTube, so what are you giggling like that for? And she says, well, my video, my most famous one is called Bravers Chai. And I say, ooh, I say, whoa, uh, did it just get hot in this uh, vacation kingdom, or is it me? And I say, what do you, you mean, like uh, the underwear? And she says, I do mean the underwear. And I say, whoa, hey, now. And she said, oh, no, it's not like that. She said, uh. I, she was like a, a big fan of the Chicago Bulls. That was the chai. And she had a, a bra with the Chicago Bulls bull across each of her bosoms. And I don't know if the bull has a name, but that's one lucky bull, let me tell you. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, to, to, all right. Just, Ray, don't worry about it. Just keep going. Okay. So. And she, I guess she was uh, singing a song and, you know, shaking her bosoms and that made her famous. And then she was going to VidCon. I guess she made, she would wear different bosoms. I don't know. I I didn't understand the whole thing, but the bra versus chai thing. At first I thought it had to do with that coffee chai. So, so needless to say, this still delayed me in getting to the splash mountain but i got there it was a 15 minute wait i waited now i like waiting in the ride sometimes when it's not too long and it's cool like that they have these little bird houses where there's pretend birds inside talking i like to imagine and get in the zone for the ride so i start imagining that i'm like briar uh, uh, like some sort of woodland creature like I pretend I'm a woodland creature, but then these people behind me in line, they're talking about the World Cup and where they're going to watch the World Cup and all this stuff. And I say to myself, Ray, stay calm. Woodland creatures over here, people talking all the time. You're a chipmunk. 
and you're hearing these people talking about the World Cup, and it's fine. You're still a, a woodland creature. And uh, so then I go, and uh, I go to uh, to my go on my ride, and I love it. I'm already uh, pretending I'm a chipmunk, and I'm watching the story of Brer Rabbit outwitting the Brer Bear and the Brer Fox, and I'm pretending and I'm cheering for him. And there's music, and there's rides, and there's a big hill at the end, and splashing, and I'm laughing like a child. I tell you. And I know I'm on vacation now because I've already helped a beautiful woman with a skin knee and I've ridden a ride and I've had my heart now has flooded twice for two different reasons. And it's not even, uh, it's about 945. And I tell you, that's like, uh, the best dollars I ever spent there. And so that's, uh, that's the first part of my day there. And, uh, Okay, we're going to take a quick break uh, for a sponsored post, and we'll be right back. Hey, this is Ray, and believe it or not, I'm doing the sponsored post today. And the sponsored post is uh, paid for by some insurance company. I don't even know who. Let me take a look here. Uh, I don't want to say the name, but uh, here's the sponsored post. If you're going on vacation, have a plan. Let's say you're with a friend of yours, and she's a famous YouTube star and she uh skins a knee have a plan because you could walk away without her and then some guy ray's gonna help her when you could help her and what if you had a crush on her and you helping her with the knee made her fall in love with you you should have a plan okay buddy instead of leaving this lovely lady to have to have hydrogen peroxide on a knee and have I mean, thank you, because she held onto my arm, and she said te amo to me, I think, which means I love you, I think. And uh, it was great, but you should have a plan. I mean, I have a plan when I'm on vacation, which is to have fun. But if something goes wrong, I also have a plan for that. My main plan is stay calm. So that would be the first part of your plan. But if you're going on vacation with your family and you're listening to me, have a plan. If something goes wrong, if you lose your kid, where are you going to meet? Who are they going to call? Tell them to ask for people that work there, not strangers. Have a plan, okay? This is your buddy Ray telling you to have a plan. Have a great, great evening, but make sure you have a plan. That's all I'm saying. Okay, Ray, uh, thanks for that. Um, Listen, we're, we're really running low on time, so why don't you... Like, give me some of the highlights here, uh, the rest of your day. Okay, well, so that was a great part of my day. Now, I had my ride reservations. Like I was telling you, you do that on the phone. They have this new ride with uh, that I'm not going to spoil alert. I won't even spoil it. It's like a, called the Mine Train. I went on that. I'm not going to tell you nothing because I'm not going to spoil it for you. I went on a Little Mermaid ride. Then I had another reservation for Space Mountain. I was expecting to see my buddy James Rodriguez there. I did not see him. I did hear about uh, something with Bobby Womack, uh, the passing of Bobby Womack, and that made me sad. Uh, I heard that in line, but I wrote the lot line, ride, and I got into the zone there, and I pretended I was a space astronaut, and I went away from those problems forever. Until the ride stopped again, and then I was back at Earth. 
And then I had a reservation to ride the Big Thunder Mountain, which I backtracked across the park again. I rode that. And then I uh, went on Splash Mountain again, 40-minute wait, believe it or not, 40 minutes. Uh, and, uh, you know, what are you going to do? And now the day's starting to get, it's getting hot. So pushing 11.45, I say, Ray, what are we going to do here? We're, we're going to go on Pirates of the Caribbean for sure. That's a ride that, do yourself a favor, go on it five, six, seven times. So I go on Pirates of the Caribbean. Now there's a tour group. I'm one guy, you know, so sometimes I get it with these tour groups. And there's this tour group, they're from Uruguay. Now I know there's this trouble with the biting. Uh, I think it was the Uruguayan young man, maybe, uh, may, I don't know, but he was disturbed, clearly. But I'm not going to hold that against the country of Uruguay, like some people may. So I tell these people from Uruguay, I don't even bring it up. I say, oh, pleasure to meet you. And let's, uh, and they say, well, you're going to be one of us, a Uruguayan pirate. And I say, oh, you guys are the best. I love getting in the zone for these rides and imagining. So me and the kids and the parents, everybody were pretending we're these Uruguayan pirates. I think that's a Uruguayan pirate. I don't know. And it's, it goes along with it. It, it, it added a whole new level. They were telling me. Uh, stuff in their language. I'm not sure if it's Spanish or Portuguese, but uh, about, you know, that about the mayor. And I was noticing things about the ride I'd never noticed before. And I felt the spirit of Uruguay. And uh, the I must have been like this World Cup fever. And then, oh, it was wonderful. And then they clapping me on the back. And they were laughing and hugging great family. Now, uh, it was time for me to go back to the hotel and take a nap. Now, I'll tell you a little thing. Now, I did uh, get the phone number of the young woman whose knee I helped uh, mend because uh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm old, but I'm not dead. And, you know, I say, you know, we, I could, the thing is, now you might say, are you praying on young woman? No, 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 not at all. Now, I'm, I'm an older man. I'm 65 years old. Or 65 years young. This young woman, 28 years old, I believe, is interested in me for a friend? That's fine. I'm a confident man. Or well, she's interested in me as more than a friend. That's fine. So I give her a call. I say, hey, you know, uh, it was a voicemail. I say, this is Ray, the guy that helped you with your knee. I'm going back to my room. I'm probably going to have a, a, a shower or a nap. Or a swim, and I'm not sure what or what are they going to be in, and some lunch is going to be in there, and then I'll be up and about again in a few hours and back to the park, a park, I'm not sure which park, probably do some walking, I'll probably have a dark and stormy if there's anything you're interested in, I hope your knee's fine, but I clearly found you interesting, if you found me interesting, give me a call, if you, any of that sounds appealing, I don't know what you're up to. Whatever. So I, you know, I hop on my bus and uh, I take it back to my hotel. And then my phone buzzes in my pocket and it's a young woman. And she says, hey, I'd like to take you up on that swim and that shower, my friend. And so uh, that is how the story ends for you and your listeners, if you know what I mean. Because uh, after that, it's none of your business. Okay. 
Ray, Ray, you're kidding me, right? I'm not kidding you one bit, my friend, but I'm not one to kiss and tell. And the rock kisses to tell about that won't be being told. Because, uh, wow, Ray, man, you really are the most positive, joyful person. And this has been, I mean, we didn't really cover a lot, but wow, thank you so much for coming on. I mean, I'm aroused almost to know if, I mean, by your story, I mean, I'm more than one level and you might be my new hero. I guess I'm not talking to Mike. Um, do you have any parting words for my guests? Yes. I have a plan that might've been a sponsored nonsense by some company, but if you're going on vacation, do yourself a favor and, and make sure you're relaxed, you know, and have a plan to relax and take it from right here. I, my life was not perfect. Okay. Many mistakes, many, many mistakes. But now, uh, I don't know what my point is. Okay. I hope, I know he says you, you can't sleep. So I hope I helped you fall asleep. I hope you liked my story of my vacation part one. If you want to hear part two, three, four, five, whatever, tell, tell my buddy here, Scooter. I will not fill you in on the details between me and my Tayamo, my little vid video star. Uh, and no, she's not, don't worry. I know that some of you concerned for my well-being. Thank you. She will not be taking my money because I, I, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a mark. I'm not a mark. Okay. So I'm just a friendly guy. And yeah, the parts are working. So that might be gross to some of you, but it, it's true. Now, did I use the parts or not? That's none of your business. Okay. So there. And I hope you enjoyed my vacation. Part one. I hope it relaxed you to sleep because I think the part, there were parts I could have. And thank you for listening at, at, at all. No, thanks, Ray. Thank you because thank you for sharing. Maybe you could share me more about this helping, like the phone number part, because I have trouble with that phone number part. And then that voicemail. Um, but we could talk off the air about that stuff, like, because I have Swedish fans. And then, you know, if in case any of them, oh, my dog just coach said no. I love your dog, by the way. I love her. Yeah, thanks. So thank you, Ray. Um, so everybody's listening. That was Ray, uh, Ray Perkins, my neighbor, really positive guy. Brought him on as a contrast to Bernie the Butterfly to keep things positive around here. He was really, and that was, I, I, I mean, that was boring. I know. I mean. I know it's boring. I know. I, I, it's my vacation. I, I, that's what I... No, I mean, well, the end was... I mean, it was boring in a good way, Ray. And so we thank you for uh, taking the time to talk about your vacation. Um, I don't know if this... If you guys loved Ray, email me feedback at superlimitpodcast.com. I can have him back on. He lives like literally... like a, We both live in apartment buildings that are next to each other, small four-unit apartment buildings. And, yeah, we take the same bus every once in a while. So, yeah, let me know. I hope you're asleep, and I hope this helped you out. And I hope you, I mean, if you found Ray attractive, maybe you'll have a dream about him. Or if you didn't, you know, don't worry about it. I'm hoping to have a dream about this uh, bra versus chai woman. And check out her videos on YouTube. I don't know. I'm gonna, I don't know if they're on there. Uh, cause Ray, I know Ray, he probably changed around something 
to protect her. But yeah, thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you soon. Good night. I'm back. It's 7, 3, 14, 7.15 p.m. So that's July. I was about to say it's July 3rd, 2014, 7.15 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time. And it's Thursday. So now it's trending Tuesday on Thursday, from Thursday on Tuesday. Trending Tuesday. Tales. Trending on Twitter on Thursday. Told on told on Thursday. Heard on Tuesday. Trending Twitter tales. All right, so I looked it up. Let's see what we got. We have a, a sponsored post. So we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And of those, let's see. I don't know. We got a little bit of a crapshoot here. I think we're looking at 50-50. Okay, the sponsored posts. Then we have one I know, two I know, three. Don't know why it's trending, but it's a vocabulary word. Next two, no idea, not a clue. Next one, I know, famous person. Next one after that is famous place. Next one after that, no, not a friggin' clue. And the other one, I know the words, but I don't know why they're trending. So we're going to have some fun tonight, all right? It's July 3rd, and uh, it's the night before 4th of July in, uh, in the United States. It's called Independence Day. And uh, it reminds me of, uh, like, the night before holidays, like these kind of holidays. Remind me of, um, I mean, this is good because I'm recording this for posterity, right? Because uh, future, we're going to file, maybe we'll file this under a lawsuit, or we'll file this episode under future lawsuits, because I have a couple a couple things to talk about tonight that'll probably be someday, somewhere down the line, I'll probably be being sued, or I'll be suing someone. So hopefully, like, I'll be suing someone, and you guys will be my, not my jury, but you'll pack the courthouse and uh, maybe Matthew McConaughey. I just watched uh, at work. Some uh, the time to kill was on, and Matthew McConaughey was a lawyer. Uh, and maybe he'll be my lawyer, like or somebody like him. It made me think about like I know people were talking about the McConaughey, like the Matthew McConaughey Renaissance. They were calling it the McConaughey. That's not my word. Uh, but I mean, I love True Detective. I thought it was awesome. I haven't seen Dallas Buyers Club yet. I did see the Walt Martin Scorsese, Wolf of Wall Street. I thought he was great in that. Got a feeling I've seen him in something else recently. But Matthew McConaughey, great actor. But the the time between Time to Kill and now, I don't know where I'm going to have to track his career and see. I mean, he's had some ups and some downs. I don't know what his personal life has been. He seemed very happy at the Oscars with his personal life. So good for him. Good on him. Why did, Why am I talking about Matthew McConaughey? Oh, lawsuits. So maybe, so this is a future, this is an episode dedicated to future lawsuits, I guess. A couple of lawsuits you should be aware of that I'm not going to talk about tonight. Uh, you know, when you got, when you got to know me. Could be sued anytime by the estate of Dear Abby. Or Scooter Libby. I, I don't have anything to take. So if you're working for them and you're 
you're accumulating evidence. I'm not going to give you any tonight to sue me with. I mean, on purpose. Hopefully, I don't do it by accident either. But uh, yeah, no, no reason to sue me anyway. I don't have anything to take. Anything I did was, uh, you know, satire or whatever fancy word, fair use. So yeah, you don't need to sue me. Or um, another blog I had, which I haven't talked about for a short time, where I thought I was all witty, was a Spuds McKenzie fan fiction blog. I'll have to look it up and put it in the show notes. But uh, I was trying to learn screenwriting format, and I thought it'd be fun to do a little short screenplays of Spuds McKenzie fan fiction. And didn't really, that was another thing I didn't really follow through on. I did some, I never did any rewrites, and I don't think they were very good. But that was something I did. So I could be, I, and I I was so, like, this is how I was even, I had the wrong beer. Because I'm not even sure. I think Spuds drank Bud Light. But he could have drank Miller Light. He, de- I don't, he definitely didn't drink Coors Light. But, uh, so I could be sued by any of those beer companies. But these are lawsuits we're not going to cover tonight. The estates of Spuds McKenzie. Uh, his family might sue me, too. So any of those people could sue me, but not 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 on my not on my watch list right now. Tonight we're going to talk about a couple possible. Well, we're going to talk about inventions I have or creative ideas. And uh, there's a level of paranoia when you come up with an idea, or, or I guess I guess the old me had a level of paranoia. I'm like, oh, well, I got this great idea. I'm going to hang on to it. I'm not following through with it. But it's, you know, oh, it's such a great idea, and this is going to be the one that makes me some money. And I guess I was naive, but I was too old, well, I was too old to be naive, so I was just a, um, I don't know, I don't need to be so hard on myself. But so I had a couple ideas that I thought were pretty good. And, you know, a lot of times when you have ideas, you try a lot, well, I guess I'm saying, I'm speaking in generalities, I should just be talking about myself. I keep them to myself because it's embarrassing. You know, if someone just gives you that look, like you pitch them on a, well, what are you, what are you doing, man? Are you uh, writing anymore? I thought you said you want to be a writer. Oh, yeah, I have a website where I write scripts for uh, Spuds McKenzie fan fiction. And then the look they give you, believe me, uh, you, you know, if you're on the receiving end of that look, you're going to have trouble following through on it. Now, maybe if they would have sat me down and said, listen, maybe you should invest your I probably wouldn't have listened either. And maybe I would have followed through despite them. But that look when you tell someone uh, about a creative idea, it can be soul crushing. And you have to, you have to learn to embrace your weirdness. Those of you from Austin, keep Austin weird, I think is a, a term popular in Austin. I agree with it. Uh, so, yeah, I didn't follow through on the Spuds McKenzie fan fiction because someone gave me one of those looks, like, you're an idiot, is the look. Or, that's a terrible idea, would be another look. But so I have, I had these couple other ideas after I'd been, you know, had my hopes and dreams crushed. But no one else was doing the crushing. It's really me, a Matt, you know, because other people aren't going to, unfortunately, let me tell you a little secret to, uh, <laughs> This is ludicrous that I'm trying to tell you a secret. I, I can't believe I have a podcast that's made to bore people to sleep. I mean, when I give, when I, even when I tell people about it, you should see the look they give me. Most of the time, it's a little bit more amused. 
maybe because I've developed a little bit of confidence by following through and because of your wonderful support, all of you. But uh, still get get a pretty weird look like, oh, you working on anything? Yeah, uh, I have a podcast made to bore people to sleep. Maybe it's because I laugh because it's a ridiculous idea. Uh, but before this, a while back, I had these two ideas I kept close to my chest. But at some point I broke down. Maybe it was under the influence of a couple drinks or maybe not. But I was like, listen, I got to tell you about this idea. And then uh, the other person like shared it. And then I was crushed. I'm like, dude, someone's going to, that's an idea someone's going to want to steal. I don't know if anybody really wants to steal my ideas or that they're that good. Uh, but that's what the tonight's we're talking about is this, these two ideas and what, what happened with these great ideas and how they got stolen and I got, um, hosed. So, okay. Okay. Well, the first idea I had was a, a holiday. I was going to invent a new holiday, right? Well, this, and this is not, this is actually the idea I didn't, I haven't shared. So this is the first time I'm putting it out there. So all rights reserved or whatever, but this is one I've held close to my chest, but I want to run it. I guess I want to run a guy by you guys. Pretty, pretty, um, pretty, not, not that great idea, but maybe I could sell it, um, to a beer company. Cause I see a beer company. I'm not going to indulge it. The sponsored post tonight on Twitter, because it's a beer company saying, uh, celebrating, Independence Eve, which is tonight. So they're trying to invent a holiday or maybe someone pitched them. And my, my idea was a idea to pitch to a beer company and it's called all husbands Eve. Now, if you're a wife or a mother of a male, you, you might not want to, you might this night, it's going to seem like a pretty bad idea. And it, it probably is because I'm coming up with it. But if you're a beer company and you have billions of dollars. Listen up, because uh, you can't steal this idea now. So there, or, or all right, take your team of holiday scientists and go elsewhere until you have a big check for me. But so uh, the holiday I came up with is All Husbands Eve. It will be the night before Father's Day, and you don't have to be a father to celebrate All Husbands Eve. You just have to be a husband. And it's one night husbands get to go out and they can't do, don't worry, they can't do whatever they want, which is like a guy's night out. Beer companies love this crap, you know? They could, I mean, again, we could probably, to calm all, assuage all fears, you know, no strip clubs. It's not a bachelor party situation. It's more of a fake um, nostalgia Recover lost youth that never existed situation. All husbands eve where all husbands go out. And they're like, yeah, we're husbands. We're husbands and we're celebrating all husbands eve. You know, and the beer, they clink the beer bottles together. This is the ad I'm pitching you. And I could probably, I'm not Don Draper, man. I could come up with it, but all husbands eve, it writes, the shit writes itself. All right. So that's one idea I've had and then now the downside is if you're also going to be celebrating Father's Day and you get ripped you're going to be hung over for Father's Day but that's all right we'll, we'll just start Father's Day Father's Day and Mother's Day are a little bit different Mother's Day starts with brunch 
Father's Day starts with lunch. All right, just lunch. So no brunch for Father's Day because most fathers, not all, going to be out, could be out celebrating all Husband's Eve. And we, you know, we can come up with plenty of stuff for it. And you might be saying, that's stupid. Why? Uh, one, yeah, you don't want to be hungover for Father's Day. You're probably right, right? I mean, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm a person that uh, has been hungover when it shouldn't have been. Two, you might be like, well, what a husband, you know, husbands don't do anything. Why should they get a, an evening? Don't worry. You could call it all wives Eve. We'll call it something else. Um, but that's my idea too. So hold on. But, you know, women, you're more intelligent than men. You're not going to buy into this crap. If I told you about all women's Eve, you'd be like, first of all, that sounds like some feminine product I don't want to have anything to do with because it came up, came up, a man came up with it, which you're right. Secondly, you got better stuff to do than bathe in false nostalgia, okay? Guys, we're not that bright. I, I mean... First thing I'm going to do is bait. You know, you could tell me, oh, that's not going to be fulfilling at all. Wait, you got a tub full of false nostalgia? I'm going to jump right in. Oh, well, it's boiling. It's going to burn you. Oh, that's fine. Wait. And it's uh, not really there. It's really a bad tub of nails. Oh, but you said it's a tub of false nostalgia, right? I'm going to get right in there. Oh, good God. This is uh, terribly painful and unfulfilling, but I love it. That's that's how we we work. And guys, don't get mad at me like, oh, you're throwing us under the bus. I'm trying to get you a holiday, bro. All right? All Husband's Eve. Think of the fun you're going to have. You and your boys out celebrating the good old days, tossing back some cold ones, eating some chicken wings and some pizza, waitresses in uh, short shorts walking by you and looking over their shoulder and saying, hey, you still got it, man. Because it's all Husband's Eve. And while I'm just going to walk by you, I'm looking over my shoulder at you. Because you're a husband and it's all Husband's Eve. Tonight we toast. Right? So, everybody wins. Except for the except for the wives that got to deal with the husbands that overdo it. So yeah, I guess this all Husband's Eve idea isn't totally... Um, it might be half-assed, you might be right, but it's my idea. It's one, one I've been keeping to myself. It's a secret I'm sharing with you because of the pain in my heart. Pain in my heart from this other idea that uh, got leaked and I, I feel like now it's too late. The ship has sailed on it so, and I'm going to tell you about it, okay? So I, so I had this idea, right, and I've been keeping it to myself because I think it's a pretty, I thought it was a pretty good idea. This probably... Ten years ago, maybe, maybe eight years ago, and uh, I'm pretty sure it was around the time that uh, Carmelo Anthony, who's in the news right now, he was on Syracuse for one year, Syracuse University basketball. I know I got some Cuse fans in the audience, our buddy Shannon. But so uh, my brother was in town visiting. He uh, lives in Philly normally, so shout out to any Philly people. But he was visiting and we were talking about, we are talking about Syracuse won the national championship. So we were riding high and I don't know, I guess I was feeling vulnerable. And, uh, I mean, well, maybe it wasn't around that time. It was, uh, 
I remember we were joking about uh, uh, There Will Be Blood was out. The movie There Will Be Blood. Um, Daniel Day-Lewis is a star. I think Paul Thomas Anderson made, made the movie. Good movie. Intense movie. And uh, we, we were, it was when the uh, there was like, a, I don't know, it was a meme. But uh, there's this scene in the movie where uh, Daniel Day-Lewis talks about drinking another man's milkshake. And it's really funny. I'll post it. Um, a, uh, what do you call it, clip, YouTube clip in the video. So we were joking about that. And it was like me and my brother and then my other brother who lives in San Francisco, we were all hanging out, we were joking around, having yucks. And I was like, uh, I don't I don't know what it was. It was like the uh, the laughter and the joy and probably we were drinking, I was drinking probably, it loosened my lips and we were talking about ideas and I said, listen, I got this idea. I've been keeping it on the down low. Um, I'm pretty sure it's a home run. And uh, it's a goon. Goonies make Goonies into a musical. All right. If you're listening to me, you're nodding. Goonies into a musical. And I think this was like right before Spider-Man was made into a musical. Now it's like, a, you know, it makes sense. But this was like, at least in my mind, I thought I was like this precursor. And I was brilliant. I mean, it turns out I'm wrong. I'm, I mean, I'm not. But I, I still think Goonies would make a good musical. And, and yeah, and it's like a, a little bit, I don't know what the right word is. Like, it's a little bit of a, I love Goonies, one of my favorite movies of all time. So I'd be like, well, it's a little bit of a crass commercialization of it. But you get the right people to work on it. Like, uh, I don't know, that's my dog. I don't know if she agreed. You get the people behind maybe Frozen or something else. Uh, the guys, the South Park guys, Book of Mormon. You could probably make a pretty good Goonies musical if you if you if you get really good Goonies fans behind it. But so I tell my brother, I'm like Goonies musical, right? And I start saying, you know, you know, think about it. It's got all the elements. It's got you know the opening, and they could be singing about. The mud flats, wherever they lived, which I should remember. Oh, the goondocks, the goondocks, and uh, you got Bran, and I, of course, I didn't know I was going to tell the story tonight, so I don't, I'm not set up. I know you got Chunk, you got Mouth, you had uh, like the guy that was Sean Aston. I don't even remember his character's name. It'll come to me, Mikey. His name's Mikey, and you got Data, of course. And, I mean, you could have a song at the beginning, give a, a song about the Fratellis. I think that was the bad guys. A lot, first act, you got a pretty solid first act there with the goondocks and their normal life and the fact that they're going to be separated. And then you have a little bit of a love story. And then you actually have a bee love story with Martha Plimpton and Mouth. And you have, like, the mother and the whole thing and then they go on this adventure and they go you know they discover the map and you could you could probably get a lot of songs in there I, I don't know i'm not a songwriter i've written i've attempted to write a musical failed at it again talked about this once wrote a musical about uh hans and gorbelly called uh al's mart was what i was calling it and he Takes Princess Diana, Dodi Fayad, 
JFK's souls. He has a machine. He puts them in some workers at a Al Mart, which is a similar to a Walmart. This was like 15 years ago. I was working on this. And then, you know, it ends with Dodie doesn't work here anymore. Like Dodie is the, uh, rises up for workers' rights, but he has to face off against Princess Di and the ultimate. Again, I'm a crazy person. What's this Goonies musical? It seems like I'd want to see it. I probably would pay to see a Goonies musical as long as it wasn't like the Spider-Man that didn't work out so hot. But you get the right people behind it. So the next thing you know, there's like uh, me and my brothers are having this really good time. And the next thing you know, we're in a, a car. Next thing you know, we're in a car. We're on our way to Tahoe. We got a designated driver. And we're driving to Tahoe, middle of the night. And I'm still in the car. I'm pitching the Goonies movie. I'm making up songs. And I'm singing like Chunk. And I'm singing a pizza song. And I'm making up the Truffle sh- I mean, the Truffle Shuffle is definitely like one of those songs. That's just kind of in the middle for like a comic relief. I think in Les Mis, there's the, uh, I don't know what she's called, uh, but she has, she's a scene, she's a show stealer. She's, I think she's like cleaning an innkeeper or something. I can't remember. I don't know. I'm terrible at this. But so we're driving to Tahoe and I'm still like in the zone and we're, we're, we're kind of all nighter. And uh, next thing you know, we're at the state line and we're going in these casinos on the state line of the line of California and Nevada. And I'm kind of making a fool of myself and I'm hitting on these cocktail waitresses. And they, this one tells me I'm undateable. And I say, well, you know, if I'm so undateable, you know, why did I come up with this idea of the Goonies musical? And they were Goonies, Goonies. And then I get up on the bar. And I'm like, down here, it's my hard time. Up there, it's their time. You know, the whole speech. Uh, I don't even know any more than that, you know. But I, I know that part. Like, down here, it's our time. Out there, it's their time. And if we're going to do something together, we're going to do a Goonies musical. Ah. And they get thrown out. But, you know, that undateable thing really stung. And then I'm like, uh, we, we crash in this hotel room and I get up the next day and we go to a, a brunch and, uh, I'm like, oh boy, we're eating this brunch, all you can eat. And I'm, it's like, uh, I'm eating half breakfast, half lunch. And I'm like, why, why do we drive to Tahoe anyway? And my brother, Carl, that I've talked about before, he's like, oh, my buddy's a DJ. Uh, he's doing this, this show. And I'm, I'm like, you don't even, we don't like dancing or anything. Well, he told us we needed to come, and uh, he's like, I really want to come, and you guys seem like game. So it was like, I figured we'd go. And I, went, I go, well, I'm not into the dancing type stuff. He's like, oh, don't worry, it's going to be fun. It's later on tonight. He's like, you know, you guys, we'll, we'll take a nap. I'm like, well, what is it called? And he's like, it's called uh, BBC QT, I think. It's... I'm like, what? BBC QT? What is that? Is that some sort of channel where they sell stuff? And he's like, I don't know what it means. He goes, I think it's like, you know, it's like a rave type situation. And I'm like, whoa, man. Okay. Well, all right. And I forget that, uh, but, you know, the, the sting of the night before and 
we go and we jump in the lake and it's ice cold and it washes away the feelings from the night before. And we go, you know, we check out Tahoe. Beautiful, beautiful place, beautiful place. And, uh, next thing I know, despite my reluctance, we're, we're getting ready to go to this rave thing, BBCQT, which turns out stands, and, and it's like, uh, it stands for, and this is like 2020 vision or whatever. It's like, uh, this thing's like, like big bash for comedy on the QT. It's not even a rave. We get there. I guess there's a rave or there's like DJs and there's dancing, but in between there's like comedy acts, big bash for comedy on the QT, something like that. Or maybe it's Bobby Brown's comedy on the QT. Is there any other BBs that are famous? BB King, but he wouldn't do that. Bobby, Barbara, Barbara Bradford. I don't know, but it was this comedy festival. And, uh, I was much more comfortable because I know I wouldn't have to do any raving, which I'm you know, not important. Let's keep moving on. So, uh, you know, we get separated. There's like different, it's like inside this like giant convention center. It's pretty fun. Like there's different theme comedies. There's like different rooms with different comedians and it's dark. It's like a party atmosphere. And it's not like set performance, like you go in a room and someone's doing a set and it could be like, could be any kind of comic and you could go into a small room and there's like Gallagher there busting up a watermelon and then you're in the hall and it's like even interactive. I don't know how many people they had working there or whatever. And again, I've said, you know, I, I, uh, I have a drinking pro I had a drinking problem in the past and this was one of the times in the past. I don't drink anymore. We'll talk, we can talk about that another time. But, uh, so I'm pretty, getting pretty loaded, right? And, uh, probably not the best idea. And, uh, again, I, that's probably why I can't remember who the BB is. But, uh, I think they were like, have these votes of like, cause it's trying to get, uh, amateur comics a chance to, uh, now oddly enough, and I, I hate to go down a controversy road. But I remember I kept something from it. It had a list of sponsors and Hobby Lobby that was involved in this whole Supreme Court nonsense. And I don't want to get involved in it. Was one of the sponsors, and uh, which was weird. But I think like maybe because of the lo- like the local business. I don't know if it's like where it's located. But at one point there was like this guy, and he was eating um, model airplanes. And lighting them on fire and it's like, and it was weird, like a lot of weird comedy too. But so at one point, like I'm, I'm like, it's getting towards the end of the night or the late. And I think they were like voting on the best, uh, comic and I'm kind of wandering around, which I'm loath to do. And all of a sudden I hear like this chant, like BB 16, BB 16. And, uh, I think, I can't, again, I don't know. I think it was like they were down to, it was like they're down to like they're voting people off or something. I think maybe BB-16 meant like you were kicked off. I don't know what 16, maybe they were saying BB-86. So they like boo this guy up and then they're like, Devin is H-O-H, Devin is H-O-H. 
And I think that was the comic, com, comic, like head of the house, maybe. I don't know. Head of how? Uh, 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 H O H. I don't know. Hitting on, hitting on high notes, maybe. So this guy Devin gets up there and he's like, "What?" And he's like, "Doing." He starts doing this comedy. He's really he's good. And he's like, I, I just met the craziest guy, and he was doing this thing in the bathroom, this routine, and I, I'm going to give my set over to him because I think he's, like, this guy, I've never heard of him. I don't know, Devin was like an amateur comic, but he was obviously, I'm, I don't know if he had a stage name or, I mean, but he was probably famous now. And he, he's like, uh, he's like, how you guy call you? Like, I'll call this guy up on stage. And they call him my brother, okay? My other brother, whose name I'm not going to say because I don't want to embarrass him. But they call him up on stage. He's naked. And he's like, naked comic, yo. And I'm like, oh, boy. he's. And uh, he starts doing this routine about shopping naked. And he was like, it was actually, if he wasn't naked, it would probably have been funnier. I mean, it was pretty funny because he was naked. And, I mean, it was late at night, so everybody was pretty open to this madness. And, uh, uh, but it's, it stalled out. It started out funny, like, oh, I don't know. I'm not a comedian. He wasn't a comedian either, but he must have been. Maybe he took some pills that made him funnier. But I was like, oh, yeah, he was walking to 7 Eleven, you know, this jokes about beef jerky or whatever. I don't know. But he's, he's cracking wise, but all of a sudden he loses the audience and it's like dead. And then the last thing you want to be is on stage when people are yelling. And I can see people are starting to go BB16, which means he's going to get kicked off. And you don't want to be on stage and lose the audience and be naked. Like if you're going to be naked on stage, you really have to, I mean, you got to be a presence and you got to keep the audience with you because as soon as they start, I mean, you don't want them st- analyzing your nudity anyone i mean i don't care how comfortable you are with your body you don't want to be in a room full of strangers and not and then have them the only thing they can look at is your i mean the male body as has been said by countless millions of people it's not exactly a work of art most of the time so yeah uh he loses the audience and you can tell he's like oh great uh oh and the baby's seeing his and then the the son of a gun, I'm sorry, I'm going to try not to swear like a lunatic, starts talking about the Goonies musical like it was his idea. And then he goes and he starts doing, you know, the truffle shuffle. Was a, and he does the whole, he does the whole Chunk song that I sang, you know, when Chunk confesses to everything and then he's sad and then, oh. And then he runs through the rest of the movie and the finale because there's like a song, a couple songs with uh, Mikey. You know, he would be the, uh, he would have like a lot of the good numbers. And, you know, a song that I made up, you know, which I sub- subsequently forgot about One-Eyed Willie. You know, which we could address in another time. But everybody's eating it up and I'm like, I'm like in disbelief. I'm like, dude, you just blew that was like my ticket to stardom and and uh, Broadway. I mean, I don't really actually. I love. I like musicals. I love. Um, 
I used to go to one, I lived in New York City for a time, and uh, I would go to one musical uh, every few months, and I like musicals. But, you know, that would have been breaking in. I don't think I'd stay on Broadway because I'm not talented at, but I was talented. This was, so this was my one big break, I thought, I thought at the time. And maybe it could have been, but then I wouldn't be here with you guys. So worked out for the best. But, uh, you know, people are cracking up and I'm enraged. And then I got to drive back with this clown and he's like, yeah, can you believe it? People will love it. I mean, he won the award for top uh, comedian, amateur comedian, but I think maybe, I don't know. And, and I couldn't even look at him. And then he's like, well, I can't believe they were loving that. And he's like, the whole ride home, it's like two and a half, three hours from Tahoe to San Fran. He's talking about how our idea, like me and his idea for Goonies. And he's like, Oh yeah, and I'm like, you dude, that was my idea, not you, not ours, not yours. That's mine. That was like my, you know, that was my retirement idea, Goonies musical. So that that kind of crushed me. And then I was like, and on top of that, I got called undateable on that one. Okay, so we get back from the ride home, and I see Corey Feldman on the news in Tahoe. Ends up he was at the show. And he's talking about how he bought the rights to the musical from like Spielberg or Zemeckis or whoever. And he's going to, he's bringing this musical to Broadway and Bagoonie's musical. And so it hasn't happened yet, but, and I don't have any money to hire a lawyer. And I don't think I would have a shot, even with McConaughey as my lawyer, I'd be toast. So, yeah, so totally blew my idea out of the water. That was my retirement idea. And uh, so I'd like to sue uh, Corey Feldman for, but he hasn't released it, the, the thing. I'm not even sure if he still has the rights. I'm sure someone, I mean, has the rights now. I mean, if you're listening, you know, you don't got to come in for much, but... You know, I just like to help out and make sure this Goonies musical is uh, what w- people like me would want to see. Now, there's been, I know there's, actually there's a movie coming out similar to Goonies with a little um, robot, like E.T., Goonies type movie. I don't know the name of it. If you uh, liked Goonies, the movie I would recommend is Super 8. Uh, wow. I mean, that brought me right back to Goonies. Uh, you might think, huh, that's strange, but yeah, go ahead and watch it. It'll remind you of Goonies and the good parts of Goonies. But there weren't any bad parts about Goonies, so if you haven't seen Goonies, do yourself a favor and see that. Uh, but yeah, so I'm waiting to see what happens with this Goonies musical. I haven't Googled it or anything. I mean, I'd like to. And if you guys are lawyers or um, musical experts maybe i could like what 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 if i came out with the goosicle like how how much how much leverage would i have if i was like uh you know we're from the goose stocks and hi i'm uh data instead of data and uh chunk 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 i could be chunk i could be chub i could be chub it's pretty offensive though even chunk and data were offensive i think 
But there are nicknames, Face or Mouth. Mouth could be Face, but Face was on the A-team. So he could be uh, Lips or something. No. I don't know. But maybe we could talk about this more, because the Goonies musical is uh, something I hope to see someday. And I hope you're asleep, because, I, I mean, this is total nonsense, but I hope you're asleep. And I, I don't know, I guess you learned a little bit more about me, unfortunately. I, uh... I hadn't planned on sharing that. Otherwise, I would have been more prepared with Goonies musical stuff. And uh, so I guess maybe, yeah, even if someone was listening, they'd be like giving me that look again, like, yeah, Goonies musical, huh? Yeah, that's a great idea. Or they'd be like, yeah, someone already thought of that that's smarter than you, and the way you would do it is terrible. But someone with knowledge of musicals is going to do a good job, unlike you. So, yeah, I guess, yeah, I'm still not, I'm still, yeah, I'm great. But, yeah, get sleep, get some sleep. Dream of Goonies, the good parts. Uh, Why do I keep saying that? They're all good parts. I mean, the positive parts, the, the speech down here. It's our time. Right now, it's your time to go to sleep. Good night. Thanks. All right, well, let's see. We're on Twitter. We got a sponsored post that I don't know what it means, but uh, so far, second one, I know. Third, don't know. Fourth, I know. Fifth, I think I know. No, well, actually, no, I don't know. Sixth, I know. Seventh, that's a no. Eighth, I know. Ninth, don't know. Tenth. All right, we got some interesting stuff here on Twitter. I honestly don't know what the hell I'm going to do, but, uh, yeah, uh, it's time for uh, Trending Twitter Tales. Tuesday's Trending Twitter Tales from Thursday. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just getting this in. The Twitter tweets that just came through, the trending tweets are from 7-10-14. That's July 10th, 2014, around 8.30, 1 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time. And this is the tales of trending on Twitter Tuesday from Thursday. Tonight, in your ears. <laughs> Where did that voice come from? All right. Uh, let's get on. Good night. I uh, hope I help you fall asleep tonight. Good night. All right, everybody. Uh, it's uh, Trendy Twitter, as I said earlier. And uh, you know, I was looking over the stuff on Twitter, and I'm trying to figure out what I was going to tell you a story about. And I was thinking about an incident this week uh, that I had with a uh, daddy long-legged spider. Uh, you know, daddy long-legs, for those of you, just in case it's not a universal term, I'm not even sure I'm uh, if they're an arachnid or actually a spider. They look like a spider. They also look like um, a steampunk-esque machine because they're like a little tiny oval with long, long legs. I, I was raised to call them daddy long leg spiders because I live in a patriarchal society. That's demeaning. But uh, you might, I mean, anywhere else in the world, you might not call them daddy long legs. You might, I mean, not, not saying you're going to call them mommy long legs. And I'll post a show notes. I'll probably get into it, looking into why they call them daddy long legs. But so I had like a, a conundrum with this daddy long leg I ran into. And he was in a urinal, I'm going to be honest with you, a trough-style urinal. And I noticed him after there was already some liquid going in there. 
And I was like, oh, dear. Oh, boy. Uh, and he seemed to, he, this daddy along like, seemed like he was in trouble. And then, it, like, oh, big trouble. And it was already, I was like, is this too late to intervene? And then I was like, should I intervene and save it or put him out, you know? And then I tried to intervene, and there was water and liquid, and somebody just cleaned it before I'd gotten there. So I was like, "Is this what's this? What's the, you know, what what's the soap doing to this guy?" And I was like grabbing a paper towel, and then I was like, "Did I do too much damage? Did I hurt him?" It seemed like he was out cold. That was yesterday. This morning, get in, make my first stop at work. Which is a straw style urinal. Oh, but this this is not. I'm not trying to be gross or offensive or anything. And there he is. He's chilling out in there and fully uh, functional. Seven out of eight legs. I'm a hundred percent sure were functionality. The seventh, I couldn't tell. And then I was like, "Wow, what a wonderful surprise!" I was like, "How you doing?" Obviously, this was a a, a real situation. So the I'm not um, totally delusional. This daddy along like did not say anything back to me. And then I saw him and he was kind of running. And then I realized that he was stuck in the urinal because it was like a, he tried going up the walls. I don't know if maybe he was in a hurry to say hi to me. He just needed to get close to my ear and whisper, but he couldn't get out of the urinal. And then I, I staged a paper towel rescue. And again, I was like, oh man, like, I hope I don't hurt him. And he was rescued. Now, I'm not telling you any of this. I'm not looking for a pat on the back because there are better people than me saving insects everywhere. I'm not, like I said, I was on the fence, uh, whether this, whatever to do about this guy. And it could have even been a different daddy long leg. But it got me thinking. I was looking at Twitter. I'm like, huh, what are we going to talk about tonight? And I was like, man, daddy long legs are kind of an unsung insect. I know nothing, or arachnid, whatever, you know, actual facts term, factual terms you use. Uh, they're, they're unappreciated, at least in my book. I mean, now maybe there's a daddy, maybe a lot of you are in the daddy leg, long legs. Appreciation society, maybe some of you have, maybe they make good pets in New Zealand and Sweden. I don't know those things. I just know. I guess I'm speaking for everyone, but I really should only be speaking for myself. But so I was thinking, like, now you see in North America, I've lived on both the East Coast, the West Coast. I've lived in the Rust. I've lived in, okay, I'll run through the cities I've lived in. Syracuse, New York. New York, Bronx, New York. New York City. Um, Los Angeles, East Los Angeles. Uh, Oakland, California. Alameda, California. I think that's it. And I've visited some other cities and towns in those states and some other states. Seen daddy long legs in all of them. Now, outside of this country, or I haven't spent a lot of time in the great, wonderful middle of this country, so I don't know about daddy long legs. But at least in where I've lived and been, spent time, there's been daddy long legs everywhere. And they're usually just chilling. Uh, and no one sees them as a threat. Maybe little kids and spider phobes, but most other people, I mean, you get told right away, and maybe it's a lie that daddy long legs aren't dangerous 
or daddy long legs don't bite. Or, you know, they just, if you leave them alone, they'll leave you alone. And that seems to be the case, at least in the daddy long legs department for sure. And I don't, this is not an imaginary situation where I'm going to bring a daddy long legs in to comment. But I was thinking, I'm like, man, daddy long legs, they spend a lot of time at the house. They must know a lot. But then it's like, they, but then they, they have those spindly legs, so they don't, like, so they're just chilling at your house. So maybe if you have a pet, they watch the pet. Obviously, I'm not even sure, since I know so little about them, do they catch it? Do they, like, there's, a, I think I used to believe that they don't have webs. But then when I dealt with this um, daddy long like today, I'm pretty sure after he was on the paper towel, he I tried to put him on the floor and there's a web. So that disproves that there. I'm pretty sure that they have webs, so they probably eat insects. They must mate. I don't really recall seeing a lot of daddy long leg, like mommy long leg. I mean, but like if daddy long legs in a social type situation. But again, I don't really see spiders. They keep their personal business personal, which is probably best because for the most part, we're. I mean, a lot of people are afraid of spiders. Not daddy long legs, though. They're like the... I don't know what they are. They're the daddy long legs of spiders and insects. But then they kind of get ripped off because how often do they use, they they get used for anything. They're not feared. They're not despised. It's kind of like, eh, daddy long leg. So I guess maybe, I guess what I'm saying or what I'm thinking is maybe we should give daddy, maybe I should give a daddy long leg. If we could think of a parable or something. Like the daddy long leg that watched too much TV. Okay. So settle in. This is a little story I'm going to tell you with a absurdly long introduction. To be honest, the introduction was uh, like over seven minutes of running, and that doesn't even count the housekeeping and the introduction of the podcast. This is the tale of the daddy long leg that watched too much TV. Bertrand was his name. He was just a regular old daddy long leg. Now, just so you know, daddy long legs, they don't call themselves daddy long legs. They call themselves... Well, I mean, they just call themselves by their name, so he's Bertrand. Now, don't think of themselves, they call us the uh, stink beasts, I think. That's what I've heard. But so Bertrand, he was a regular old daddy long leg. He uh, never knew his family because he was hatched out of an egg and into the world. And But Bertrand, the strange thing about uh, daddy long leg mind development is, uh, you know, they form formulate their own, they have an instinctual side. But also they have, they have like a brain. And it, and it might not be essential. I don't know about the details about this brain, but I do know from like this one time, if you listen to the podcast regularly, I was in the Roost Bowl and Game of Thrones uh, fantasy time machine, which I have access to because I made it. And it's powered by my, uh, well, that's not important. What's important is one time the thing went haywire and I ended up in the future in this lab, 
where they're analyzing. All of a sudden, they had all this new information about insect and spider animal brains. It turns out they were way smarter the whole time. It's like, I don't know, I should have paid more attention. It could have been 20 years in the future. It could have been like three or 400 years. Like I said, I was in a hurry to get to a fa- like I was like, whoa, we're in a reality thing. What kind of, you know, what kind of fantasy time machine is this? I was trying to get to some non-real event to observe it. And so just ended up that, uh, whatever, I crossed the wires. But so they found out these spiders, uh, they, they got some brains. Not, I mean, they're not doing, they, they, it's what they do with the brain that's important. But so Bertrand, his brain was developing. And as he was, you know, the spiders, I can't get into the whole brain development thing. Their brains develop. Bertrand's brain was developing. He happened to be in this household where the TV was always on. And the, these people, not no judgment, the TV was always on, like, because of the power button. It only worked if you, uh, you had to, like, hold the, like, they bought their TV, a refurbished TV, after, like, not the Black Monday sale or the Cyber Monday or Black Friday. They bought it, like, after that, when people that had bought the Black Friday stuff, whoever this family was, they were very thrifty and smart. They bought like one somebody returned that had a that had a bump power button, so they got a super deal on it. But so the downside was they weren't the most creative family, and that, so they just left the TV on. I mean, I would be like, "Yo, what do you just to unplug it or something?" But yeah, if I was there, I'd just be like, "Hey, why don't you unplug it? Whatever. We don't need to analyze the family because this is Bertrand's story. He's already like, what the heck, man.'" But so Bertrand was around this house in the living room where the TV was. That's where he kept his webs and the fork. Now, this, this is a little pro tip if you ever end up, if you believe in reincarnation and you uh, are reincarnated as daddy long leg. First off, not a bad life. Pretty dull. Unless you're in a house where the TV's on all the time. Even then it could be dull. But a uh, little thing Bertrand was talking about is the four corners, which is he had the four corners of the living room covered, had a little uh, cobwebs up or whatever you call them. And he was just kind of patrol between the four corners. And then uh, this particular living room had uh, blinds, or not blinds, but something to keep the light out. Another good spot when people weren't messing with him to uh, put his webs up. That's all Bert and Bert, Bertrand did is check the webs. And hang out and watch the tube. But so it was like his insect instinctual brain had him in patrolling and catching that. But then his uh, mammalian-like brain, that's the only way I can describe it, scientists will do a better job in the future, was watching the tube. So Bertrand thought, and Bertrand didn't know that the TV wasn't real. So everything that was going on the TV was real to Bertrand and like hyper-real. Because he's seeing everything in spider sight. And if you've seen like a Spider-Man type movie, you know that they're seeing stuff in way, way better. It's like 4K, you know, they talk about this 4K stuff, this 4K stuff. Nonsense, probably. I don't know. I saw one in a, a store when I was trying to kill time one time. And it looked good, but they just had graphics on there and then a music video. Of course, it's going to look good. You know, 
I don't, whatever. I, but so Bertram watched a while TV. TV to him is real. And so what's like mind blowing to him is like these crossover. Like, for example, I think the Emmy, Emmy nominations were today or this morning or yesterday. To Bertrand, that's like a, whoa, what, what, what is going on? Like, he has to reformulate his entire, he's like, okay, Mindy Kaling is from the Mindy Project. Now she's with, um, whatever that guy's name, Carson. So they're with Carson Daly, who Bertrand knows too, from the Carson Daly show, who I'm pretty sure moved shows. So Bertrand's minded just wrapped around. He's like trying to, he, he just got all this like Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon. And he's, he watches whatever's gone in the house. Or maybe these people have picture and picture, quad picture and picture. I don't know. So Bertrand's like, man, like, so Mindy, I don't understand. Like she's not, she, why is she, why is she not with, with the people she normally with? Why is she, what's she doing? And then why is she so, like, she's like more a different person, kind of more confident, a little more uh, funny, not funnier, I don't know, more self-possessed maybe, I don't know. These are Bertrand's words, spider words. So that threw him off. And then he wasn't pleased uh, about all the nominations, but I'm not going to get into that because I don't, you know, like when I ask a spider, uh, daddy long leg, his opinion about what I should watch on TV. But so Bertrand has opinions about that. So Bertrand's not the most reliable. But so, um, the, the, what was my point? Point is that I get, being a big daddy along like I'm watching TV isn't, is a try, much more trying experience. It's not relaxing. Like, it's not like he's walking around and he's like, oh, you know, uh, I think I'll just uh, sit here and wait for insects and uh, see what's on. No, it's like, uh, first of all, okay, let's take two shows that are way, way different than each other, but also are close. There's like, like two, two things, BBC, QT, and BB16. Like those exact same thing, right? Wrong. One is the BBC's Question Time, and the other is Big Brother 16. No, so those are two shows. Big Brother's like a show where a bunch of people stay in a house and like, I don't know, I don't really watch it because I'm not, but I guess to him, it would be part of his family. And, uh, you know, he would get to know them and be like, oh, you know, I love this uh, these, this girl, she's lovely. And this guy's like my dad and this other guy's like my dad. And this other girl's like my mom and that's like my spider wife and she's my second spider wife. Because a lot of young, attractive people or celebrities or big personalities, it's a reality show. It's kind of like Survivor. You can get kicked out of the house, um, but but you're just in this house getting filmed all the time, which is crazy. But to Nigel, that was like his. It was like part of his house. It was just like a window. But then sometimes the TV would be on BBC Question Time. And it'd be people giving their opinions about uh, politics or referendums or, you know, someone might be very erudite. I don't even know if that's the right way to say that word because I'm not. And they might have some very uh, good, but well-spoken 
discussion of an issue. Then there might be a couple of crazy people discussing issues. Politics could be about social, you know, privacy, whatever. As to, to this poor daddy long legs, it's like all normal. He's like, why is mom so mad? And then she's gone. He's like, why didn't I see her ever again? And then some guy's back and he's like, oh, that's a very old man. Uh, and he's soothing me with his talk of uh, deporting everyone. And, oh, I wonder what deporting means. And then Nigel watched enough, I mean, Nigel. Then Bertrand watched enough TV. He learns what that word means. Then next thing you know, the TV's back on Big Brother. Or it could be, I think Big Brother's got like feeds that are going on all night. Maybe that's when he's watching it. And then like someone leaves the house. It's like devastating to to his spider mind. But now some of his spider mind might forget, but takes a toll on its, his little uh, autoimmune system and uh, endocrine. If spiders have endocrine systems, I'm not sure. Or I don't know. Not good for him. And then somebody turns on ESPN and they're talking nonstop about LeBron and like, well, oh, remember when LeBron ditched Cleveland? All of a sudden Bertrand's like, I love Cleveland. And they're talking about what a great town Cleveland is. Stand up town, stand up people, good people, which is all true. I spent some time in Cleveland. I love Cleveland. Great, 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 great city. Not a mistake by the lake, as some people would say. It's part of the Rust Belt. So why it has a special place in my heart. I mean, one of the reasons. But uh, and he's like, well, I don't know if I want LeBron back in Cleveland. And then he's like, well, I don't even know who LeBron is. And then that's and then he's like, oh wait, no, I I do know. And then he's talking about the decision. And then well, we you know who's he going to come and deal with all these rookies? And then well, maybe who's Chris Bosh? Oh no, wait, Chris Bosh, we need Chris Bosh. Oh, Dwayne Wade. Oh, look at that. Pat Riley's hair is great. And, you know, he's saying all this stuff. And he's like, oh, I'm just a spider. Oh, and then he's like, oh, wait a second. My lizard part or my brain or my insect brain. Oh, I got to go get some, uh, something in a web down there. And then he goes and gets the insect, comes back, and he's like, oh, what are we going to do before LeBron decides? Let's decide, you know, where we want him to go. And then, Bertrand's like, how do I, you know, why he's just sitting there chewing on an insect, you know, filling up his little spider belly, you know, crafting himself a nice little comfy seat. And uh, he's like, well, I don't know. I don't know if I want. And he's taught the insects like, holy mackerel, I'm still, you know, I'm still alive, bro. Can't, you know, paralyze me. But he's like, I'm a daddy long leg. I'm not a threat to you, insect. Crunch. And then uh, he's like, I don't know about this LeBron situation, blah, blah, blah. And then he goes, well, what about Melo? Blah, 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 blah. Or is LeBron a good guy or not a good guy? Listen, none of your business. You just... So they, and spiders can't, they don't know enough to just take a breath, like, kind of like me. It's like, okay, let's slow, slow our roll down. Let's calm down. And then somebody switches it to like VH1 or some other channel, and then they're having like this, Similar to like these throwback Thursdays. I love the Hades. I love the nineties. And then Bertrand's like kind of trying to remember, did I ever have any neon socks? Like, I don't remember having big neon socks. And he doesn't know he wasn't even alive in the eighties. And then he's like, 
still trying to figure, is that my mom? And then the person's gone again. Or, like, do, do I like salt and pepper or not? Have I been rickrolled? No, I don't know. Uh, was it, Did I ever have a, a grunged-style shirt or not? Did I own Z-Cabaret I don't know. So a lot of unnecessary stress on this poor spider. Again, the TV doesn't go off. And I don't know how it's changing. And the weird thing is, like, maybe there's some sort of uh, disturbance in the uh, UV force or the IR. I think it's the IR force infrared. So that, that could be changing the channel, too. Or maybe there's kids in the house and they change the channel. Or, I don't know. There could be, now this might sound controversial, but it could be like, uh, there could be like TV gnomes, like little guys that come out and start watching TV when you're asleep and they change the channel, especially if you're going to leave your TV on, you know, you could get some sort of middle earth creature. Now these are non-threatening creatures, so it doesn't matter. Or trickster type, you know, characters into your house to watch your tube. So then the spider's like, who's this guy? Is this, he coming, you know. Oh, wait, it's time for a break. Five, four, three, two, one. Prepare to launch the raunch. What, launch the raunch? Yes, sir, we're ready to launch the raunch. Did you say raunch the raunch or launch the raunch? Launch the raunch, sir. We have a raunch cannon ready. It's full of, uh, we stuffed it with, uh, you know, stuff, uh, particularly magazines and, uh, you know, videos. And, you know, the, the thing is, like, a lot of the raunch nowadays is streamed raunch. Excuse me, son, what's raunch exactly? We could look here. That's, that's a magazine. Oh, good lord. I mean, bad lord. I mean, the lord would not. And this is a DVD cover. Oh my goodness! And then here's my phone. Oh, can I? Oh, can I borrow this phone? I'll be back. But say, so, yeah, I can't really launch my phone because I need it. So it's kind of hard to launch the raunch nowadays. But we're gonna launch the raunch, everybody, everybody out there who loves raunch, and we know it's most people that, but you don't like to announce it. Get your receiving things ready because the launch is about to be launched by launching the launch soon. So get ready. So if you have the inability to stream launch or you don't know what launch is, you live in a launch free zone, we're going to free you from that in five, four, three, two, one. The launch has been launched. Good day, sir. All right, I got no idea what that was about, but uh, so we get back to the spider story. And then, you know, you never, like, Bertrand has to watch all these commercials. He's just eating insects. He sees commercials for, like, Taco Bell. And, I mean, and then you got the, and then VH1 throwback stuff is, like, yo quiero Taco Bell. And then Bertrand, like, have I had a, a, a quesadilla or whatever? Or, um... I, one that's like a taco wrapped in a flour tortilla because I don't remember having one of those. Did I like it? And then, 
crunching out another insect. I'm like, oh, this insect, it's just not fulfilling anymore. And uh, I don't know. So he's got to deal with that, and he's got to deal with cravings, you know, cravings for everything, because there's a lot of commercials he's got to devour. And that's like, what do I like? What is this crap they put in between the fast-moving stuff? It's like, I'm going to have some crunch berries, man. And then I need some five-hour energy. I'm never going to catch any insects unless I get some five-hour energy. And I need Bacardi because the night belongs to Michelob. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe I'm amazed at the, at the way uh, Rice Aroni makes me feel. But yeah, I just don't know. Uh, cause no one brings me flowers from 1-800-Flowers anymore. And then someone finally, this was the one time someone came, another daddy long leg from like a regular house. He's like, Bartram, what the hell are you talking about, bro? And he was like, uh, He's like, what do you, are you a media gadfly? Like, are you, do you, did you, do you have any fat shoelaces to give me? Cause these are my Adidas. And then the daddy long's like, Bertrand, there's something terribly wrong with you. He's like, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm a daddy long leg. He's like, exactly. Well, you need to start acting like one. And he's like, you need to start acting. Look, well, what's the matter, Willis? I'm not sure if you're from the seventies or the eighties. And this, Daddy Long like split after that, but then Bertrand's mind split and he's yelling at insects trapped in his web. And he's like, uh, he's like this, uh, he goes, this, this spider was like a kitchen nightmare. And then what, what are you doing in there? I need you to clean. You're, you're fired. And he's like, we need, you know, what, I'm the, you know, what kind of owner are you of this web? You need to get this web in order. Don't you want this web to succeed? Oh, my, what a mess is cigarette. And, uh, so that's like Birchin's regular day. It's just like madness. And then, you know, the time of the day comes when there's like a marathon on and somehow it's on like a lifestyle channel. And like this, like the Stalin crew, Stalin. And they're like this, uh, It's like this reality show combined with a zoo show where they go to, or an animal, where they go to like zoos or animal parks and like give them like animals a makeover. And so they're like, you know, taking a lemur and brushing it and cleaning its teeth. And they claim that, you know, they have a whole staff of, uh, people. So they say it's above board and they're, you know, they have veterinarians, but, then you get, and Bertrand's like, what is the ethics of this? You know, or, or is this ethics or is it, uh, morality? These people, uh, uh, you know, the Salima doesn't want its nails done. And then, and then he's like, why is not, why is anyone that looks like me on any shows that feels like me? And, you know, they're just driving around making people over. And there's a zoo. He's like, the best of my understanding was that zoos were for just imprisoning mammalian animals and looking at them. And why would, what, what, aren't they related to each other? Was, so then his brain's like, right when, right when Bertrand's right at the end of his rope, he uh, hears the voice of Charlton Heston. 
As he hears the voice of Charles Nesson, like, get your damn hands off me, ape. And Bertrand picks up because he's like, he's like, all of a sudden he starts to identify with the Planet of the Apes marathon. That happens to me. It's like dawn of the Planet of the Apes, before the Planet of the Apes, after the Planet of the Apes, and turn inside the Planet of the Apes. But the whole time, the thing is like the, he, he he's identifying with both the human and the simian uh, intelligent creatures. And he's like, that they're caught in this dance, and it's like for dominance. And they're caught in this dance for like who was here first, or whose fault is all this? And Bertrand's like, oh, I don't, I don't. He was like, I think, uh, you know, and he starts talking to insects. He's like, I and then letting them free. He's like, I don't know why I started cap- capturing insects, but I need to let you go. Because, uh, you, you know, we crash landed on my planet. And, uh, you know, a lot of times the insects came and get back out of the web once they're in it, unfortunately. And then Bertrand's lizard, you know, lizard insect brain takes over. He just eats them. But this whole thing was, like, confusing to Bertrand. And uh, what had happened was, though, after the other spider left, he was really freaked out. He's like, I don't I think it's Bertrand's, like he tells other spiders, because the daddy long legs, they do socialize. I mean, but just when we're not around, probably at night, in some sort of like a crawl space, or I don't know, someplace, and they, you know, have parties and stuff. So it's like, it's Bertrand. And the other spiders are like, well, tell me about what he was acting like. like. He's like, he was talking nonsense about the 80s, that he loved the 80s, and and then he was telling me, you know, Jimmy cracked corn and he doesn't care. And then he would just cackle. And then he was asking me if I was head of the household and uh, if I need to, if he needed to go down any water slides. Or the next thing I know, he's asking me if I have any room under my salary cap. I'm like, Bertrand, what's going on with you? He goes, so I, he goes, I just snuck up on him last night. He's like, he looks hungry. He's talking to insects. He's not eating the insects. You know, we, we gotta do some. I mean, we gotta we gotta do something. We can't just let them. Uh, and this other insect, this wiser, not insects, daddy long like This guy's like the daddy of the daddy long legs. They called him uh, oddly enough, Big Daddy Long Leg, which was you. Which luckily they were like, he's like, don't tell him you're Big Daddy because he's like, he'll think you're. He, he's, he'll think you're Big Daddy Kane, and I'll be like back on the. You know, the UMTV Raps tribute show and with Ed Lover and the other guy. And that's going to be really confusing. So don't do that. So they're like, okay, we won't do that. And then he's like, don't mention anything about wrestling. And then he tries to, he tried to body slam me. Like daddy, the big daddy along likes like, don't worry. Cause he's just watching. This is definitely a too much TV situation. He goes, you know, we enjoy our, each other's company. We're extroverts. Some, some of us, daddy long legs are introverts, but he's like, you know, because when this TV gets the hooks in him, he's like, he's been overexposed, probably TV on all the time. And, uh, they're like, well, what, we, what should we do? And, uh, but daddy goes, well, it's a pretty abnormal situation. And he goes, I don't like to tell spiders how to do things. 
that would freak humans out because then then the then they'll he's like we don't want to be on their radar right because we don't bite and we don't really when we stay in our little corners you guys do the four corner technique right no like, oh yeah yeah well yeah you can actually uh you can take over a human pretty easy goes i don't know if you've seen ratatouille he goes, I don't want to get it. He's like, it's nothing like that, but except for the controlling part. He goes, I don't know. Some people call it Ratatouille. He's like, I think it's Ratatouille. But uh, yeah, the movie where the mouse is the chef. And the guy's like, well, I think it's a rat Ratatouille. No, Ratatouille is the French cuisine they make in the movie. He's like, well, let's have whatever you say, you're the big daddy. He's like, don't worry, I'll go in the house. I'll control one of the humans shut that TV off. And then he goes and he tries to do it. TV won't go off. And so then he's like, oh boy, what do, what, what kind of house is this that has a TV that doesn't go off? Pulls the plug, TV still won't go off. And then this big daddy long legs like, holy mackerel. What is going, there's some sort of, uh, this is some sort of possessed TV of just wants to play TV all the time. And then maybe that's why the channels were always change, changing. And he looks around for Bertrand. Bertrand's gone. And uh, Big Daddy sits the person down in the chair. Next thing you know is Bertrand's in the TV. And not I'm not talking about like inside it, like like virtually inside the TV. And he's he's dancing and he's like singing songs. And he's like he's on the set of like uh but the you know, designer dog houses. He's He's like, uh, and the people on the show think it's perfectly normal, but even though he's a daddy long, like he's like life size, like, well, you know, I think we should, uh, for Fido, you know, he's like, I think we, Fido's a little uh, lackadaisical, so we're going to use some uh, warm, warm colors to inspire him to play more. And, but we're going to do white on the roof because that'll reflect the sun, keep it cool inside for Fido. Now, uh, but, but Fido's owners, they they don't like the uh, they don't like the idea of the w- w- roof huh, roof get it get it that's a little pun they don't they're roofing about the roof for their dog but uh, so uh, yeah don't mind me I'm a daddy long leg so I'm gonna spin a web and then I'll just wrap him in the rat web and we can do what we wish next thing Burgeon's Bert, on like Big Brother he's voting people out he's making out with girls. And the girl's like, I never made out with a spider before. And Bertrand's like, you're drunk. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm so wasted. And Bertrand's like, yeah, this is an ethical issue. They give us unlimited alcohol. Oh, it's not unlimited. It's only if you win it with something. Oh, yeah. Is, it, is this soft scripted or is this uh, straight reality? This shows straight reality. Wow. Well, your lips are reality to me, babe, for a kiss like a spider woman. Next thing you know, he's on BBC Question Time, and he's like uh, making a fuss about some Scottish referendum. Says he's from the Highlands. He's acting like a a warrior. He sees like he's coming down. He's shaming people. He's uplifting. He gives this uplifting crying, and uh, he gets elected to some the House of Lords. But that's like it. And that's a reality show, Spider Lord, they called it. This all happened in like seconds. Like somehow, I guess like 
maybe he got a whole oh dear i gotta go check the i better check the garage for the roost bolton game of thrones fantasy time machine but i can't right next i gotta finish this podcast but maybe he got a hold of that but uh it's all right i keep all the flayed men uh well actually runs on ruining roost bolton but uh so then next thing you know this this big daddy long legs like transfixed by the tv and plus he's never seen a uh big daddy i mean a daddy long leg on tv before so he's noticing this emotional connection he's never had so he like wanders out he tells every big daddy long leg they got to come in this house and uh they start watching the bertrand the bertrand's on every show he's on the top chef he's in ratatouille he's in kitchen nightmares he's in butter or whatever uh what do they call it like cake cake makers and uh, he's on uh, Corked. He's on like some of a makeover shows where he's like uh, throwing people's wine bottles like right on the floor. And then uh, he's on, he's like taking LeBron to school. And he's on like spidering LeBron, like where he's mentoring LeBron. Cause he's like, this guy's just still a kid. He's yelling at people on ESPN. This is still a kid. Maybe a man, but he's only whatever, 20, I don't know how old he is, 28, 26, still a young man. So you're treating him like he's 40. Leave him alone. Let him do, can't people make any mistakes anymore? Then Bertrand's trying to Alice say, meanwhile, the spiders, the world word gets around to all these daddy long legs. The people of the house have been zombified by the daddy long legs. House is packed with Daddy Longlegs. Daddy Longlegs crossing the country. People are wondering if there's like a typhoon coming or earthquakes. All these Daddy Longlegs are packing in. People, insects are insect populations increasing. Kind of like this whole bee thing, because you know, people are like, "Where did the Daddy Longlegs go?" Then they find the somebody actually goes in this house, finds it full of billions of Daddy Longlegs, and then the. You know, everybody goes crazy. They, you know, they deal with the day long legs in a not present, pleasant way. Next thing you know, worlds without daddy long legs. A sad, sad, sad tale. Uh, but guess what? No one, I hate to be a bearer of bad news. No one cared. We went right out with our lives. <laughs> Sorry, daddy long legs, but, uh, yeah, you, because I, like I said, I was in the future. I traveled back. No one, everyone was like, "What? What? The, the, we don't got Daddy Long Legs anymore? You're kidding me?" Oh yeah, you're right. I had, I hadn't noticed we were missing Daddy Long Legs until you you informed me of that. And they'd be like, "Hey, Bernie, did you hear about this?" Well, what? What? Yeah, there's no more Daddy Long Legs. Wait, what? Daddy Long Legs? Well, where are those? Remember those spiders with the long legs that didn't do nothing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. I haven't seen one in a while. Yeah, they're gone. Like forever? Like a carrier pigeon? Exactly. Huh. That's too bad. Uh, what, what got rid of them? TV? TV got rid of daddy longs. It's a long story. You'd have to. It's boring. But, uh, yeah. And then that, was, that would be like a common thing. You'd be like, uh. 
just be a common thing. It would come up with conversations uh, that I'm just trying to stretch out for some boring reason, like be like, oh, dear. Um, well, let's see. Do you want to say prayers, honey? Yes, I do. And I want to say pray for the carrier pigeons. Well, can't pray for them, honey. They're extinct. Oh, and I want to pray for the daddy. Well, daddy long legs. What, what do you mean? Well, the daddy long legs are extinct too, mommy. No, they're not. No, yeah, mommy. Then uh, uh, four years ago, they were extincted. No. Oh, wait a second. You're right. When was the last time I saw a daddy long leg? Huh. You'd think there'd be like a greater. How'd you hear about that? Oh, my teacher told us. And is there, there's got to be some bigger environmental consequence of that, right? No, mommy. And the teacher said it just like happened. Yeah, I mean, there's not any more insects in this house, uh, and uh, you know, well, it's too bad. Ah, <coughs> uh, yeah. Uh, uh, can I? Uh, yeah. Uh, this is a daddy long leg. This is total. This is a made up story. Just so you know. Good night. So yeah, that was the story. It was a made up story uh, under threat of. Uh, what do, you, what do you? What would you, Daddy Longlegs, do to me if I said the story was real? No, it's a story. I'm not. The Daddy Longlegs are intimidated by me saying that no one would miss them. No people would miss you. I love you guys. I saved one of you. So yeah, that was a story about uh, Bertrand, the Daddy Longleg that watched too much TV. Um, turns out, <laughs> moral of the story, fortunately, is that. No one would miss Daddy Longlegs in a good or a bad way. So if you're a Daddy Longleg and you're listening, it's neutral. Um, it's not a bad thing. Like, like at least it's not like, a, oh, great, those jerks are gone. So, yeah, you can still sleep tonight. And if you're a Daddy Longleg fan, just admit you should appreciate them more, okay? All right, so you guys get all get a good night's sleep. And I will talk to you real soon, okay? Good night. All right, so it's trending Twitter Tuesday. I'm booting up Twitter right now. I'm going to take a picture. All right, so there is one, two, three, five, six, seven, eight. Okay, so it, there's, there's the usual things on Twitter, but there was the tragedy in the, in the Ukraine with this Malaysian Airlines flight. And I'm, I'm not, um, there's three things on Twitter related to that. So we're not going to use those in the story. And it's a terrible tragedy, so, you know, let's just keep our thoughts and our minds and our energy and our prayers or whatever, um, vibes, force, whatever you use, you know, th think about the people that are suffering and that are affected by that that tragedy. And also let it um, maybe stir up some gratitude for all the things we do have. Uh, and we have this community, I have you guys that are listening to this podcast. And you guys have all the wonderful stuff that's going on in your lives. All the wonderful stuff that is going on in your lives. And those are things we forget. Um, I guess I don't really know what else to say. Uh, so, yeah. Okay, and with that, with that gratitude in mind, I'm going to try to get you guys to fall asleep. I'm going to help you fall asleep. So we're going to talk about a story. We're going to do a story tonight. So, with Sweden winning this international showdown, it, was made, it made me think of this strange story I have. 
that we could talk about tonight on Trending Twitter Tuesdays. Uh, it has a little bit to do with Sweden. And it was like, um, there was this one time, this is a story about a seance. And it's not one of those creepy seances. This is actually a, uh, more of like a strange, non-scary seance. So if you have any scared bones in your body, this is not one of the scary ones. Um, but I got invited to this, uh, seance this one time by this group of people that I barely knew. Uh, what had happened was, uh, I was taking this community college class at this community college. I had been taking classes there. And then one, one time, like one thing I haven't been always good at is that when the classes would start at the beginning of semester, I was only taking one class and it would be at night and I wouldn't write it down after I signed up online or whatever. And so I wouldn't know, of course, I wouldn't know the classroom and I wouldn't know the time and I'd be trying to find it on my phone and then be trying to, just like in a dream, but this would be in reality. And what would I, and I'm, this isn't like I'm not a 20, 20, 20 year old college student anymore. I'm, a, I'm supposed to be a grown up and I'm taking these classes after work to learn how to do stuff like write stories, uh, screenwriting or different other stuff. Berkeley City College was this college I, I was taking classes at. What happened was, this is an exaggeration that happened a lot to me. But so this one particular time, I was like, oh, so this class started 6.30 or 7.30 or 7. And then I was looking for it. And again, it was like, a, is this 3.41 or 4.31? I can't remember. So I go to class in 4.31. And I sit down in the back, and I'm, of course, I was like, I guess seven, but the class had started either. I think it started at six, and then I knew the class. I was like, oh, I hope this class starts at six thirty. So I sat down in the back, and then uh, I was kind of like, took me like I had drank a coffee when I was still drinking the coffee, so I was like a little bit, and I was anxious, so I was a little bit fired up, so my ears were pounding. And so by the time I calmed down, I realized that most of the people were speaking in French. It was like some sort of French conversation class. And then I was afraid to get up because the professor had already given me kind of a look when I came in. Like, who the heck is this person? And I also realized that this was the second class. It wasn't even the first one where this kind of behavior might be tolerated. And so since I was an hour late, um, after about five or ten more minutes, I think it was a three-hour class. It probably went from six to nine. And I was thinking it went from seven to ten or seven to whatever. I was late. So the class breaks up. And uh, they take a break, smoke break, whatever. And then the professor comes up. Now, the professor was uh, um, like an older woman. She spoke French. I'm not sure if she was from France. But she says, oh, you come late to my class. She was kind of pissed. And I was like, you know what, ma'am? I'm so sorry. Like, I am supposed to be in, uh, like, uh, I think it was camera operator, something or other, which I never ended up going to ever. I don't know. I think I went to it. Like, so I ended up going to that class, but I was like an hour and a half late. 
And then, of course, they didn't drop it in time. So I still, I probably still owe them money for that class, as a matter of fact. But so, yeah, I'm like, no, no, I'm so sorry. You know, I'm not even in this class. And then she was telling me how wonderful French was. And I said, oh, so. And I ended up, she's like, oh, I'm going to go get a coffee. Where'd you like, your coffee smells good. And I said, oh, let's go to this place. I know, um, I was running here and I was wondering if I was late, but I still found time. We had a laugh. I said, I'll buy you coffee. Ended up her name was Elaine. And we started talking. I'm like, man, you really look familiar. And she, I was like, what, you know, she's like, well, they, you know, professor. And then, oh no, then some of the shops like, oh, professor Stritch. I'm like, like you're Elaine Stritch. Like, like you're like a New York city comedian. And then she's laughing, and then she's like, no, 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 no. You know, but she tells me that she's related to that Elaine Stritch by marriage. Like, she was married to Stritch, this woman. Like, her husband was Stritch. I think uh, Bernard Stritch. So somehow I was like a cousin of a cousin, so she was related to Elaine Stritch. And um, sort of talking. And then we sit down with a couple of students. And, you know, French accents are very... They're nice. Ah, and they're talking, they're laughing. And it's like a, it's like a heady atmosphere where I'm almost like, I feel like I'm in a cafe in France. And then I, you know, I'd forgotten about the other class. I was even supposed to be at, like I said. And then, um, and a couple of kids, it was Elaine Stretch, Professor Stretch, who's probably 54. And a couple of young college kids, 20s, myself, a general age, and then uh, another, was there another person? I don't know. But so we're having this conversation and then something comes up about uh, ghosts or something. And Elaine's like, oh, I, you know, my friend is a, uh, is like a seer. See, I think S-E-E-R, like a seer. I never even thought about that seer, like a seer. But but anyway, she's like, I'm going to have this, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? It's a seance at my house. And she's like, well, she's like, why don't we do that as a group project? The kids are saying because they had to have some, because they had to do like a, a activity project. And they were supposed to, I guess, Professor Stritch, she liked being invited to him. So they were like, we'll do this. Can we do the seance in French? And she's like, oh, well, whatever, bon or whatever, I don't know, some nice French term. And they were like, they, the kids, the, since I was in the class, everyone but Stritch thought I was a, a fluent in French and probably Frenchman. And, of course, I'm more than willing to, oh, so, oh, 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 oh. that's what I was doing. And then me and I, me and Miss Stritch were giving each other laughing looks. And I was having a little fun. Oh, bon. Oh, bon, 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 don. Like, I'd just do that. I'd never say anything. And they'd be like, do you, they'd really ask me, oh, do you believe in paranormal stuff? And so they set this date and I was invited. And I was like, you know, all right, this guy, I mean, who knows what could happen at this thing? And maybe there'll be some, like, French uh, bon enfants. I don't know what, what, I don't even know what that means, but uh, beautiful women, beautiful French women. 
which are, uh, you know, that's like a thing that, uh, people say, I don't, I don't you're always like, mm, so whatever. So we set this up, boom, I'm not going to mess around. So this, uh, Friday night comes and, uh, it's, uh, the night of the big seance. So I go over to Mrs. Stritch's house, or Professor, uh, she, she's Mrs. Stritch, I guess. I didn't meet Bernard. He wasn't there, but, uh, so I go over to Stritch's house. That's what I call, I, I don't know. Stritch is a good last name. Probably for a guy, it might be a, I don't know, but Stritch, that's what I call her, Stritch or Stritcher. So I go over to Stritch's house and she's like, we've become friends already. We're texting each other. And she's like, oh, fuck. she's like, are you, the kids aren't going to fall for that. And, uh, yeah, I was like, well, I'm like interested in the seance stuff to begin with. And, uh, I was like, so can you do some kind of interpretation or what? She's like, oh, I think about it. I think about it. And she's like, ah, oh, you like my friend, uh, the name of the woman performing the seance's destiny. And so I'm like, cool. So this other woman comes destiny and she, she was, uh, Professor Stritch's age. Really nice woman. Not French. She was a Swede. And she's like, uh, American Swedish. I don't have a, I don't do a Swedish accent because I wouldn't even, yeah, yeah. But I'm not sure if that's even Swedish. So, but she was like, uh, I guess I'll do a fake accent just so to, to, to separate her from stretch. But so she's like, Dime, Dime, Destiny. Okay. And, uh, we do this. And I was like, we're waiting for the students. Of course, the students show up late. And they show up with all this champagne. And I'm like, yeah, I don't drink anymore, but whatever. Uh, they, I start drinking fuzzy, fizzy water, and they're drinking champagne and smoking cigarettes. And Destiny's like, oh, what do you do? And I say, oh, uh, not much. You know, I'm pretty, 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 uh, nothing, not much at all. I'm here Friday. This is like the best Friday night I've had in a while. Potential uh, contact with the other side. Oh, yes. Oh, you, you, uh, oh, no, wait. That was one of the French people that was doing that. So that Destiny's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going. You, uh, so Stritch say you, you like to call Stritch. And I say, yeah, yeah. Oh, you like to write, huh? You're, you're a writer? I'm a writer? I go, oh, no, I'm not a writer. Like, I was like, I'm trying to learn screenwriting. But I have to, I'm not sure if I can do it or not. I've been trying. And I'm not there yet. I know that. I've been reading stuff. And I've been working on it. And, uh, but then she's like, no, 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 you, I'm writing. I am writing. It's a thing on the Twitter. And I go, I don't know. I don't know that. Um, but yeah, no, I'm trying to write. I am writing. Uh, I am. So, and she, oh, no, never mind, never mind. So then, like, the two students are there. One is Brent and the other is Becca, which is a little bit confusing. I was like, are you guys related, Brent and Becca? Like, oh, no, no, so, so, I guess a couple. No, 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 no. Becca was cute. She was cute. Was, and she's like, Becca with one C. And I was like, that's good to know because I know a lot most Beccas are double C. Becca, B-E-C-C-A. Like, you're just Becca. And I'm like, are you Elizabeth? Becca, what is that short for again? Rebecca. And she's like, yeah, no, I'm just Becca, B-E-C-A. And then I say, uh, oh, I tried that. Uh, so I thought, 
oh, you are finer than a croissant, Becca. And she's just looked at me. And then Brent's like, sit down. And then Becca and Brent are like, you know, live tweet the seance, I guess. So Becca's like, oh, DM me, Brent. And like, if you, you know, to, you know, when, when we're ready to start. And then I was like, well, wait a second. Wait, wait are you guys using a hashtag? And they're like, I don't know. And I'm like, croissant seance? I'm like, no, no, seance from France. I'm like, how about that France seance? So then we start the seance, and it's like in French and English. So I'm just going to give you uh, the English version because the French version, if you think the English version's confusing, it should have been there for French. But so this woman, Destiny, she starts doing a, she starts, uh, you know, we go, Light candles, and we join our hands, and so, 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 we open up, something like that. And they're doing this, so, so. Then I'm like, is it better if I pretend I'm French? Because they're all speaking in French. And then there's like, a, so, so, frere, jaca, frere, and then, um, like Becca's like, Becca, Unica, Becca, Unica. She starts saying stuff. She starts saying stuff that doesn't make any sense. Like, Becca, so Becca, so Becca, oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, I don't know what she's saying in French, and I don't even know if it was French or gibberish or tongues. Then she stops, and then Destiny, like, goes, Oh, so I've made contact. I made contact with the other side. It is a French, Frenchman. Is a Frenchman, and she says, uh, she says, uh, and everyone kind of gets nervous, but it wasn't scary nervous. It was like, so I'm like, like Becca's like, kind of seems like she needs some, so I'm like, uh, like Becca's like, I say hello, like, so I take over kind of because I think Becca was like becoming the medium, and I guess maybe I never paid enough attention to seances. It's probably like a team thing. Because if someone becomes like they're crossing over or whatever and bringing something back, they need something. So I, I take over. And this is, again, my first seance, first uh, multilingual seance. So I'm like, uh, hello, hello, someone there? Who's all I mean? And someone's like, what's up, what's up? And then the person's like, whoa, what's up, what's up? And I go, hi. I go, hi. hey, it's me. How you doing? Who, who's there? And I go, oh. And there's kind of some muttering and then some weeping. And then the person's like, uh, Waterloo. So Waterloo. And I said, Oh, Waterloo, eh? And, uh, I'm like, okay. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, every, no one else is helping me. And I'm like, Oh, you, you, you like Waterloo? Oh, no, 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 it's not Waterloo. And then I'm like, okay, like, I think I, I'm not sure I know it that well but i was like give me a second so i'm like ba da 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 do da 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 do da da za da ba 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 oh whoa whoa i'm like that waterloo so that waterloo i said okay okay and then i'm like i don't know if i know the lyrics so i'm like pulling trying to be slick and pull out my phone Waterloo, Napoleon did surrender, no, surrender, oh yeah. 
like, Mama, at Waterloo, Napoleon did surrender. I think, I'm not sure if I have it. Is that the way you're talking? Oh, son, Napoleon, father. I'm like, oh, I'm like, the first part's too harder for me to do. Am I and I'm like, Destiny, is this how? I'm like, oh, they had Destiny in there too. I'm like, but Destiny, is that how I'm supposed to do it? She doesn't, she's in the zone. And then I'm like, okay, let me see if I can. I'm like, and then I have the lyrics on my, the history book on the shelf is always repeating itself. A Waterloo. And then I, I mean, I can't help it. That's one of the songs you get up and I'm playing it on my phone, which I can't do here because there's laws. But I was defeated. You won the war. Waterloo. Repentant love is love me. You never knew. Gonna get out of a fight of you. What? And then the person does it. What's up? Wow. Something in French. I don't know. There's a no ball am for And I said, okay, okay, hold on. Calm down. And, uh, and then they like, so finally, like, uh, either Becker, finally, like, they snap out of it. And they're like, he's, I'm like, what's he saying? And they're like, he's demanding to know, um, what what are you talking about? Like, he wants to know what you're talking about. And I'm like, I'm talking about Waterloo. I'm like, what do you what do you mean? And they're like, well, what, what do you mean? I'm like, the song Waterloo. And I'm like, okay, let's go, let's go through. The, I'm like, he wants to know more about Waterloo? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're like, he wants to know what you're talking about. Okay, I'm like, all right. I'm like, my, my, at Waterloo, Napoleon did surrender. Oh, yeah. Now I've met my destiny in quite a similar way. The history book on the shelf is always repeating itself. Like so, history repeats itself. Waterloo, I was defeated. You won the war. Waterloo, promised to love you forevermore. Waterloo, couldn't escape if I wanted to. And then the person starts crying while I'm doing this, but they're like saying he's saying more and more. Waterloo, knowing my fate is to be with you. Waterloo, finally facing my Waterloo. My mind tried to hold you back, but you were stronger. Oh, yeah, and now it seems my only chance is giving up the fight. And how could I ever refuse? I feel like, and I'm trying to read it, but I'm like, feel like I win when I lose. A Waterloo, I was defeated, you won the war. And he's crying again. Waterloo, promise you love me forevermore. Oh, whoa, 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 a Waterloo. Couldn't escape if I wanted to. Waterloo. And I'm already off. No, my fate is to be with you. Whoa, 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 Waterloo. Finally facing my Waterloo. And I'm like, you know, that's it, man. That just repeats itself, I think. No, wow, wow. What do you mean? What, what is the meaning of this? Like, well, it's like a song about um, a person that can't get out of a bad relationship. They just keep repeating the same mistake. They're interpreting. And then, again, like, Destiny is like, well, she's kind of hunched down. And then Brent's like, I think I think this is Napoleon. And I was like, like, I'm like, Napoleon, Napoleon Dynamite's like a fictional character, dude. He's like a Napoleon that. The Emperor Napoleon. I'm like, oh. I'm like, okay. I'm like, uh, all right, well, my history's not so great. And then 
they're, they're saying he wants to know more. So I'm like freaking out my phone. I'm like, all right. I'm like, hold on, bro. So he's like, what is this Waterloo you speak of? Is basically what he's saying. So I'm like, what's a f- song by ABBA? ABBA. And it's a Swedish uh, like pop group. And I was like, oh, I guess they, I'm looking at my phone there. It's like uh, they entered the 1974 Eurovision Song Contest, which I've heard of, but I'm not super familiar with it. And that brought them to fame. And it was like, Abba, this is Abba's song to fame. And he's like, smashes the table. Like, they stole him. I don't know. And I was like, believe it or not, the song used to be called Honey Honey, according to Wikipedia. Like, this was their first number one hit. It was one of the best-selling singles of all time. Like, the year before in the Eurovision Song Contest, they came in third with Ring Ring. So Eurovision Song Contest, song contest sounds cool. It's a song that uh, Wikipedia says a song about surrender to romance. I guess like surrender and giving up, so, like, but not in a good sense. I don't think surrender. And then this is what I'm saying, not just as a podcast. I'm saying it to them. And, like, ah, ah, ah. and I was like, yeah, the original song title was Honey Pie. And it was, uh, they decided to change it to Disco X, disco esque rhythm rhythms. Usually, I guess, dramatic ballads win this Eurovision Song Contest, but this one, this time, this did it. And I was like, this is a song that launched ABBA to the world. And then I was like, do you believe, Napoleon, that this was the only Eurovision song to reach the top 10 in 15 countries? And he's like pounding the table, and then he wants to know, he's like, what is this ABBA? And uh, and I guess I haven't changed. I mean, this isn't, this, this story's not that old, but... I was like, weren't you on like Malta or something? Or uh, And they're saying, shut up. He wants to know about this ABBA. And I'm like, well, it's like a Swedish group. I, I don't know, 70s. They're like power pop. I, I'm like, I don't know that. I'm not a, we're versed in music. But I was like, uh, they're saying, Waterloo, ba-da-ba-boo, ba-da-ba-da-boo, whoa-whoa. And I was like, I don't, I, I don't know. Some of the, I was like, you're putting too much treasure on me. I can't name any other. I'm like, winter takes it all. I'm like, there's one about the winter takes it all, but um, I don't know. It'd take me a minute to get, and what, what do you, what more do you want? And then he's just saying, Abba, 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 Waterloo, Abba, Waterloo. Believe it or not, it's time for a little break. Ladies and gentlemen, do you have a marriage? Or do you have a marriage with FX? We here at Marriage Special Effects like to take your marriage to the next level. Our team of green screen experts, scene painters, graphic designers will take a normal marriage and add a bunch of stuff to it, like explosions and better bodies and robots and lasers and Dragons, whatever you wish, we'll take your marriage and we'll make it special. Here at Marriage FX, we take marriages that are dull and we reinvigorate them via green screen. And we can dress you up in those things with the golf balls. We have special terms for them, but I know I'm not trying to speak, speak in a business lingo here because I'm here to pitch you and your marriage on you know, we'll make robotic copies of, what do you call them? Motion capture copies of you and your wife, or you and your husband, or you and your your significant other. 
put you in a computer, and we'll make it crazy. We can make you have everything you'd ever dreamed of. Your marriage FX, where we put the FX in marriage, specially for you. Marriage FX. So he's like, back to the story. So he's like pounding the table. Abba, and like the kids are like, I think he wants more. Abba, Abba, what? I'm like, okay. And I'm like, uh, Stretch, you play the piano? And she's like, no. I'm like, you do now. And I'm like, figure out how to play because uh, there's a piano. And I'm like, start playing. Do uh, do. So she starts playing the piano from the uh, winter takes all. It's like, bing, bum, bum, bum. Bum, 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 bum. Because I'm the guy, that's the only ABBA song for some reason I can think of. Uh, which is, I mean, amazing now. Like, it's like, why couldn't you think of more? So then I'm like, uh, so she's playing, and I go, I don't want to talk because you want to. Though it's hurting me, now it's history. Boom, bam, 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 boom, bam, bam, bam. But, you know, I'm not, I don't really know something like that. And then I'm like, oh, wait, it goes, the winner takes it all. The loser takes a fall. The winner takes it all. And I just keep saying that. And then uh, he starts singing it. I think the guy, Napoleon, uh, Destiny's like singing it in French. And she keeps just repeating that. And then he's like, ah, when it takes it all, those it takes off. And I think he thought I was making fun of him. And he's like, Wesley Blucher, Wesley Blucher, blah, blah. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And he's saying, ah, blah, blah. And then it looked like, it wasn't going well for Destiny because she's like yelling in French, like a a small French dictator. And and to be honest, I don't like being yelled at by anybody, even if it's in a seance. Um, so I, I gotta tell myself to calm down because I'm about to lose it. So I'm okay. Calm down. Let's calm down, and uh, let's use the skills we've learned on doing this podcast. I might be being yelled at by a Napoleon Bonaparte at a French language seance, but I don't have to overreact here. So I said, okay, we're calm. And then it says, it keeps yelling. And they're like, what are you going to do? Like The students are starting to get worried. Stritch was drunk on champagne, so she really didn't care. And she was still playing the piano terribly. So I'm like, Stritch, cut it out with the piano. Mona me or whatever. Well, I don't know. Whatever good for, I don't know. So I'm like, all right, everybody clear the room. It's just going to be me and uh, Destiny and Napoleon. And I was like, you guys can listen close, but, you know, get out. And and then, uh, but I was like, I might need you, you know, pull me off, off of Destiny if Napoleon gets too crazy. And then back end, Brandon, like, oh, we have pr- practice for kids' choice sports or something. Well, you know, I was like, oh, we got to watch the kids' choice sports or ask something. I was like, whatever, you're weak, kind of French. Whatever, go go tell your friends that this went horribly awry because I was talking about ABBA to Napoleon. So then I go, listen, Napoleon, uh, 
I, I don't know, stretch, maybe stretch. I mean, I can't remember because then, like I said, when I lose my temper, I get a little nutty. Maybe stretch was uh, doing, it felt like I was talking right in Napoleon. So if you're in your imagination zone, that's what it felt like in reality. But it was a woman, a Swedish woman. So I'm like, listen, Napoleon, calm down. You're upset. I know you had, I know you got abdicated and shipped off to Malta or the Isle of whatever. And uh, to be honest, I was not paying a lot of attention to history class. So I don't know a whole lot about you. And people kind of, yeah, but this was like a metaphor, this whole ABBA thing. And, uh, and he's still saying ABBA over and over. And then I'm like, okay, now I know this, I'm not going to go down controversy lane here because it's based on my ignorance. But I was like, maybe this will help him out. I was like, uh, Napoleon, I don't know anything about the other side, but I know there used to be this man, that historical man that walked on earth named Jesus Christ. And, you know, there's religions about him. And I don't know what religion you were, but it doesn't really matter because one Jesus, he was a Jew. He was a practicing Jew. But now there's these, all these other religions based on him. And the, all those religions are trying to get to the same, you know, they're different languages. Like we're speaking French, you know, like tonight we're speaking French and English and Swedish and Swedish pop. But we're, we're still trying to communicate with each other about something we don't understand, which is the strange seance thing. So I go, you know, Jesus might have been a Jew. There might be Christian Christian religions now based on Jesus. But one lesson I was taught by a wonderful teacher named Elizabeth Johnson, who wrote some fine books about Jesus and was a fine teacher. Now, this is not stuff you have to believe in religiously, Napoleon. But when it comes to Abba, and this might just be selective memory, but I'm pretty sure that at least I learned. Maybe it's just what I wanted to learn. Maybe it helps me. I mean, I'm not even, I don't even go to church in Poland. What I'm telling you is that what I learned in this class or what I heard, maybe it wasn't being taught, maybe it's just what I made up, is that Abba means daddy. And yeah, I looked on the internet and it's inconclusive. But that doesn't mean I don't believe it. And that Jesus was this Jew trying to reform this idea of uh, Abba or as God as a patriarchal um, type hardline dude to someone more like a daddy. And I'm not talking about a strange daddy. I'm talking about like a, a person that's going to take good care of you, Napoleon, and say, hey, you know, maybe I'm just one version of your God. You know, in Westeros, they got seven gods. And maybe this is just one face of, I know there's such stuff like every, every, everybody's got their own language of interpreting it. But this is one way to look at it is that this is your, this is daddy. And he's saying, Hey, Napoleon, I'm going to keep you safe because I'm Abba. I'm your papa. Kind of like Alan Partridge was an alpha papa, but this guy, this guy's more of a god. So he's got a little more on top of it than Alan Partridge who's played by the uh, wonderful Steve Coogan. I don't know if you see any Steve Coogan where you're at, Napoleon. I'm the other side, but I love Steve Coogan. Um, one of my one of my heroes, uh, honestly. 
Alpha Papa was this uh, Alan Partridge movie, but Papa, Abba, Daddy. So there's someone out there that's like your Abba who's looking out for you. And it might not be a Swedish pop band. It's just like a a term to say, hey, maybe you got the wrong God you're praying to. Or maybe that's just it. Your, your human mind is conceptualizing in this harsher way. And maybe this made-up version of Jesus that I... Maybe it's not made-up version of Jesus. Maybe this is based in fact. I don't know. I'm not a historian, Napoleon. I'm, I'm not even a pop historian. So I... Like, I just learning about this Eurovision Sign Contest, I feel like I'm late to the party. But I'm pretty sure that Jesus was trying to teach other Jews about this thing about Abba being your papa, your daddy. Saying, that guy wants you to say, hey, hey, come here, let me put my arm around you. And like a good daddy, you know, uh, a kind of a godlike ideal. Say, hey, sit down. I'm, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to keep you safe. I'm going to be there for you. I mean, that's what you need right now to calm you down, Napoleon. And sure, you might go back to the other side and find out that I'm uh, uh, not that smart. But I'm just trying to calm you down now and give you something to relax to. And I know you're getting bent out of shape about two ABBA songs. There's plenty more of the band ABBA. But those are nice songs. They have nice melodies. Even though you don't like the words, because one is using what ha- your failure as a metaphor for failure, final failure. That's like the failure of all failures. And I was looking, I was like, why did you wait so long? Like, why did you strike? You're waiting the ground to dry? Is that true? And, and they get started, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh, I'm just kidding, man. I'm just testing you because... Abba wouldn't care. He he doesn't care. He's going to protect you. Still loves you, even no matter what happened with the ground and the casualties, which maybe there shouldn't have been so many casualties. And maybe you want to, maybe you need to make some, make some changes in your afterlife for all the stuff that happened when you were running the big show in France there. But he's still, that, that's not going to bother your Abba, okay? Still going to be there. Still going to be loving you. Still going to be taking care. It might give you a spank on the bottom, but a fatherly uh, Abba spank. And I don't know if that's why Abba chose their name or it means something in Swedish or they just like the sound of it. Abba. Abba does roll off the Abba. It doesn't, you don't even need to use your tongue. Can you say that with me, Napoleon? Abba. You don't need to use your tongue. Abba. As a baby could say it, probably. Maybe that's why they picked it. It was just A-B-B-A, convenient. Uh, not sure, but uh, you know you're calmer now, Napoleon? You got your daddy waiting for you maybe somewhere to say, hey, Napoleon, it's okay. Wherever you were, Malta or Crete, I'm not sure where they put you, but uh, yeah, maybe you would have stomach problems. When you were a human, if you had someone that was there for you, I don't know if that, I don't, I don't really know enough about you. You you certainly seemed angry tonight and you almost got me angry, Napoleon, but I was able to calm down and that's it. Okay. So I'll speak French. There's no more games to play. Okay. Abba is going to take it all. 
tonight from you, okay? And the next thing you know, Stritch is passed out from the champagne. Um, it looks like Destiny is asleep. And I don't even know how long she had been asleep for because, you know, I was doing this whole trying to calm myself down, trying to calm Napoleon down with this ABBA stuff. And, I mean, who's going to get worked up about ABBA in the first place, the Swedish pop band, and ruin Swedish's win in the international showdown? But anyway, then it's like, and that's true, that, that maybe I learned that, maybe I'm misinformed. It's a nice concept of having some sort of higher power or God or spirit or whatever. And that's not everybody's cup of tea, man. Okay? It's not everybody's. But maybe it'll calm Napoleon down, okay? And maybe he'll be able to take that back to the spirit world. And maybe he's not going to be so bent out of shape about, you know, having the worst defeat in the history of defeats. So hopefully you didn't hear that. It's the end of the story. It's kind of a strange one. I just left the house with those two asleep. Uh, I blew out the candles, obviously. I mean, I'm not going to leave a house, a seance with candles out. Now, again, maybe looking back, it's like, was Elaine asleep on this side or the other side? I think maybe my podcasting skills brought her back to this side and pushed Napoleon back to the other side. So... Napoleon was in one of the uh, Bill and Ted Excellent Adventures, I think, too. So, yeah, that's it. Um, strange, strange stuff, but Sweden. You guys, Abba, you rock. You are the winners, and your country took it all. So congratulations, and I hope everybody gets a good night's sleep. Good night. All right, folks, it's uh, Trending Twitter Tuesday, and I'm, I'm doing this show a week ahead of time, so it's actually Tuesday. And I'm doing what's trending on Twitter. It's 7.22. When your sweet little ears, when this episode hits your sweet little ears, it'll be 7.29, I think. 7 plus 2 is 9, right? Or 7.28, something like that. It's uh, around 8 o'clock. So I'm booting up Twitter here. Nothing more exciting than listening to me fumble with my phone. But I have a uh, something slightly exciting. I mean, to me, it's very exciting is I'm not going to be doing the show tonight. And you know who is? Ladies and gentlemen, boys, well, again, boys and girls should not be listening to this, but proverbial boys and girls. Ray Perkins is here to take his, take on the mic and uh, and do his thing. And I'll be, you know, facilitating. But Ray's taking it. Ray, welcome. Hey. Hello, my friend. Hello. Hello. H- hello, everyone. It's your friend, Ray Perkins. Hello, Andrew. I mean, Scooter. So nice to be here for Trending Twitter Tuesday. Uh, do you have the Twitters ready for me? Okay. Thank you, Andrew. I mean, Scooter. Uh, um, now, did you tell them about what happened? No, Ray. What you, we don't do now, well, we're going to need to talk about it because i got to talk about day three now. Now, so I'm going to talk about uh, day three of my vacation, my lovely vacation. And Scooter here, we had a little mix-up about a week and a half ago. He had me in here, and I was talking, and I was talking, and, and talking about my trip. And uh, day two of my big trip to the Disney's Vacation Kingdom, Walt Disney World. And my friends... I guess there was some technical difficulties with the tech 
taping uh, to the flash drive. And, uh, or you, uh, what happened? Did you, uh, misplace my recordings on purpose? Uh, you poor boy. But the recordings were, uh, missing. Or the, they don't, Ram, there's a small chance I'll recover them. So this is a small chance. But, so we'll be talking about day three of my vacation. I'm going to hit, uh, hit, hit my friend here to pause the recording. I'm going to look at the Twitter and I will be right back. It's so good. It is so good to be here with you folks. And I'm so proud to be uh, honored by you people. With no, no one said anything nice on uh, any of the comments to me, but you know his father loves me. He, his father loves me as good as dad, and uh, so that's good. And uh, yeah, I, I can feel your your positive vibrations, everybody. Okay, one second. Okay, Ray Perkins is back here. I've I've shut off the phone, so that kind of defeated the purpose of uh, hitting pause. But let me take a look here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So, there's ten things. I don't see a a sponsored post, which is nice for once. Now, my friends, there's a couple things on here. I know last week there was the terrible accident. Well, I don't know if it was an accident, actually, with the Ukraine and the plane. And again, paralleling that poor incident is this terrible upheaval in the Middle East, in in Israel, and the Gaza Strip. And we just need to uh, send our hearts and our prayers and our minds. And if you got some dollars, you know, some extra money, you know, send it send it over there to somebody that's doing some aid for the the women and the children and the and the people water. Make sure everybody's got a water. But I, I'm not going to be doing any joking about that because that's serious business over there. And Ray Perkins, his uh, his heart hurts for all those affected everywhere by uh, violence. And uh, you know, I, I wish we could just. I wish. You know, I, I I wish we could all just get along just fine, but that's not the way the world works sometimes. And so we got to pray that this comes to a peaceful conclusion, and that's all we can do, my friends, is out of our control. And if you don't pray, you could say, uh, you know, you could say a nice thing to your neighbor and say, hey, you know, I hope this, uh, I cut you off there with the car, and I hope that comes to a peaceful conclusion. You know, spread some peace. You don't have to pray. You can do whatever you like. Ray's not a, a fundamental or person. Look at Ray. That's great. But um, okay, so I got to get on with the show. I'm so glad to be here. I'm a little, I'm going to have myself a drink of water and we'll start with my day three vacation. All right, Ray. So you're going to talk about uh, day three, your vacation. You know, let's just, let's just get started. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm uh, happy to be here again. My name is Ray Perkins. If you haven't met me before, I uh, was here a month or so ago talking about my vacation. And I'm going to be talking about day three of my vacation to the Disney Kingdom, Walt Disney World, just outside of uh, Orlando, Florida. I was there about uh, about six weeks ago or so, and I had a wonderful trip. So this is day three. And what happened was I had a wonderful day, too. We talked about it. The tape was lost, but I went to bed happy, and I woke up 
Like I said, I like to wake up early. Now, the day before, I had not woken up early, but we won't get into that at all. So my alarm goes off bright and early. I say, yeah, six o'clock in the morning. I go for a walk. I get a coffee at the, uh, I'm staying at the, uh, they told me I was pronouncing it wrong. But the bayou or some something or other, I can't remember. But uh, at the New Orleans Hotel, so I walk, wonderful walk, wonderful coffee. I spend a little time, I dip my feet in the pool. It's quiet. There's a mist. There's a watering going on of all the foliage and the beautiful. Now, that's one thing, you know, these people, when you talk about the Disney World thing, there's a lot of plants now, Ray. I'm no expert on plants or flowers or blooming things. But I could tell you that these people down there, the uh, Disney people, they must have a lot of people working there on the plants. And I barely ever see them. But you see flowers. You see uh, bushes, nice bushes. You see uh, uh, this I, I don't know. You know. Nice stuff. It's it's uh, I don't know if it's art, uh, artifice or uh, landscaping, but it's beautiful. But so not important. I take my coffee. I go back to my room. I uh, dry my feet off. You know, I had my flip flops on. I put on my uh, running shoes. Now, Ray, I don't run. I walk. But. uh I got some, myself some nice shoes because, like I said, you got to do a lot of walking down there. So I put on my shoes. I know it's going to be a lovely day. I can feel it inside. I've got on a Cool Max, a nice Cool Max shirt, a uh, college shirt because I like to look spiffy. And I feel spiffy. I don't know what it is in the air. But I get up. I, I got my magic band that I was telling you about that uh, opens your room. You pay for your food with it. You can... Uh, you get a couple rides. I check my phone. I know when I'm going to go on these rides, which we'll talk about. I go out, I catch my bus. Now, I told you about the bus, but this particular morning, I decide I'm going to go to the studios, the Disney Studios, which is like, uh, it's kind of like a copy of Universal Studios in uh, Los Angeles a little bit, but with a Disney twist. Now, I don't want to get into any finger pointing about who was first or whatever. Because I, like I told you, I hear this uh, Universal Studios Florida is a wonderful place and I will be going. I'm not just a, a, a Disney only person. But so I get on this bus, right? And I'm already feeling good. I'm feeling whistle. I'm literally whistling. Not now I'm not. Ray, Ray Perkins is not whistle Dixie. I'm not. I'm not. I find that I, I'm against whistling Dixie, to be honest with you. No offense to you. Uh, people that are into that stuff, but uh, I was just whistling zippity doo because as you may or may not know, I don't know, my oh my, I was expecting to have a wonderful day. So I get on the bus and uh, a couple gets on after me, uh, a couple about uh, 45, 50 years old, and they get in. Now that's, that's it, just me and this couple on the bus. Nice. It's, it's only going to one place. I say, how you doing? And this, these two people, they're snuggling up like they was uh, lovebirds on a high school 
you know, when you go park and you make out and stuff, but they're on, now they're not doing anything inappropriate. They're just in love. These two people were in love. And he says his name is Reggie and his wife is Regina, which I thought was just the cutest thing. I said, you, you, you know, God must have planned that or whatever you believe in must have planned that. And they say they have a laugh and they say, Reggie and Regina, you know, tell me about you're in love. What are you here for? Are you here to celebrate? And they telling me all this, uh, we're here to celebrate each other. And then he says, this is my little Roni. And I say, oh, like your little tender Roni, like Bobby Brown used to sing. And he has a laugh at me because I'm just a square looking guy. And Reggie looked like a pretty, uh, pretty, pretty together character myself. I'm not. And I don't think he thought I would know who Bobby Brown was. And then I lay it on him. I'm like, she's your tenderoni. But I know, and I'm like, I know I'm no Bobby Brown. Now, Whitney, I miss her. Let her rest in peace. Her disease took her away from us too soon. And I hope in my heart of my hearts that Bobby Brown is well. But then I'm like, okay, let's get back to Reggie and Regina and the Ronies. And I'm like, she's your tenderone. And they have a laugh. And the, we were having such a good time, I didn't even realize the bus is there at the at Disney Studios. And so I tell them, I said, oh, you know, you two lovebirds, just have a lovely day. And don't forget this, you know, when he doesn't do the dishes and... You know, she's in a bad mood and, you know, the stuff, you know, life can be hard. But just remember this moment and I want you to to have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your trip. Thank you because you have made my day brighter. Your love has shined on me like a, a Disney light with light effects. And then we get off the bus and I say they have some bags. I have no bags, so I don't got to stop at the bag check. So we go our separate ways. And the park is about to open in about uh, 15 minutes, so I get in. And I decide, Ray, you only had a coffee so far. Why don't you track down a little uh, a little treat for Ray? You're on vacation. And so uh, there's the uh, stuff. is that They got like a main street there. I don't, I, Hollywood Boulevard, I believe they call it. And it has a little shops and stuff. And... Uh, I go look around and I realize that there's a, a roll shop, a shop that sells breakfast. And and I'm like, oh, no, but they got the uh, rope up. But then they don't have the rope in front of the shop. So I go right in. I get myself a cinnamon roll. It's as big as my, bigger than my hand. I sing the whole nine yards. I get another coffee. I sit down. There's a bench. It's open. I have a seat on the bench. And I decide I'm going to plan my day out here. Because I have my uh, band, right? So let me tell you how the band works. You get three rides. Now, you don't get to pick any rides. But the thing at this Disney Studios is they have... Uh, so I'm sitting there on the bench. I'm drinking my coffee. I got about uh, 10 minutes now until the park opens. And I have my strategy because they have uh, the big three I like to call the rides here at the studios. They've got a Toy Story Midway ride where you shoot stuff with the... Like a laser beam, it's three-dimensional. It's very fun, very popular, so I have a reservation for that. Then they have uh, a rock and roller coaster, which is an indoor roller coaster with the loop-de-loops. I love that. And then they have the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, 
which if you're going to ask me what my top favorite rides are, that's going to be right at the top, right with Splash Mountain. The Twilight Zone Tower of Terror is a delight. Okay, so, and we'll get into the details, I'm sure. But so I have a reservation for uh, the Twilight Zone Tower. No, 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 what did I have? Oh, Ray, you do this every time. I know I have a reservation at uh, 11 o'clock to uh, 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock to go on the Toy Story ride. And then uh, 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock I have, I can't remember if it was the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror or the Rock and Roller Coaster. But so whatever, I'm going to wait for the park to open and I'm going to go on one first. The park opens at 9 and then I'm going to go on the other one, the Rock and Roller Coaster, the Tower of Terror. And there's plenty of other stuff to do in the studios, but those are the three rides you got to get out of the way when you get there. Then you don't have to worry about waiting in line. Or, uh, I mean, my, my main worry is how many times am I going to get to ride the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror? So, yeah, I think I have a reservation for the Terror. Um, but I can't remember now. But anyway, so I'm sitting there, I'm drinking my coffee, I'm eating my thing. And I see this beautiful little child crawling around on the ground. And she's just chasing two, three years old. And she's having the time of her life. And her family is laughing. And I think they're, they're speaking uh, Spanish. And that she's speaking barely. She's barely speaking. You know, she's just learning to speak uh, English, Spanish, whatever. And she's chasing a little uh, cockroach. And she's trying to catch it, and everybody's having a laugh, and she's saying, Coco Roach, Coco Roach. And at first we're all laughing like, what a silly girl, but she's chasing after it. And then I realize, because the cockroach comes up to my shoe, that it's not a joke, the cockroach. Someone dropped, like, a, I don't know, powdered donut cocoa on it, or the maybe they had that stuff you put on your coffee, the sprinkling cocoa powder. This cockroach is covered in cocoa, so it is a cocoa roach. So I pick it up. Everybody's like, oh, my God. I'm like, give me a break. It's a cockroach. It's not going to hurt you. And the little girl, she's squealing with delight. And I bring it over the family. I see, see, look, it's a real cocoa roach. And we all have a laugh. And it's like, they're like uh, the girl's name, she was a Lucy. They're like, oh, Lucy, Lucy, this is so funny. Yeah, cockroach, cocoa roach. And... We're all laughing, and then again, I hear the boom, 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 or something, something like that, and it's time for the park to open, and again, they do the rope where they walk it. Now, the uh, Twilight Zone Tower of Terror and the Rock and Roller Coaster at the end of Sunset Boulevard. There's another street in the studios, so we're led down there. And I go straight on to the Rock and Roller Coaster. That's my first ride. And it's uh, by Aerosmith. And they have a little pre-section where you... Bes- now, we talk about getting in the zone. Ray Perkins likes to get in the zone. I don't just go to these par- parks and ride the rides and say, woo, woo, woo. This premise of this ride is that you go into an Aerosmith concert behind the scenes in a limousine that has lost control or is driven by some maniac to get you to the concert. So me, Ray Perkins, I'm like, okay, I'm getting in the zone. Now I just don't, I take it to another level. I pretend that I've got a deal and I'm going to uh, 
get the Aerosmith to sign this magical deal. And when I do, I will uh, take possession of them. And they will just do my bidding. And I've tricked them into this. And I'm taking this limousine to collect my uh, my Aerosmith people. And then they will be mine like I'm some sort of evil genius uh, rock and roll executive. And so I go through the ride, and it's even more thrilling. Like It's like I'm an evil man, which I don't do evil. I don't do these kind of things very often, but it's a, it's a fun thing. And it's like a, it was just like there's very loud. There's rock and roller music from the Aerosmith. And it's indoors. You go upside down. There's a neon. And it's just fun. It's just a fun little ride. I get off, I'm like, you know, at the end of the roller coaster, it goes, when it stops, I get off this cheering. People are so happy, and there's multiple languages floating in the air. And I was right, I've, I've already had a roni and a cockroach, and now I've had a rock and roll experience where I took the souls of Aerosmith and put them in my pocket but I decided to let the ride ride the rest of the day. So then I go over to the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, folks. Now, this is where this Disney place. Now, they charge you, like I said, it's a fortune. It's unfortunate because it is so expensive. Now, they have this at Disneyland. I hate to break it to you. It's not quite as good as it is here in Florida because... It's supposed to be this old hotel now here in Florida, down in Florida. It's up on this little hill and it's got all this landscaping. And you really feel like you're going to this old Hollywood hotel that's been run down because it was cursed to some such thing. And you've got people in these bellhop uniforms. And uh, I get right in the zone that I'm some uh, person coming to revisit this legend of... Uh, this Hollywood hotel and I'm on some expensive overpriced tour where I'm risking my life to see these ghosts or whatever you'd call them. But so, uh, you get in line and then you go, you're going to take a elevator, the service elevator to check up on the people that went missing back in the 1930s when the hotel was struck by lightning and some sort of strange twilight zone action. And then you hear, you go in the room and you hear the guy from uh, the Twilight Zone, the cigarette smoker, what was his name? I forget, it escapes me. Fine man, fine voice, lovely television show. I'm a big fan. It used to be on the WPIX network. They would have a uh, Twilight Zone marathon every uh, New Year's or Christmas or some, some such thing. Now I think they do it on... Uh, some other channel, sci-fi or some such, I don't know, not whatever. But so you get in, I'm like, I'm in the, then you go in a boiler room and you're like in the bowels of the hotel. Really easy to get in the zone for this ride. People are a little frightened, nothing to be frightened of. Just thrills. Then you get in this elevator and my folks, it's just like an elevator that you sit down in. And then you go on an adventure. Now, I'm not going to ruin it for you, but I'll tell you, Ray Perkins, I wrote, so I wrote it once. I waited in line. I wrote it again. Then I used my magic band and I wrote it a third time, three times in a row. I wrote that ride and I did not get sick of it once. 
And every time there was different people having different levels of fun. Sometimes there was a little kid. Sometimes there was families. But it was just so lovely. And then I said, oh, Ray, this is just what a day, what a day we are having. What a day. It's only, I look at my watch, it's a 1020. I cannot believe it. I walk over to the Toy Story ride. I get on that ride. I uh, hang out with Buzz and Woody. And you're shooting like uh, rings and ring toss. It's like you're at a carnival. And it's just so much fun. And it's very well done. And I get off that ride. And then I think I have another reservation for Star Wars in another hour or so. Then I go over. I get myself a, 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 a it's about 11 o'clock. I decide I'm going to go over and watch the Beauty and the Beast show. And so I sit down. I watch Beauty and the Beast acted out live on stage, a musical. Now, that's a value for your dollar if you're going to appreciate it and listen. It's not the whole show. It'd probably take uh, 50 minutes, I think, 40 minutes, 30 minutes. I don't know. But I watch that show. Now I know at noon I have a reservation for the Star Tours. I think now it's probably 11.30 or some such thing. I'm not, I'm, I can't remember now. But Ray says to himself, I'm going to have a walk. It's starting to get a little warm. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to have an ice cream cone. And then I'll have lunch later because I'm on vacation, my friends. So I have this, uh, they had this special cinnamon ice cream in a, uh, waffle cone and I have it. It's wonderful. Oh, wonderful. I've never had cinnamon soft serve ice cream. I can't remember. I can't even remember where I bought it. It was so, it was so wonderful. To be honest, I usually, I know no more of the details. So then I am uh, having my ice cream. I walk over to this ride. It, it, it look, it's in a building that looks like the man's Chinese theater in Los Angeles. They call it the uh, great movie ride. Now, my friends, I don't want to be, uh, a Debbie Downer or whatever you call it nowadays, but it's a, it's not the, it's a pretty good movie ride, I would call it. Or it would be only a all right movie ride except for one element, which is acting. They have a live actor. Uh, you're on a big, uh, car, like kind of like the Pirates of the Caribbean, but you're not in the water and you're going through scenes of old movies. Some pretty good, like, uh, but some, you know, come on and update the ride already, okay? So some stuff that just doesn't uh, translate well to the modern day. But you have a, a person giving you the tour. It's very witty. And then there's some complications. I'm not going to ruin it for you with a gangster or a bank robber, depending like a choose-your-own-adventure, but you're not choosing. But it's uh, this gunplay, false gunplay. So that makes it a good movie ride, the acting. And I go on that, and uh, then I uh, go over to the Star Wars ride, and I'm waiting in line for the Star Wars ride. And I hear I'm behind some uh, tween, tween, a group of tween girls, probably about 15 to 20 of them, and they're talking about One Direction, four years of One Direction, some such thing. They're on, and they're singing songs. And at first I was going to be a little irritated because I was trying to pretend like I was a bounty hunter because I'm getting ready for the Star Wars ride called the Star Tours. And I'm like, Ray, calm down. These girls are just having the fun. They're, they're young tweens. 
And you might ask yourself, what is a man like me using the term tween for? Well, I happen to know a bit about marketing my friends and, and children's television. That's all I'm going to say. But so I know the tweens like uh, the Nickelodeon type shows. Uh, or, or the, yeah, so uh, in the Disney Channel shows, they're like kind of like sitcoms, but they're uh, aimed towards the, but whatever they're talking about, the One Direction. And then I'm like trying to be positive, but still I'm trying to figure out how I get in the zone. So then I tell myself, okay, Ray, you're a bounty hunter. You're at a, an inner, inner galactic bus station. You're trying to get on this transport. And these are, uh, young Coruscantian women, young ladies. They're going off to some school to learn how to be proper, uh, proper like, uh, they're not Padawans, whatever Padma was. She was some sort of princess type, and maybe they're in the upper class of Coruscant or wherever Padma's from. I don't, I like Star Wars, but I'm not an expert. And I say, okay, that's fine. And maybe you'll get some maidens that I'll, uh, you know, write, write this step a little bit in this one direction. Then I really start. I'm like, okay, the one direction is some sort of, uh, you know, new empire attempt to uh, seduce the minds of the young, and they're trying to reintegrate the young into the with this One Direction band, and that they're like, oh, this is the only direction, the direction of the former empire, which was evil, and if you don't take that direction, you're not cool, and they're preying on these young women, and hopefully this, you know, school they're going to will straighten them out because. Uh, I'll tell you what, I have no room for people like uh, Darth Vader. And then I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to be a double agent, bounty hunter, double agent. And I'm working for Darth Vader, but I'm going to take him and I'm going to take him out. Because I can't have these young people. And I'm going to take out all of uh, the One Direction that works for the Empire, which is some boy band that the Empire hired to seduce these young people and I can't have this and uh, and then I get that and then I might be in too much in the zone so someone that works asks me if I'm all right I say I'm fine and uh, then I get on the ride and it's a lovely ride with uh exploring the galaxy you know long lost far away and stuff like that so I get off that ride and I'm in a seventh heaven again now I get out of the ride. I don't know. It's like uh, time for lunch. So I go over to this place by uh, the Backlot Express by the uh, Star Wars. And I can't remember what I had for lunch. Some sort of salad or burger or some such. And I have a nice cold beverage. And I'm sitting in the shade. And I'm like, Ray, you know, let's stay at the park. You don't need to go home and take a nap. You're, you're, you're moving. You're grooving. You know, you just took out the Emperor in one direction. The Empire Band. And uh, what are we going to do next? Because there's like a stunt show, Indiana Jones, nearby. There's another uh, car stunt show down the street. And uh, and then I look on my little schedule and I see that uh, there's a little band called Mulch, Sweat, and Cheers. Or Mulch, Sweat, and Cheers. I think I'm saying that correctly. Performing in a little bit. So I say, I've never seen that show. Let me check it out. So I go for a little walk through the, uh, they have like streets in New York and San Francisco. And let me tell you folks, if you ever, 
Again, I'm, I know not only you got the money to spend on this Disney, but if you ever do, there's like a, at the winter time for Christmas, they do a, the Osborne Family Light Show there. And this company has some such thing, comes, puts all billions of these Christmas lights up and it's beautiful. But right now it's a, it's just hot. So I say, okay, Ray, let's go see the show. So I go to the Mulch, Sweat, and Shears show, and I'm waiting for it to start. And I see, hey, here's some more English accents. And I say, oh, I was just with your friends the other day from Glastonbury, where you're from. And they say, they, 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 they decide they're going to have some fun with me. And they say they're from Dorton Abbey. And these people, they were like in the 30s. I think they were drinking, drinking the, drinking some drinks. So I think they were buzzed. And they say, uh, you know, what's it to you? Where, you know, I, and I say, I don't watch Dorton Abbey. I always thought it was downtown Abbey. And for me, an Abbey is like a, like, where's, where's the monks? Do you, are any of you monks? And I'm trying to play along, but I'm not doing a good job. And it's a little bit embarrassing. Maybe I'm hot. I'm just not feeling like I'm in this. So I go and I find some shade. Then the Mulch, Sweat, and Shear show shots. Wonderful show. Very good, talented young people in the show. And then I say, uh, what am I going to do next? And then the, the people with the Dalton Abbey, they won't let it go. And they're like, you got to come with us on the Star Wars, right? I was like, just on it. I'm not going to go. And then they tell me that I'm going to be the droid and they are from planet Dorton Abbey, and now I'm like, they're really loaded. And I'm like, well, I'm on vacation. I could have a few drinks with them. So we go have a couple drinks at some uh, tune-in lounge, 1950s-style bar with a restaurant nearby it, which has TVs and people dressed up like the 50s. And we have a couple drinks there, and then we go, we could take drinks to go and now, now raise loot. Like I'm, this is not a, the best idea for Ray, but whatever. I'm uh, drinking a drink and watching Indiana Jones. Then we go on the Star Wars ride and they're like, you're our droid. TCA 14 is my name. I call myself. And then we have some fun. I'm like, uh, you know, they're all, I'm like, uh, excuse me, uh, Mr. Dalton, Mr. Abbey, uh, I kind of do not translate and I'm trying to crack droid jokes and then I'm pretending to talk to C-3PO because there's a C-3PO while you're waiting in line. And I say, you believe these people I'm stuck with C-3PO. I'm just a TC. I'm not even a protocol droid. I used to be a, uh, a pool cleaning droid and now they're having me walk around with them and they want me to carry the stuff and I'm not cut out for it. And I wish some Jawas would just kidnap me and take me away from this. And everyone's having a laugh. And then next thing I know, we're back at another place. And I'm like, Ray, you got to get out of here because we're drink we're having another drink. And I'm like, oh, it's hot. It's probably four in the afternoon. And then the guys are like, uh, there's some of the, the guys, I don't realize that most of them are single. And they're telling me I got to get in this Tinder. And they take my phone and they're making me some sort of profile. It's a dating app, apparently for a date for, for, for dating. And you can find people that are nearby and they're trying to get me and they put up a, a picture all to, uh, not R2, C3PO instead of my face. And then I'm chat, they're chatting and we're chatting and I'm like, boys, so this is not my style. I'm a face to face operator. 
And it's been a lovely afternoon, but Ray Perkins needs to call it a call it an afternoon. And I go back. I get I get out of the park. I'm a little bit uh, intoxicated a bit, but I, I you know I I know when to say when, my friend. So I go back to the hotel. I get in the pool. I have cool. I cool so far down the sweet pool. It's uh, so so nice and refreshing. And I do a little swim. And Ray, Ray's back to normal. I'm, I'm still, I, I decide I'm going to take a 30-minute nap. So I take a nice long swim. And uh, right as I get out of the pool, the Florida sun goes away. And these clouds come in. And it starts to rain. And it's like a heaven-sent coolness from the sky. And uh, everything is smelling so fresh. And it just refreshes Ray. And I sit on my bed and I'm cool and it's raining and I'm listening to rain. I zone, I, I, I zone out. I fall asleep. So I wake up from my nap. Okay. Ray Perkins here. Ray Perkins is back. Hello, my friends. So I wake up from my nap. I feel so refreshed and rested and it's getting late. It's about, uh, 730, 8, 730, 745 PM. And I decide to, uh, like, Ray, what are you going to do? What are you going to do with the rest of your day? You're kind of still groggy from your drink a little too much. And I decide, you know, it's a, after the rain, wash the heat away. It's a lovely, cool evening. I decide I'm going to go over to the Polynesian Hotel. And I'm going to sit on the beach. And I'm going to watch the uh, fireworks from the Magic Kingdom. Now, just so you know, you don't have the greatest view in the world. And you got to take a, so I took a bus, what did I do here? I think I took a bus to the Disney Magic Kingdom. And then I took a a boat, a uh, a watercraft from the front of the Magic Kingdom to uh, the Polynesian Resort. So it was like a, I was a man of all travels and I felt so fancy that I got myself a cocktail. And I decided I had about 30 minutes to uh, sit on the beach and relax. I was talking to people, you know, as I like to do. And then my phone makes a noise I never heard it make before. And I see this Tinder app that I had forgotten about. And now some woman's on there and she says, I'd like to meet you. And I say, well, I'm on the beach at Polynesian. I'm going to watch the fireworks. You're welcome to join me, but I can't make any promises. Because I'm a man that likes to conduct face-to-face business in matters of the heart. And so I'm just sitting there. I'll be, I'll be here. I'm in a uh, Hawaiian shirt now because uh, I knew I was going over there. And I'm just taking in the night, my friend. And it's lovely. And the sun is set. But the sky has got all those colors. And my friend, I totally forgot that there's this little water, electrical water pageant they have. Now, it's nothing too fancy, not high tech, but they have these little rafts with little lights on them that look like fish and such, and it was beautiful. And they have music playing, and I'm doing that, and I'm getting ready for the fireworks. And then my phone beeps again, and the woman's like, I see you. I'm right by you. And she comes, and I say hello, and she's a droid, my friend. Where's that right? She says she's a... I was kidding, the whole thing was... It was a little joke because I was supposed to see 3PO, the picture. There was no woman. Oh, bummer, because I was thinking, I was hoping, you know, 
Well, some, you know, yeah, matters of the heart are matters of the heart, my friend. But then my heart was pitter-pattering because then there was boom, boom, boom. Even brighter than a room, room, room. Because the fireworks are going off over the Magic Kingdom. And I'm sipping on my drink. And the air is a cool sea breeze. And this cacadia is between the music, the playing, and the fireworks. I was like uh, giving my heart a jerk, whatever, going, oh, oh, oh. And then I finish that up. I go to the next hotel, which I could walk to, called the Grand Floridian. A little bit fancier of a hotel. But I go to, the, they have a big band playing there. And I there's people dancing. I have a few dances with some young ladies. And when I say young, I mean 65 years young. I mean 45 years young. And I mean 25 years young. And it's a lovely evening. And then I go for a walk again. Because I realize that I'm at this hotel. And I don't know how I'm going to get back to my hotel. Because it's overcomplicated. Because the Disney buses, they don't just run from hotel. Then I catch a cab. I'm like, Ray, don't even worry about it. Just relax. I go back to my hotel room. I take my shoes off. And I'm just struck by the loveliness of vacation, my friend. And uh, I didn't even eat dinner, I realize. And then I'm like, oh, goodness, it's like 11 o'clock at night. I'm hungry. I order a pizza from the Disney pizza people. It comes. It's uh, the young man brings it. He's a nice young man. I say, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. We have a conversation. He goes on his way. I eat some pizza. I save some pizza. I'm going to have pizza for breakfast. I guess the next day you'll find out another time. Because our time together has come to a close, my friends. It was a lovely spending time with you at the Disney Studios. I hope you enjoyed the Tower of Terror. I hope it did not terrorize you. I hope my running with these Dorton Abbey people with the craziness of that wasn't stressful. But uh, that was my day, day three of my vacation. I hope you were happy to be there because I was happy to have you. And thank you, and I hope I, uh, I hope you enjoyed it, but I hope you also fell asleep to the sweet sounds of Ray Perkins as uh, Ray Perkins loves that you love Scooter. So there, good night. Hey, everybody. This is a new segment. It's called, uh, I'm going to call it Real Time Recipes. Real-time recipes. And basically, I'm going to give you a recipe in real-time. And you might be asking yourself, what does he mean real-time? Well, real-time recipe sounds pretty good. Recipes. Real-time means I'm going to go through an entire recipe in the most boring and agonizing way possible in real-time. So, it's our new episode. It's real-time recipes. And you can find the recipes at... uh, www.sleepwithmepodcast.com slash recipes. All right, let's get on to our first recipe. And this is a great, this is a great little recipe. It's pizza. And it's for anybody, you could be like a single male living, uh, a male that's found himself single, which is different than a single male. That's what I am. Uh, I, I don't know why I said that with like a, yeah, you could be a single male. You could be a male that's found themselves single. You could be a, a couple with kids or a couple without kids. You could be a couple of kids. that, are, If you listen to this podcast and you're a couple of kids, I love you. Welcome here 
to real-time recipes. Or you could be retired adults, whatever. This is a pizza recipe for anyone. And the reasons why it's going to be really cheap and really easy. Or inexpensive, it might not be cheap. And I'll tell you what, it's going to be tasty, tasty, tasty. And this is the kind of thing you could even whip up and jump out of potluck with. So what we're going to do, or the way this podcast works, we're going to talk about the shopping first and the basics. Um, or I'm gonna be, or I'll just be all over the place like any other podcast. Now, this is a podcast, so I'm not going to actually be cooking during the podcast. It's real time in that it should, this podcast is supposed to bore you to sleep. So it's I'm going to stretch it out. Like I'm not going to be like, oh, the, and there's our pizza already done, you know, like they do on cooking shows or like on the Today Show or a morning show or on Letterman when something gets cooked in five seconds. Give me a break, you know. So this isn't like that podcast. It's more like give me a break. Shut up. I'm trying to fall asleep. You're talking about pizza. Okay, so real-time recipes. This is going to be called a flatbread pizza or, yeah, let's just call it. I'll tell you what. Let's have a little fun with this one. Feedback at Sleeping Me Podcast. You name the pizza recipe, and then I'll name it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'll pick one, or I'll get an idea. I'll riff on it, whatever. Feedback at Sleeping Me Podcast. I'll think of some kind of prize. I'll probably be just moving. Oh, pizza, pizza. Okay, so we're going to do some um, shopping, and I'm going to give you some staples, and then a shopping list. And ideally, if you're listening to this um, in the U.S., in some markets, you're going to have a Trader Joe's shopping list. Ideal spot to go shopping is Trader Joe's. You can buy everything there for this recipe and get out. Now, if you don't have a Trader Joe's, Let's say you live in the UK or let's say you live in a U.S. market without a Trader Joe's. You'll be able to adjust and I'll try to think of stuff. Uh, I'll try to help you out as on the fly as well. But uh, so let me look up. So we'll do the shopping list. Uh, so but you don't need a pen and pencil because you're trying to go to sleep. But I'll just go through the shopping list. Just doesn't get more boring than that, huh? Okay, so we're at the shopping list. These are the things we're going to buy at Trader Joe's or the must-buys. Whole wheat lavash bread. Now, I'll get into what, what you might be asking. What is lavash bread or whatever? Don't worry about it right now. Just shopping list time. Whole wheat lavash bread. As a backup, regular lavash bread. If you don't have a Trader Joe's, you just want lavash bread or flatbread. If you don't have that, we'll get to that. Don't worry. Pizza sauce. Trader Joe's. Has their own pizza sauce, uh, comes in a jar with a red label and a piece of pizza on it. You want cheese. Now, ideally, depending on your level of health and how often you eat pizza, you want some whole milk mozzarella cheese. You don't need the fancy kind that comes in the water. You can just get the ball of mozzarella in the plastic wrap. Or you can get the shredded mozzarella, and that's going to be part skim. It'll be a little bit more healthy for you. It won't be as rich when you eat it, and it doesn't melt quite the same as whole milk mozzarella. Or you could get some other cheeses if you're a cheese fan or cheese picky or you don't like mozzarella or you're a quattro formaggio type. Go ahead and get some other cheeses. But our base cheese for pizza is mozzarella here in uh, this podcast, at least. What else are you going to need? You're going to need some toppings. 
Maybe you just want some basil and tomato to make a little uh, margarita pie. Or you might want some pepperoni, some Italian sausage, some olives, whatever. Take, you know, make a list for a couple of kinds of toppings. Or you could just do it simple and do it cheese. If you're, if you're a parent and you got a bunch of kids, or even one kid, or two, or 20, you know, you might just want to stick with plain cheese. All right, so that's, those are the, actually the basics. That's it. We need our lavash bread, our bread, our pizza sauce, and our pizza cheese and our toppings. You're also going to need olive oil, which you may have at home or you may not. I don't care if it's extra virgin or if it's cloudy olive oil, steak grown, or comes, you know, just olive oil. That's what you just need olive oil. Don't, you know, you could use the olive oil spray, but ideally you want the olive oil in a bottle. You're also going to want to check your cupboard to see if you need any garlic powder. Now, this is a red alert situation for, let's say you don't do a lot of cooking. This is a good recipe for you. But remember, I'm saying garlic powder. You go using garlic salt or some sort of salted garlic or salute. I don't even know. There's a lot of different garlic products, powdered, granulated garlic. You want garlic powder. The only other way I've seen, I think at Trader Joe's, they call it California garlic powder, maybe. But you don't want garlic salt. That'll You'll be in big trouble if you... Okay, so you want garlic powder and you want onion powder. Uh, again, you want on, onion powder, not onion salt. I'm not I'm trying to insult your intelligence. Just in case you're new, I've made this mistake. So I'm, I'm speaking. I think it was garlic bread and not this pizza, but I made it with garlic salt. It was bad news. So you want garlic powder, onion powder, salt and pepper. Hopefully you have those in your cupboard. If you don't, you can buy them. Or you could borrow them from someplace. But maybe you should just buy them so you have them for, for when you're cooking. Other than that, what you can say, what do we? What else do we need, buddy? I'm, not, I'm with it. I've got my onion powder. i got my garlic powder. i got my olive oil, and i got my shopping list. You can, And I should have looked up what kind of pan this is. You're going to need one of those pans. I guess I should have looked it up. It's not a cookie sheet, but it's the kind of pan you'd make a cookie on. I don't know what they're called. I mean, it's just like a pan that you use in the oven. I think it does have some kind of like a tray pan. I don't know what it's called, but it has like ridge size that sides that are about a quarter to a half inch. It's rectangular, probably, but I don't know, two feet by one foot, maybe three feet by one foot. Something like that, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You know, you know what a rectangle is. Okay. A rectangular oven pan made of some metal. Wow. See, I told you this is real time recipes, folks. If you're not asleep by the time we get to the store, you're not going to be asleep. Okay. Next thing is now we're going to go to the store now, but just because if you're listening to this podcast, you can want, don't do this before you go to the store. But since this is a real-time recipe, if you're really doing this in real time, and you but you're you're doing it, what is that called? Like when you edit something linearly, if you're doing this linearly, just ignore me. But if you if you're doing this non-linearly, linearly, like you already went to the store, but you're real, I don't know. This is confusing. But at some point, you're going to want to preheat your oven to the like one of the hottest settings it'll go. Don't burn your house down, okay? I'm not an oven expert, an attorney. I'm not here to give cooking advice or legal kitchen advice. So if you burn your house down, 
just turn your oven up to really hot. Don't leave your house when your oven's on. But if you're already back from the store, even though we haven't gone to the store on the podcast, turn your oven on. Crank it up. My oven, little personal note, it doesn't have numbers on the knob <laughs> because of where I live. I got one of those ovens that doesn't have any temperatures on it, just a blank knob. So, yeah, I'm living large, folks. But I could turn my oven up pretty high. I have a thermometer, like a, I bought a, what is those things called? A temperature gauge thermometer thing. So I could tell how my oven gets up. I don't think a lot of oven ovens have governors on them or something like a governor. So they can't get over 500. So you might only be able to crank it up to five. I think mine goes up, gets about 550. Gets pretty hot. But you want to crank your oven up and preheat it for around 30 minutes to an hour. Now, if you got kids, keep them out of the kitchen because they touch that oven. They're going to get burned. If you have a pizza stone in there or like I, I one time I saw Alton Brown had like a piece of uh, some sort of, wasn't a pizza stone, but it was some sort of thing. You put it on the bottom of the oven. Put it on the bottom of the oven or a lower rack or don't use it. You don't need a pizza stone for this recipe. Okay, so confusing, but oven's hot. Now we're going to go to the store, but we're not going to go to the store really with the oven on. <laughs> but let's go to the store. So we're going to go in my Trader Joe's. We're going to go to my Trader Joe's. Let's pretend we're already there. Get out, walk across the parking lot. Trader Joe's that I usually go to. Yeah, it's uh, it can be nutty there. So we're going to go in the front door. You could get your fearless fly. Oh, let's go back out. We got to have a cart. Yeah, don't. No, you can't ride on the cart. Okay. Okay. No. Oh, you want to push? Okay, go ahead and push. So we're going to push the cart in. Now, yeah, you got the fearless flyers. We're going to hang a right. We're going to pass the cooler. Um, the vegetables. We got the fruits and the vegetables. And I guess we're at the furthest right part of my store. We're going to stop. The first thing we're going to get is the cheese, which is in the furthest right-hand corner. And we're going to get the whole milk mozzarella, the ball. Boom, throw that in my cart. Now we're going to cut around. Let's. We're, we're, today we're just going to make a margarita pizza, so we're going to grab some basil here from one of these islands and a couple of tomatoes. I don't know. It's, oh, look. Yeah, they got some seasonal heirloom tomato four-pack. We'll grab that. So we have some basil, some cheese, some tomato. Let's get some garlic here. Let me grab that garlic. Oh, yeah, wow, you got good taste in garlic. Now we're going to cut across. We're still on this this vector of the store, the right vector. <laughs> and you see over there, we've got the, the, the row, got the cereals, the baked goods. Down at the end here, you get into the breads. Now you're going to see there's like the tortillas, you got your uh, pitas, and you got your lavash here. See, just sitting here on this shelf, it's kind of the middle shelf here. Yeah, kind of people forget about it. You, you've never seen it before, huh? You never noticed. Yeah, lavash, I've, I've been looking out for you for a long time, but these people, it's their first experience. And so you got your whole wheat lavash and your wheat. Now, normally, whole wheat is a lot better for you, but a lot of times you're sacrificing something for whole wheat like pancakes i've tried to make whole wheat pancakes they just don't taste right and so i've gone back i tried making whole wheat pancakes i went back to making uh whatever you call it, white white flour pancakes but this whole wheat lavash I, i'm telling you this stuff is dynamite 
So throw it in your thing. It comes in about five to a bag. Be gentle with the slavash because you don't want to rip it or tear it. Okay, it's bread just because it's unleavened. You might be asking yourself, what the hell is lavash, bro? And all, all lavash is is a soft, flat bread. It's, I believe it's Armenian, according to my research. And it's been called cracker bread. It's just a soft, thin, rolled thin flat bread. Okay, unleavened. Flour, salt, water, salt. I don't, I don't have the ingredients of the Trader Joe's in front of me. But that's it. So let's not, you know, it's good for wraps and stuff like that. But no one knows it's really good for pizza. And the reason this I came up with this pizza, well, it, it, and I, I don't think, I th- I'm pretty sure, I don't want to commit to this, but I don't, I don't think lavash has gluten in it, but I'm not positive on that one. And so we got our lavash bread. So let's double check our um, cart. We got lavash, basil, garlic, tomatoes, and cheese. So we're going to cut, we're going to pass, we're going past the dairy on my right. And we got the frozen fruit food aisle on my left. We don't need to go down that. And then the next aisle, we got olive oil here. Do we need any olive oil? On the right, we got the, the young man, the young woman making finger foods. You can taste some if you want. Let's go down this aisle, grab some olive oil if we need it. And then we got our um, jarred tomato products, and there's the uh, pizza sauce. Let's grab two. Okay, just, I like to grab two if I'm going to buy one. You can make your own pizza sauce, but this is uh, just for this recipe. Grab two, because they they keep for a while as long as you don't open them. All right, so I think, let's see, pizza sauce. Let's just, at the end of this aisle, is the spices. And I'm pretty sure Trader Joe's has garlic powder. I don't know if they sell onion powder. But yeah, see? See the onion powder? Okay, and then... Oh, wait, you want... Okay, you want that? That's your one, going to be your one treat. Okay. Sea-salted caramels they're getting. My guest here. Okay, go ahead. And let's get in line. And, um... Yeah, why don't you go look and see if you can find JoJo or, uh... Whatever they want, you know, the Trader Joe's hides these three stuffed animals. If you find them, you can get a candy. Go ahead. I got to talk to some of these people. Hey, ma'am. Hey, how you doing? I see you uh, got some green tea mints, huh? You gonna freshen your breath? Leave you alone? Okay, no problem. No, yeah, I, I know I have that line is for, I know I don't have as much. Okay, I'll just get in this line for the less than items. Oh, that's a big line here. Oh, yeah. Hey, afternoon. You uh, you use my cart. You don't have to push that uh, basket. You, you uh, those are tight pants. Have you been running? Yeah, you look really fit. Do you mind me saying you do mind? Oh no, you don't need to get the manager. No, I'm just trying to. No, yeah, I I was staring. No, I wasn't staring. Okay, I'll just. Oh, I'm glad you're back from, did you find JoJo? Yeah, don't worry about that woman. She, uh, we were in a car accident a couple of years ago. She's still mad about it, yeah. Okay, okay, why don't you go get the, can you get, can you get me a soft water taffy? Great. Okay, so I'm paying now. And now, boom, we're back in my kitchen. Believe that, the magic of podcasting. And whatever happened with those people, let's just leave it back at the rest, at the uh, supermarket. Okay, now you might be saying, whoa, 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 buddy. Slow your roll. I don't have a Trader Joe's. Okay. Whatever supermarket has pizza sauce, we can agree. 
the half mozzarella and the half of the toppings, right? And you got olive oil and, I mean, you can find all that stuff. So the only stuff, the only wrinkle is lavash. Now, I think you got a couple options when it comes to the lavash. Now, if you're looking for something simple, you could, um, there's a couple things you can do if you want to play along at home is see if a lot of supermarkets do have lavash bread. You'd be surprised. If not, you might get some naan. Uh, it's going to be a little bit thicker. It's going to cook a little different. But that's an option. Worst case scenario, you can get one of those Boboli pizza shells. But I don't recommend it. Nothing against Boboli. But um, this lavash is going to be killer. So I hope you have a lavash. If you don't, yeah, see. Otherwise, see if there is like a Middle Eastern market or or a more international market, and see if they have lavash. Another thing you might want to try is, um, and I haven't tried this, so maybe it'd be a uh, trailblazer for us. Maybe try some whole wheat tortillas. I mean, that's going to be closer to a lavash bread. You might even look at the ingredients. Or maybe some s'mores or other flour tortilla. That might be a better idea if you don't have lavash. See if they have, like, any whole wheat flour tortillas or something like that. I'm thinking on the fly here, folks. We don't need to reinvent the wheel. But, yeah, okay. You'll be okay. All right, so we're back in my kitchen now that we covered that. Did you see that lady at, at your supermarket? Do you think she was, was she looking at me? No? Okay. All right, so we're in the kitchen, and uh, through the magic of podcasting, my oven is very, very hot, and I have my rectangular pan. Now, my pan is a, a darkish black color. Originally, I think it might have been a silver color, but it's now has this, uh, this might be called a pantina, I'm not sure. But over the years, it's become this black color. So we have our pan. It's not in the oven heating up. So we have that. We're going to take our cheese. The next thing we're going to do is shred the cheese or slice it. Now, someone like Alton Brown or America's Test Kitchen or someone might tell you what the best idea is. I'm going to tell you, just do what's convenient. I, I, I slice it. But if I'm in a shredding mood, I might grab out my like shredder that you shred with your hands and shred it if I'm making... So whatever floats your boat. I'm going to slice these tomatoes up well, nice and thin and chop up some of this basil and garlic. Chop, 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 chop. Miracle of podcasting. It's all chopped up. But you, you don't need to do that. Let's just make it. Let's do our first pizza. Yeah, let's push that out of the way. Let's do our first pizza as cheese, all right? So we have our pan. As I said, I'm going to be all over the place. That was a guarantee. So we have our nice pan, our rectangular pan. So we're going to take a little bit of olive oil and just um, about maybe a tablespoon and put it on the pan. And then we're, if you have a brush, we're going to brush it. I think I told you you need a brush. If not, it'd help like a, that you'd use on barbecuing or marinating. If not, I just use your hand or um, shake it. That's what I do with the pan is just shake the olive oil around and Pretend like I'm doing one of those labyrinth puzzles. So, yeah, now we've got our pants covered with olive oil, a bit much olive oil. What we're going to do is we're going to take, open up the bag of lavash, zip. Boom, see, feel that lavash. Soft, huh? Now we're going to drop it in the olive oil. Now move it around a little bit so it soaks up a little bit, not too much. Now flip it over. So now you got one side that's kind of shiny. Now let's move over that side. It's going to absorb some of the olive oil. All right, good. Good job. And we're going to take the uh, 
pizza sauce. We're going to open it up. That, that, that refreshing pop of the top of the pizza sauce. Gonna get out a spoon, like one of those spoons you eat, eat soup with, soup spoon. And we're gonna drop some pizza sauce, spread it with the back of the spoon. Kind of spread it thin, unless you're a big into pizza sauce, you can spread it thick. But you know, like you've seen people making pizza on advertisements, do it like they do it. Nice, I don't know. Just use your judgment, okay? Not too little, not too much. Now, here's where the uh, the men are separated from the boys, or the queens are separated from the. I don't know. This is this is here's what to erase that stuff. Here's where the recipe gets its extra panache. So we have our pizza sauce on there. We're gonna take some garlic powder. Now. Again, I don't do a lot of measuring in this recipe, but you're going to want to just use the shaker and shake some garlic powder on there. Not too much, not too little. Probably since it's your first time doing it. I don't know. You, you might want to use a teaspoon for the entire pizza, maybe half a teaspoon. If you have to, shake it into your hand and then spread it around. But less is more, and you're going to do the same thing with the onion powder, right on the pizza sauce. Okay, that's done, right? Now we're going to put the cheese on and just sprinkle it around, whatever. Cheese, cheese it up. Get the cheese spread around. Now, again, not too thick, not not too thin. I mean, even if you like cheese. Okay, that's it. Got everything. It looks good. You're just going to take this pan. You're going to put it right in the oven on the middle sh- on the middle shelf, ideally. Close up the oven. Now, the, what's it going to blow your mind? You're closing up the oven. Your oven's churning out about 475 to 525, we're going to say. It's in that range. Just close it up. And let me check the clock here. Okay, we're going to start chit-chatting. Now, we're, we're going to be really impressed about this because the the thing I found about the Slavash is it can handle this heat like nobody's business. Remember how soft and thin it was, you'd think? Yeah, stuff's not going to, you can't, you can't just leave it in this hot oven, but we can. So, and what we're going to do is we're going to get a nice melt on that cheese and, and, and we're going to go for a blister. I don't know if that's the correct, uh, kitchen term, but we want to get that cheese at least really melted. And if you like your cheese with like a little bit of, you know, bubbling and, and almost, um, I don't know what they call it, not burned, but. You know, where it's getting golden, we're going to, we can go for that. And you can even go for like the stuff that you pay. You go to like one of those fancy wood burning ovens or a high-end pizza oven. If you really have your oven up high, you're really going to be able to get like a, a char on this uh, flatbread. You're going to be impressed if you're a gourmand. And if you're just like some dude that usually orders pizza now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take a little quick jaunt down controversy at con, controversy alley here. I know I've covered pizzas in a couple other podcast episodes. Now, I, I grew up in upstate New York, a little personal bio stuff here, and I lived in New York City for a time in the Bronx, and then I moved to, I lived in uh, East Los Angeles for a year. And then I've been in the Bay Area in Northern California for, for for quite some time, a little bit of time. 
Now, uh, where I grew up in upstate New York, Syracuse, good pizza town, not four or five hours from New York City. So we're going to give Syracuse one of those places where pizza is a family tradition, pizza and chicken wings. So we had a lot of good pizza places, you know, New York style pizza, but also like a Syracuse style at Twin Trees. I know there's one listener I think we have from Rochester, New York. So you would know, you know, upstate New York pizza. But, you know, good, 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 good pizza. And then I moved to the Bronx, New York City, where, I mean, that's where pizza, I don't know, it's pizza heaven. Uh, And it's like people talk about it like it's not like, oh, it's this legend. And no, New York City pizza is the best, plain and simple. You can get the, get one of those slices. 90% of the places you go, the pizza's going to be excellent. Then I moved to California. Now, there's a lot to love about California. Pizza is not one of the things to love about California. I don't understand it. There are a couple of New York-style pizza places in the Bay Area. Or there's one place that's that's good. But you can't just order a pizza and expect it to come and expect even a reasonable expectation that it's going to be good. And God forbid you want great pizza. Yeah, you got to find a des- pizza des- a destination pizza place. And go to it. And if the person that's running has any sense, they're charging you an arm and a leg. And this other thing is that, like, even though pizza places you order from, that the pizza is mediocre, it's still costing you, like, $30. And so we're only at three and a half minutes, so we're not going to open the oven yet. Even though we're tempted, we're going to give another minute and a half. But, yeah, even those pizza places. And the same one in L.A., I mean, where I lived, I don't think, I wasn't ordering a lot of pizza at that time, but... So it's just a disappointment. So this is another reason to learn how to make good pizza is if you're in a place like I live where pizza just doesn't cut it, man. And especially not for hardworking dollars. It's it's not no good. It's no good. So, um, yeah, that's part of the why I was so happy when this recipe came. And I'm not, I, I'm, I am going to claim credit. I'm, I came up with this recipe on my own because at the time uh, we had someone that came and stayed with one of their kids that was visiting us and he was gluten intolerant or had, this was before it was cool. This kid was on the cutting edge and uh, checking, don't worry, I'm keeping an eye on the time. And he had a gluten allergy and we we're trying to figure out what to make dinner. And his mom was like, Oh, well I'll go to Trader Joe's with you. And the two breads we could buy were, um, and she said, Oh yeah, you could try this lavash. It doesn't have gluten. And I made pizzas out of it. And I also made pizzas out of naan, which makes pretty good pizza too. But these pizzas, it was, I was floored. It was like one of those accidental discoveries. All right, let's pop the open oven. The open oven. The oven open here. And we're going to check. All right. Okay. And you notice your cheese is, um, your pizza might be done. You can tell by the cheese and the corners of the pizza. Because there should be a little corner of lavash exposed depending on how good your cheese cheesing is. But yeah, um, I'm going to give mine another two minutes. You might want to pull yours out. You might not. For this first one, you might want to under, you want to make sure your cheese is melted to your satisfaction. Don't worry about the lavash. If you want your cheese well done, go for it. You can't really, it takes a lot to burn the lavash. It, it's heat resistant for some reason and in a good way. So we're going to kill it another few minutes. Um, 
So that's my pizza diatribe. Tell me about you. Um, I mean, I know this is supposed to be like a podcast about the pizza and recipes, but I've been noticing uh, when we first met, it was kind of like, uh, you know, I was, you know, my brain was out here, but now we're sitting here in this kitchen. It's hot. Something, and you're sweating, but, and it, you know, it's one of those ones. Is it getting hot in here or is it getting hot in here, you know? And, uh, I mean, I know your situation. I know. I know there's the whole thing of am I quirky, am I idiosyncratic, or, you know, I'm not I'm not rich, so I can't be whatever the rich people are. I can't think of that vocabulary word right now. Yeah, um... All I'm asking is, I mean, you can see I can cook this pizza. So that's one meal a week you could, you could count on me for. And what else do I do? Well, um, okay, well, you know, I got to check the oven, so maybe we should talk about this later. You're going to leave? We're in the middle of recording the podcast. Okay, well, could you, okay, bye. Okay, so. I'm just gonna pretend. Check. Yeah, let's check the oven here. And okay, this pizza looks like it's done. So we're gonna put it on the top of the table, on top of the stove, let it cool off for a few minutes. Other thing you're gonna be impressed with as you make these pizzas is because they're thin, they cool pretty fast. Now, what I usually like to do is after it's been a minute, thirty seconds, I'll take a, one of those. Uh, hopefully, you didn't just take it out of the oven without putting something on your hands. If you did. Remember, I'm not liable, but hopefully you have a glove on or something. Oven mitt, that's what they're called. So let's get a a clear spot here on this cutting board that's the same size as the lavash. And we're going to use the spatch, spatula, and we're going to slide the pizza on there. That's going to be better for cutting it later. And then, boom, we can make another one right away. And let's just wrap up with making another one. So, you know, put the... A little bit more olive oil on. We're not going to need as much, maybe a half tablespoon. Spread that around. Yeah, there's going to be some crusty bits, but that's nothing to get worried about. Dip, you know, get the olive oil on the lavash. Maybe use the brush to get some of the stuff that's on the outer edges there on the lavash. Very nice. Let's put some sauce on there. Wow, you really got this down. Oh, you went garlic powder and onion powder before I even got to it. All right, and then we're going to put some cheese on. But before we put the cheese on, let's put a little bit of basil or basil and some garlic. Yeah. And then the cheese. And then we're going to put some tomatoes on there and a little more basil. And then take a little more garlic, sprinkle it on the tomatoes. Again, dip the brush and tap the tomatoes with uh, some more olive oil from the sides if possible. Yeah. And let's take a little salt and let's sprinkle it on those tomatoes and grind some pepper on there. Now that is a, uh, I think it's a margarita pizza. I don't know. And we're going to slide that baby. Let's give the oven another couple minutes to warm back up. Like virtual minutes. Oh, let's warm back up. Magic of podcasting. Slide that thing in there. Yep. Yeah. So, um, yeah, pizza's in the oven. You want to leave it for maybe, these pizzas can cook anywhere from three to seven minutes. And then you're going to pull that margarita pizza out and, and enjoy it. 
not some real-time recipes, folks. And I hope, you know, I, I like to make these pizzas are really easy. Probably overcomplicated it, but it's only a few ingredients. And you can really um, go go wild. I mean, you can make a vegetarian pizza. You can make it with chicken and barbecue sauce if you want, or a white pizza with whatever Alfredo. I've never made a white pizza, but I think they have like Alfredo sauce on them. Or meat pizza. That's what I'm big on. I like a pepper. I'm a pepperoni and Italian sausage on my pizza, man. Yeah, don't, no need to snicker. <laughs> it's not snickering. The woman that left my place is snickering outside. Uh, she just threw a rock through my bike. Huh. Yeah, so I hope you like real time recipes. I hope you. I, and I hope I. I hope I didn't do this recipe any injustice. And this isn't to go away from the Jim Leahy no need pizza dough. It'll be on like an advanced pizza making recipe show that's it that's our pizza if you can think of a name for it give me a uh feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com and i hope this either hope it didn't make you hungry so that you can't sleep but i hope it uh you know gave you an idea all right thanks so much for listening get a great night's sleep thanks good night hey guys uh i got a new feature for you here maybe i don't know if this will be a new new feature or just a one-off Depends if you, if you go send me some feedback, feedback at sleepingbeepodcast.com. But this is, um, I know some of you may or may not know, not, not an important thing, but, uh, uh, I'm always trying to get in. I'm trying to, I'm trying to be a screenwriter in my spare time. And I'm always trying to, you know, break in. You hear all these stories about breaking in and the romance of breaking in as a writer. Well, it's, you know, like most things, there's a lot of hard work involved in, and not romance. And sometimes I daydream about stuff and sometimes stuff happens and it's been ideas for podcast episodes and this is one of them. So, like, here we go. I'm not even going to change the subject. This one is based on a story. This is a story. May or may not be fictional. Uh, may, may be real, maybe not. But you, you, you be the, you'd be the judge. But this this series is, is called, uh, I'm trying to think of a way to, introduce it here it's called um pitching tim curry new series pitching tim curry no that's muppets but pitching tim curry a new series that's presented by sleep with me podcast is proud to present pitching tim curry so this is gonna be a a series or one episode about uh, me pitching movies to Tim Curry, which is, first of all, some of you, maybe a lot of you, might be asking, who's Tim Curry? Now, because of this podcast and copyright stuff, I can't just start playing Tim Curry singing. He's an excellent singer. Or Tim Curry talking. He's excellent. He has a lovely voice. Obviously, it's a podcast, so I can't show you Tim Curry acting. But Tim Curry's one of those actors... That I I have uh, again. Um, this is not me being sarcastic or witty or anything. I have a love for when Tim Curry comes on screen or when I hear Tim Curry's voice. It's just I, I, he's one of those people, kind of like Crispin Glover might be another person. You just love seeing them in movies, or I do. And and then I miss them. I'm like, man, 
What is Crispin quick Crispin Glover question before we get on to Tim Curry? Does Crispin Glover age? I think if you do some research, you're going to find he does not age. Um, I'm just putting it out there. But it, not, not the reason I love Crispin Glover in movies and miss him and see him. I mean, enjoy seeing him. But just, a, just an aside, I noticed when I saw Hot Tub Time Machine that he was in. I'm like, man, that guy has not aged a day. So what's going on with that? Not, not conspiracy theory or anything. But Tim Curry... Another person, and, and Tim Curry, it's harder to say, has Tim Curry aged? I think he, I think he's aged well and gracefully. Uh, but, he, you know, Tim Curry's been working a lot, but he's been working a lot in animation. A lot. And I mean, when I say a lot, I'm, I mean a lot. I mean, this guy, he's got that wonderful Tim Curry voice. I don't watch a lot of animation TV shows, but I'm going to start because of Tim Curry. I'm going to start. I'm, I'm going to get on to the. Um, Star Wars, Clone Wars, Train, or I guess it wouldn't have Train because it's Star Wars. It'd have like a shuttle, probably, or spaceship train, But because he has multiple roles in the Clone Wars series. But Tim Curry, okay, I'm going on and on about Tim Curry and Crispin Glover. We're not going to get into Crispin Glover because I got to stay focused here. But Tim Curry, you, you might know him. A lot of you, depending on your age, depending on what you like, you could be thinking anything when I say Tim Curry. If you know, you could be thinking Clue. You'd be thinking Rocky Horror Picture Show. You'd be thinking The Worst Witch. Any of those are big Tim Curry roles. You could be thinking Charlie's Angels. You'd be thinking any of his career, great uh, villain, two villains that stick out to me, Legend, the uh, fantasy movie, and Annie. I mean, come on, Annie. I mean, you might even be like, oh, wait a second, that was Tim Curry. That's what I hope you're saying. If you if you weren't like Tim Curry, Annie, be like, oh, wait, he was that. He was like the guy, hey, yeah, hey, dame, blah, 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 blah. And anytime you get Tim Curry acting and singing, you get, it's like, uh, it's not Grand Slam because he's only doing two, two things. But, well, he's talking, so that's three. Acting, talking, I mean. Because Tim Curry, it's a bonus when he's acting, he's talking. But well, I'm, I'm 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 getting carried away, I guess. So let me take a break. I'm getting a little, a little Tim Curry fever. But uh, that's all. I can. So hopefully, you know who Tim Curry is at this point. If you don't, you're in bed, so you don't really just imagine a English actor. I think he's English. I'm not a super fan. I said I love Tim Curry's acting. I'm not. I don't stalk him, so I don't know any. I, I actually. I'm ashamed to say I don't know anything at all about Tim Curry's personal life. I think he's from England, and I'm, I'm gonna pause just to look up a Wikipedia because, and I'm beyond. I'm be honest. We're we're being honest with each other. I'm trying to help you sleep. So I, if I, I could have paused and been like, "Oh, and by the way, he's a Cambridge educated." Uh, okay. And, oh, one more thing though. You might there might be some of you that are like Tim Curry spam a lot, bro. Tim Curry, the the from London's West End or from. New York's Great White Way, Broadway. Okay? So, yeah, no, I know. Tim. I mean, I said I loved hearing Tim Curry sing. And, and just an aside, and I'll post this one. I mean, of all the Tim Curry things, he's done a lot of great things. But, and I might have already posted this at some point for another podcast episode a long time ago. But The Worst Witch, I think that's the name of the movie. 
I think I called it the littlest witch the last time I mentioned it, which was probably a podcast episode in the early tens or twenties. I would have no clue, but I post, I think I posted this uh, YouTube video from that movie where Tim Curry's singing in this, like, he's like, I don't even know. I don't know the plot of the movie. It's about the worst witch little girl. She's not the worst witch spoiler, but Tim Curry is like the, the headmaster of the witch school or something. He sings this Halloween song and Tim Curry singing. Awesome. Tim Curry flying. Awesome. But also has all these uh, special effects from whatever year the movie is from, which are awesome. So we're switch. Okay. I'm going to pause it. I'm going to find out a couple factoids about Tim Curry for you in case there's some of you that are listening that don't know who he is right now. Okay, sorry, I got distracted. Even though you didn't, I was only gone for a second in your world. Uh, cause I went, I was like, okay, I'm gonna go on Wikipedia, get some factoids. But then I went on Spotify and there's a, tr- I mean, a trove. I, I, could, I didn't even have time to, cause I was having, I, sometimes I have trouble navigating Spotify, but I'm looking at it as we talk. Holy moly. I'm gonna be up late tonight listening to some Tim Curry. I don't know why I didn't think about that before well yeah so there's a trove of i'll, I'll make a, i'll try to make a spotify a playlist i can think i can share that on twitter maybe so you can check that out um it, and then i went on wikipedia there's really i don't want to dig too long because i wanted to record this show in um but there wasn't any factoids that were readily available other than the body of work which speaks for itself and and no uncertain terms. A couple of things I did notice. I never saw the TV. I think it was a miniseries uh, about Stephen King's It, which Tim Curry may or may not have been in. He's never publicly acknowledged that he was in it. So and I don't recommend that for people that are having trouble sleeping, even though I know very little about it. I did read Stephen King's. Well, never. Let's just not. Let's not get distracted. Um, and then there's something else about Tim Curry. Another. Oh, he played Bill Sykes in a version of Oliver Twist. I'm not sure if I saw it or not, but that's kind of interesting. Well, Bill Sykes is different from the dude in Annie, but still not not that different. So just a coincidence, not a coincidence, probably. I wonder which came first, but too late now. Okay, so Tim, you're like, man, if, well, I guess if you're listening to this, you're not trying to, you know, that's a good thing about this podcast. I guess we have an agreement. I don't have to be in a hurry to get to my point, right? That's what you... So you're here for my nonsense for some reason because it bores you to sleep. You're not really listening to my Tim Curry nonsense. But if you are, if you're that 1% of fan that, excuse me, if you are listening, like my, you're my super fan. And so now, well, I guess, what, whatever. So this story, you're like, dude, I thought you were going to tell us a story. Okay, here's what happened. Why is this called Pitching Tim Curry? I'll tell you why. Because, so, I went down to this um, pitch fest. What a pitch fest is, is like this um, thing where you get to pitch your movies to a bunch of people. Some people say it's a scam. Some people say it's a total, it's, it's, uh, it's one of those places that deals in hopes and dreams. They say, oh, you can pitch your movie to a bunch of ideas for like 99, a bunch of people for, you pay us 99 bucks, you can pitch your movie. And may, I don't know what if any movie deals come out of this or not, but I found a little um, flaw in the system of this one pitch fest. It was called the uh, Demon Dogs Pitch Fest, 
and it was a smaller pitch fest and they had this charity auction. One of the major, um, what are they called? Like talent agent agencies. I don't, I don't know if they still go by talent agencies, talent management. I don't know what they call themselves, but you know, the thing that they work for the stars, like Ari Gold in Entourage. He, I don't think he was a talent. I think they have something more nicer sounding, but whatever. Agents, I guess they're maybe they're just agents now. But so this agency had this, like there was a charity auction and you could bid on items in the charity auction and win it. And needless to say, I didn't cheat at all, but I figured out that my $99 would be better spent in this charity auction than actually going to this pitch fest. And so I entered this charity auction that was part of the pitch fest, but I didn't actually, you know, California law, interesting stuff, but I, I spent my money on getting into this charity auction and I won. And the prize for this one was this talent agency said, you can meet with one of our agents and pitch on any one of our clients. Um, that was the deal. And it was kind of opaque. Is opaque the right word? Like, or too general. I also noticed that they were dealing generalities. Like, that was a mistake. Whoever did, maybe the person was fired. I don't know. But, you know, that's like really, oh, so we're this big talent agency, big talent agency, by the way. And you can pitch any of our clients. When I won, uh, you know, they informed me I won. And I said, send me the info. Because I'm, I'm insane, as the, most of you that know. And I'm not a lawyer. I have no legal experience. But I can be a pesterer. I can, I can be a troublemaker when it comes to <laughs> misinterpreting legalese. So I read through the whole thing about what I won. And as far as I could tell, that a lawyer did not write it. So it said that I had the right to pitch an agent at this agency about one of their clients and pitch their client. It even said in there, like, so I was like, holy mackerel. And, and okay, reality check. There's some legalese. I have, I mean, uh, I have some wiggle room here because I can exploit this um, unfor- unfortunately worded prize. But I'm not going to go in there and say, you know, I want to talk to Angelina or Brad or George Clooney, someone with that's a one namer, right? That's not a good idea because there's no way. I mean, there's 0% chance of them putting me in a room with Angelina or even letting me. So I was like, man, you know who I'd like to pitch is Tim Curry. I think I got a couple good ideas for Tim Curry. And uh, blah, 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 I call and I make the appointment. You know, there's a little back and forth, but I'm playing it cool. I'm going to play, just so you know, I play it close to my vest. I'm not, I'm like, all right, let me see what they give me. And I don't have the ability, unfortunately, inside to trust. Be so trusting as to be like, okay, this agency is going to give me exactly what I asked for. You know, it's just, I don't know if you guys have that thing. It's like right below your the area in your chest where your heart is, but it's in the center that kind of freaks out, vibrates or squinches. Maybe it squinches, I guess. Oh, I know there's going to be a problem with this prize. Too good to be true factor. But then I also have this fight and fighter in me. That's like, well, that'd be their mistake. So, but then then sometimes it it hurts me because going into it, then I'm already in fight mode or, 
or flight mode, but it usually, unfortunately, sometimes this default is this flight mode. So then I try, so I'm trying to talk, I get, so I set up the appointment with the agency and they're like, okay, come in this day, you know, we'll talk to you about your prize. And, um, they're like, like, but that part of me is like, okay, should I go in guns a blade? And then it's like, no, calm down, calm down. No one's out to get you. Even if I'm lying to myself, like, calm down, man. Don't, let's not blow this. I'm going to blow the whole story though on, uh, the setup, but that's what's a series pitching Tim Curry. So whatever, I calm myself down. I'm like, just go in there, meet with them. Hopefully they'll give you a prize. You'll be able to pitch one of their clients and you'll pitch Tim Curry. And believe me, I'm not like, oh, Tim Curry's just going to, I mean, I was like, I think I got some good ideas. I'd like to work with Tim Curry. I know he's doing a lot of animation stuff. Why, you know, I I would love to be someone to craft Tim Curry's next movie project. Okay. So, so I think me and Tim Curry's current uh, interests could align and his agency, but I'm not saying I'm this brilliant person and Tim Curry's a hundred percent going to go with me. I'm realistic. Of course I'm realistic. I can barely tell. Can't, can't even keep people awake for these stories. So whatever, I go into the agency. I'm not going to say the name of the agency because Tim Curry's probably changed agents um, by the time this podcast is out because this story, like I said, may or may not be true. I could be saying it could be Tim Allen. Well, Tim Allen, but it's not. It's Tim Curry. And maybe this is just, maybe this was one, during one of my fugue states during one of my episodes as my mother called it back in the day or as you know, whatever why they invented 5150s they say okay so i go into this agency very nice people there and i had myself in a good mental state of being positive and working with others and being empathetic i think i was like okay whoever i'm meeting with they're just trying to do their job probably not the thing they're going to be looking forward to on a schedule some podcast nut job coming in to pitch them and they probably just want to get this over with and they expect me to ask for it i'd like to speak to angelina right now and not over the phone i want to be in a room with her and i would like to um sit next to her you know kind of stuff like that i'm okay so i go in and they they set up this uh meeting and this secretary and waiting and I, I, I did make sure I, I tried not to be crazy, but I said, okay, let me reconfirm the time. And I was like, I gave them out. I was like, okay, like we'll have another meeting at, uh, you know, this time. So let's just meet for an hour, touch base. And so they made, I, they did not make me sit around. They made me sit around for about five minutes. This guy, Brad comes or maybe, and he's like, yeah, I'm Brad. Uh, he takes me back to his office. And he's like, okay, yeah, you won this prize. They're telling me about. I, I tried to be nice, you know. And uh, it, Brad seemed younger than me, but whatever. I was like, okay, this is not Ari Gold I'm dealing with. And he's like, okay, you know, this prize you're supposed to be able to pitch us. And I said, well, actually, Brad, I'm supposed to be able to pitch one of your clients. Um, okay, well, uh, yeah, well, you could pit, pit, do you have your pitch with you? And I was like, oh, no, no, pitch is like, you know, pitch is vocal. Like, I can't, I can't give you, I can't, I can't give you a written pitch. That's not part of the prize. And I go, yeah, okay. And I was like, oh, I was like, okay, well, 
before we get into my pitch, like, tell me more about you, Brad. And the cat told me he's working there a little while. He's a junior agent. And I kind of wanted to know more about, like, agents, like, and, I mean, I know a lot of us see on TV, me included, like, what's an agent is. And they work with the stars or, like, you're Ari Gold or you're, like, one of the guys that Ari Gold intimidates and fires. And so me and Brad had talked a lot about, he was telling me about what, a lot about being an agent and what's going on with him and how, like what's, what's going on with him and who he's working with and how, you know, how hard, how tough it is. And, and he, he was giving me a lot of info. Again, I'm not the most, I'm not, I wish I was a people person. Brad seemed like a people person or like a, people person in training almost. So I, I expect big things from Brad. But then it was come, comes down to like, okay, well, yeah, I want to pitch, pitch a client. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a screenwriter or want to be a screenwriter. I got a couple story ideas and I know I'm not expecting like, I know how things work. I'm not going to be making big money. Or I just want to pitch Tim Curry on some ideas. And, uh, you know, see where he's at like does he want to stay in animation and he said whoa tim did you say tim curry and i was like yeah tim curry like he's one of your guys clients right go, oh yeah he, 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 he hold on and he looks it up he goes, yeah yeah and uh he says okay he's like he's not my client but he's like you know i don't i don't really have a whole list of clients like i'm new i'm junior agent work with this this other agent and he goes he doesn't represent tim but he goes, uh, you know, I don't know. He's, and then Brad started getting nervous. Like, I'm like, I'm going to put, I don't want to put you in a bad spot, Brad, but I'm going to, I need to get this prize, you know? I said, listen, like, I'm, look at me. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm going to go in there. I was like, just get me, get me in with Tim Curry's agent. And I was lying here to Brad, not lying, but not totally telling the truth. I was trying to make Brad comfortable. I said, no, just get me in with your, this Tim Curry's agent and we'll talk about the pitches and, uh, you know, we'll go from there. And I was like, oh, Brad, man, maybe you could get some action. If, if something happens, maybe you get some action. Maybe this, maybe you become Tim Curry's agent. If thing, if it doesn't go bad, you just blame it on me and, uh, and tell him, well, like, I don't know, t- tell him you're, you, yeah, just tell your the other agent that you were afraid I had a really good idea that you wouldn't want to pass it up, but you wouldn't tell me, but that word's on the street or something. I don't know. Make yourself look like you're being protective of the other agents. And, okay, something like that. Brad's like, okay. And he had a good head on his shoulders. So next thing you know, we're meeting with this agent. Um, we're meeting with Tim Curry's agent. Uh, another meeting. And, again, I'm like, okay, you know, you should just tell this guy I need 15 minutes of his time and you could be there or whatever. And again, um, you know, this guy, this guy's name was Lewis. And, uh, so, so go into the meeting and Lewis, uh, going to Lewis's office again, nice guy. Like, I don't know where all these, but definitely not as down to earth, a little more like, um, like Brad seemed hungry and young and, you know, trying to figure things out. Lewis, he's a little bit older. I'd say 
fifties, um, like less place, plays it safe, which Tim Curry, how, I don't know how he got Tim Curry, but talk about a, a playing it safe, good move. I mean, Tim Curry is like one of those people you can take to the bank. I told you he's an, he's in all these animated shows, any animated movie they make. I'm sure they're calling, uh, Lewis and be like, Oh, what's Tim's quote? Well, it depends on the role, blah, blah, blah. So going to Lewis's office again, I'm like, listen, you know, man, like, oh, how close, you know, when was the last time you talked to Mr. Curry? Oh, well, you know, we mostly just talk business. And I was like, okay, well, you know, do you know, like, is he happy? And with just doing this animation, does he want to get back on screen? Is he, is there stuff I don't know about going on? Um, I mean, I think I got a couple good projects for, for Mr. Curry and, you know, does he want to do TV? Does he want to do movies? And Lewis did not have the answers to these questions because he's, I mean, he's just a smart guy. He's like what Tim wants. You know, if something comes in for Tim, I check with Tim. And I said with everything, he goes, no, he goes, you know, right now it's just like mostly this animated stuff. He's like, he, his plate's pretty full. And then, you know, I talked to his manager kind of, I don't, I don't want to get into Tim's private, Mr. Curry's private affairs, but Lewis kind of gave me the rundown of how they make decisions. And it kind of seemed like, uh, that weren't making, t- in my opinion, in my opinion, Mr. Curry wasn't as big a part as he should have been. And I said, well, I'd like to, you know, when can we, can we uh, talk to Mr. Curry? And I'm not asking, put me in a room, just get him on the phone and I'll, you know, I can pitch him. I, I, I I, I won't, I won't embarrass you. You could, you know, just tell him this is a chair, you know, tell him about the charity. It's a great, it was a great charity. I want, I can't, I don't want to out the charity, but help helping young filmmakers making films and, and, and not just people that are, you know, with, with trust funds, like people, you know, on the margins to make movies. So I'm going to tell Mr. Curry about that. And you can tell him, you know, this guy's a, you know, whatever. Just tell him I won this charity auction and you have to do it. I'm not going to embarrass you. And he go, he, he starts laying, at first he, at first we kind of go back and forth. And I just kept being like, you know, so I'm like, the worst that could happen is Mr. Curry's not interested. Just again, blame it on me. Blame it on the charity auction. Tell him, you know, if, if he's really mad, I don't know, say, you know, don't, I don't know. I'm like, you'll figure, you'll figure it out, Lewis. You're a smart guy, but I don't think Mr. Curry, my impression is Mr. Curry's pretty mellow dude. So it might be wrong because I don't know him and I don't barely know anything about him other than his brilliance. But, you know, that's all I'm going to talk about. I'm just going to pitch him a project. And he's like, okay, well, here's the ground rules. He goes, you can't ask any questions. He goes, uh, you know, you, I'll talk to Mr. Curry first on the phone, then I'll put him on speaker. You can pitch one idea and, uh, that's it. And then, you know, if, if Mr. Curry, if you, I can't, you know, I can't make any promises. And if you embarrass me or he goes, I, I could see, you know, you're tell, you know, uh, you know, I, he goes, I've, I also was like, don't let anything bad happen to Brad, you know, that's totally my fault. And, and Lewis was cool about that. He knows since he was older and not as like, uh, 
aggro as people on TV. He wasn't about to bash Brad. But so he's like, fine, just, you know, but he goes, if you, if you, if something really, if you get, if you bring some crazy or something, he goes, I'll make sure you, ne- you, you know, if you're trying to break in, you'll never break in. If he goes, you know, I got a lot of contacts. I might not be this powerful agent. I might just be kind of getting by at this point. Or he's like, I'm doing well, but you know, just have these clients and I just work, service my clients. I'm not working for new clients. I'm because I'll destroy you. I go, no problem, man. And then he's still like, I don't know. I said, listen, I, you know, that cuts both ways, bro. You know, I know I looked through all the legalese on this thing. You know, I'll just ruin, you know, embarrass your firm and then, you know, you'll be embarrassed. So we, you know, mano y mano, we kind of had all stare down. Actually, I got way more crazier than that, but it's not good to fall asleep to hear about my manic aggressive side or whatever they, I don't know, whatever they called it when I was uh, underneath before, whatever. So me and me and Lewis got to work. We got to a point where we could work together as long as I don't speak to Tim and ask him any questions, and you know he's just get to the point. And I said, okay. The other thing that I'm worried about because I'm paranoid is that you know if I find out this isn't the real real Tim Curry, there's gonna be you know there's gonna be hell to pay. Believe me, you know I'll be bringing the the crazy then. Okay. Don't worry, you know, because I, 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 I don't want to lose Tim Curry because I pretended, you know, I don't want to get busted for that kind of stuff. So, boom, believe it or not, there was no, like I wasn't ready for this. He goes, hold on, let me, uh, let me call up uh, Tim. He goes, we we're just uh, finalizing something, and uh, I got to call him anyway. So he calls him up, 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 boom. He, uh, I think, I'm not sure. I, he made me leave the room, but I don't know if Tim Curry has a personal assistant or what, if he just answers his phone. He calls me back in and he tells me, you know, no questions. And he says, you know, I got Tim on the phone. I don't do Tim Curry because, but it was weird too, because he calls me in and, uh, Tim just said, he goes, okay, Tim, I got him in the room. And, uh, he goes, Oh, oh." said something about the donation. And, uh, Oh, so tell me what, and so this is what I, okay, I'll just go straight. Uh, let, let me return on there. Maybe I'll back up from the mic or something. Let's see how it sounds. So this is a, re, this is a dramatic recreation. Okay. Uh, yeah, Mr. Curry. Um, I, whew, I'm, I'm, uh, it's a group, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, honored to be, uh, talking to you and pitching you, sir. And, uh, you know, normally I, when I work with people, I like to, you know, hear thoughts on TV versus movies or, or where they see things, uh, and you know, what, what their artistic drive is, especially, you know, as seasons change, like, you know, I know we've been involved in a lot of animation and, and it, so normally I go over a lot of questions, but I realize you're extremely a busy man and I, I don't want to take up too much of your time. So I don't, I don't, you don't have to answer any of my questions, uh, cause I'm not going to ask you any cause you know, it's Mr. Lewis here, who's done a great job representing you and real, really is in your corner, Mr. Curry. You know, I, I want to get right to point. But that would normally be my first question is like, what, what's your artistic drive? So if we decide to work together, maybe we could talk about that. But, you know, I, I've been thinking about a lot. You know, I think a lot about a lot of different stuff. I, I don't know. 
I have this podcast. It's called Sleep With Me Podcast. It's to bore people to sleep. Uh, and then he, he goes, <laughs> and then he was kind of like, he knew what a podcast was. And then he was, he was like, whoa, what? You know, and I was like, yeah, it's like this podcast. I tell these stories. And then he was like, we're talking about the podcast. He thought I was, I was joking almost like, and then it thought it was even funnier that someone would, and, and then was almost a little sad, he said, or something like that. But he was like a little bit delighted at my idiot, whatever, so okay, recreation. So I'm like, well, okay, Mr. Curry, um, yeah, so I, I think a lot about stories and what's going to work and what doesn't. And, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of like all this repackaging of old IP or, or stuff that is, uh, whatever you call it, where, where the trademark, what, I don't, I don't, and then I kind of choked because I was like, what is that word? Uh, uh, you know, when, uh, when the copyright or, you know, old stories, uh, this is kind of like my podcast was scary. I'm sorry. Yeah. He goes, Oh, you're, you're full of, you know, says, I was so, so, so I got a little nervous, but then Tim relaxed me with, uh, I go, well, I've been thinking about this one project, old piece of IP that a lot of people are familiar with, especially people, it appeals to the childlike side, but it's also this dark, dark story. And, it, and I've just been curious why it's never been developed. And I could see it's tricky. And, and, it, and at fir- your first, first blush, it might sound ridiculous, but I think if, if you, if you let it sink in, um, it won't be so ridiculous, Mr. Curry. And that's Punch and Judy. Now, at first, we were like, well, Punch and Judy. So I can see Mr. Lewis's face as your representative looking at me. He's, and he said, I promise not to embarrass him. But Punch and Judy, you think, oh, it's just a couple of kids' puppet show. But start to think about Punch and Judy and, 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 and what the puppet show is. Punch is this dark, dark character. He's a, he, he, he's a, uh, He's a drunk at times, depending on the on the show you're seeing. He can hit his wife. He 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 kills people. He beats people to death. He uh, he doesn't take good care of his baby. He fights the devil at different times. He fights dragons. Sometimes he's eaten by a dragon or tricked by the devil. He's making people into sausages. All sorts of really really dark stuff. And you think about its relationship with children and stuff. But I've always wondered, you know. We're, what were punch, what are Punch and Judy doing before the puppet show? And what are Punch and Judy doing after the puppet show? And at this point, I go, hmm. Give me a sound like that. Like, hmm. And even Lewis's eyes. I was watching Lewis out of the corner of my eye. A lot of times I was just pitching to an imaginary Tim Curry in the room. Go, hmm, hmm. And I go, yeah. Think about it. Like, why why did Judy get with Punch in the first place? This guy's a total nut job. And then what's it like? Who, like, what's it like being Punch and Judy's neighbors? Or what's it like? Well, so there's a lot of ways we could go with this, Mr. Craigie. We could go with the origin story of who are Punch and Judy. Or we could do, or, or we could explore just a basic Punch and Judy story. Or, you know, a Punch and Judy breakup. Or we could get into the life of a, of a busker and a Punch and Judy storyteller. There's a lot of ways... The story could go, and I just think it's just just ripe for mining, and and 
And there's a lot of different ways we could go as far as getting other people involved. And the, the, the door is open for collaboration, musical collaboration, and, and, and just getting your involvement, Mr. Curry, as far as like either depending on if we we're going to go with a, a combination of puppetry, you just have knowing you're interested. So you're like, I could, I could, I can really, I can, I can write it with you in mind, either as punch or as a narrator or someone loosely involved with the story. If I don't know what appeals to you right now is it, is it, is it a sense of like a return to villainy as like an older, wiser villain. And then seeing this like punch or a return to hell up for, for you, like as, as Satan dealing with this, this crafty punch and, and punch trying to outcraft you or someone more judgmental trying to intervene between punch and his wife and punch and his child. You know, I, I don't know. Or is this busker like thinking about, thinking about you, Mr. Curry, like out there performing for children, the puppetry. And, and then what, what happens when you go home, when you've been, and it, this might sound silly to a lot of people, but, but when you, when you really start to, to sit with it tonight, and let the story marinate or ferment with you or whatever sort of, uh, uh see, this is more of the podcast, sir. <laughs> he does that again. Like I get a little, but you know, the story sit and think about, I mean, be inside of the mind up punch all day. And then, and then just look at these children. They're laughing at all this stuff and then just dealing with kids and, and performing, but going town to town. Who do you love? Mr. Curry. If you're, if you're traveling Punch and Judy, puppeteer, what, what's happened? What, what's kept you at this age traveling with this, this Punch and Judy show and these, these two dolls? And this Punch has some grip on you, some Jacqueline Hyde like grip. I don't, I don't. And they made another, hmm, hmm, huh. And just thinking about it, Mr. Kirk, I mean, I'm, I, as I said, I, I'm a huge, I have great respect for your work. There's so much of it, and uh, and uh, you know, and, and I'm not saying I, I'm not a, a a musical. I'm a I'm a fan of your voice, sir, and of your performances. Um, and musical is not a definite direction, but it is something we could. There's there's so many ways we could go. I mean, you could go with a. I mean, think about collaborating with like, I'm not like a a Tim Burton angle, and then I'm just telling you, I'm not saying you know. You go, oh, oh, something like that. And then he starts, he, he says a couple names to himself, but out loud, like a couple people, I can't say their names, but people that have been involved in projects he's been in. And then Lewis is looking at me and, and, and basically, you know, he says something about the podcast, but he said, well, he said something else, like, he got it mixed up with the brilliant movie. I don't know if you guys have seen that great movie, uh, Sleepwalk With Me, which has nothing to do with this podcast, but is great. Um, but he said something about that. And I said, oh, no, sir, unfortunately, I wasn't involved in that at all. I'm, I'm honest. I'm not going to take any. Uh, so so he's like, oh, yeah, you know, he said something about he had to do Tim Curry, cool Tim Curry stuff. Go spot on about this and punch it. And he's like, I'm going to. And he made, started making fun of me a little bit, which I took as a good sign. Oh, I'm going to marinate this, my fermenter or something. That's so asleep, you know. 
And then he goes, okay, Lewis, uh, he goes, let's, let's talk about this. Uh, and, uh, so that, that was my first meeting with Tim Curry, pitching Tim Curry. And obviously I'm still doing the podcast. And again, I said, this was like before my 5150. So I'm not sure if this really happened or not, but if it did really happen or if it didn't, this isn't where it stops. There's other, this was just the first meeting with me and Lewis and Mr. Curry on speakerphone. And I mean, questions you could be asking yourself if you're still listening is, uh, what's wrong with this guy? Fair question. What the hell is wrong with this guy? Another fair question. Who's Tim Curry? Who's punching Judy? Those fair questions, but it's too late now. But what's happening next is what you should be asking. Like, does Tim Curry take this idea? Do, do we bring it to Tim Burton and John August, the two, two collaborators, or just to Tim Burton? We try to get Johnny Depp involved. Uh, who, who, who are we thinking for Judy? Um, or, what do we get? What, what about the guy from? Uh, there's a lot of questions. Or does Tim Curry reject this idea, but like take a shine to me? I mean, probably not. But what if he just takes a neutral stance to me? Okay. A lot of questions that can be answered and will be if I do another episode of Pitching Tim Curry. Because I got, yeah, like I told, I said, so Lewis' meeting ended and uh, Tim hung up and Lewis kind of shrugged and like was like, wow. And I said, well, what? I go, thanks. And I, I tried not to be too demand. I said, thank you so much, Mr. Lewis, really. Um appreciate it i've always had a thing for people named lewis because of uh lewis from revenge of the nerds you're not a nerd sir but just a thing i have lewis and there was i think there was a there was a guy that looked like lewis from revenge of the nerds that lived by me when i was little so another thing and uh but i really appreciate it. i mean i know you can't put yourself out on a limb and i'm gonna send you a thank you note just so you know i'm gonna have a, someone else write it because my handwriting is terrible but it'll be so it'll be girls writing but it's not, I don't have girls writing, but so, um, but yeah, thanks man. And, and, uh, if I, if, if I, if I, I could, can I get you a drink? You might get a coffee. Um, I, did I, did, is that okay? Did I, did I cross any lines? Listen, I'm, let's just see what happens, man. Let's see. So that's how we'll leave it tonight is like, will Lewis ever contact me? Will I be banned from the premises of this talent agency? Or will I pitch Tim Curry again? We'll find out soon on another episode of Pitching Tim Curry. Well, hey, guys. Uh, so I was trying to think of what we do because this is spur of the moment. I was like, oh, because it's been a while since we've done a guided meditation. So I paused the recorder. I was like, oh, what can we do a guided meditation about? And I was racking my brain, which, you know, when you're dealing with it's not like there's a lot to rack there. I don't even know what rack is it racking like W oh, and it would be a W R A C K I N G racking my brain. I don't know. But I, I didn't I was like, okay, well we've done some guided meditations about some stuff and the stuff I was thinking of, I was like, oh, well, we already kind of did that. And literally tried to like clear my mind and or look around for inspiration, all that stuff. The only thing that keeps and then I, you think of something, you can't get it back out, is mall walking. And uh, so that's stuck in my head now. 
And I know some of you might not even know what mall walking is. And um, so we're going to talk about um, non-factual stuff about mall, mall walking because I'm not, I don't have any research. But mall walking was back in the heyday of the shopping mall, which I guess it had a pretty good heyday because I don't know what year uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High came, I mean, was set in, but I would, I'm guessing probably 1982 to 1986. It might even been like 78. Not that it came out, but it was set. So, yeah, useful. this is a useful fax. Somewhere between 78 and 85. And if you haven't seen Fast Times at Ridgemont High and you're listening to this podcast, do yourself a favor and watch it. I'm sure it's on Check Amazon, check, check Netflix. Uh, hopefully it's on one of those services. You could just start watching it and have some immediate gratification. Great, great, great movie. And it's much better than, if if you've seen it and it's been a while, it's a way better movie than you remember. And you remember it because a lot of times people remember it for these great characters or these cameos like Mr. Hand or Jeff Spicoli. Good, good, good stuff. But there, there's a, it, it's a, it's great. It's just, I don't want to, yeah, just go ahead and watch that movie. But so that movie, there's scenes in a shopping mall and that kind of movie predates when I was in a shopping mall. I think maybe, maybe I don't cause I, again, I don't know my years, but so the, that, that kind of felt like it came out at the beginning of the shopping mall heyday which kind of went through, I don't know, when it, when the shopping mall, um, was it uh, during the Bush years the shopping mall started to go? Uh, I mean, may, I guess the rise of Amazon maybe. I don't know what's undone the, the shopping mall. But at some point during the, the shopping mall heyday, as we're calling it now, the shopping mall decade or decades, uh, yeah, and this boring stuff's already, if you're asking yourself, this is the boring part, it's already here to talk you to sleep. So during the, at some point during the, um, yeah, the shopping mall good years, and I don't know if a lot of you remember, but yeah, they're constantly building bigger and better shopping malls or remodeling shopping malls. Or, you know, outdoing each other. You had the great shopping mall of uh, somewhere in Minnesota and uh, where I'm from, which I've mentioned before, Syracuse, New York, they had built a big shopping mall there, probably right at the tail end of the shopping mall peak in the 90s maybe. And then they were going to upgrade it to uh, to try to compete with the big shopping mall, the Great Mall of America, it's called. But it didn't work out because of... Uh, I don't know if it was corruption or not tax breaks, whatever. But yeah, let's get to the mall walking. Is what what you're probably saying if you have any interest in excitement. Let's talk about exciting stuff. Mall walking is uh not exciting, but what's exciting is that someone came up with this mall walking concept. And as a person that gets curious about stuff, I'm curious. And since this is not a non fact based episode just based on i guess this is just me talking and i'm going to be the only resource for this podcast this podcast episode but my curiosity says to me okay who came up with this 
mall walking idea that the term mall walking was sort of like a, was it a grassroots thing or was it some corporate boob who said, you know, we got to get people, the shopping mall's dead during the day and we don't get enough old people. So let's, I got this idea for this mall walking where you just walk around the mall and you can tell the old people it's free. You can come in here. It's air conditioned in the winter. It's heated in the summer. Or wait, <laughs> Dys- that's like, that is an example of my dyslexia there. A little uh, teachable moment is that uh, that's kind of like, I actually have dyslexia. I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, my dyslexia is so bad. I think that's an element of dyslexia, what I just did. Or maybe it's just an element of low intelligence. Um, I don't know, whatever. Let's keep moving. But the climate-controlled conditions and this corporate boob, let's call him uh, Lewis. Uh, I know it. I like Lewis. Remember, we talked about that. Because Lewis is uh, the guy from Revenge of the Nerds. I love Lewis. So I don't want to make him a corporate boob. Uh, man, that's embarrassing. I can't go. I'm going to have to pause. Scott. There's a Scott. Scott. That's a, a corporate name, maybe. So this guy, Scott, corporate marketing mall consultant, comes up with this mall walking concept. Pitches it to older adults and people out of shape and probably new moms would be another um, place he'd be looking to looking to assert his marketing form of uh, mind control or whatever bullshit, whatever he was selling. But yeah, he'd be like, oh, well, you just had a baby. You could walk it off at the mall. You don't have to spend any money. It's climate controlled. Of course, they know. That very few people in their right mind are going to go to a shopping mall and not spend any money. And uh, while I, I would applaud someone that could do that, like if you had the willpower to go to the shopping mall and not spend any money, that's like a good sign of willpower. Or, But you've got to be, I mean, not the other side of it is, if you're going to go to a shopping mall and not spend any money, you're, you're really crazy. You're fucking crazy. Like, uh, you might have willpower, but you're a fucking nut job. You're going to go to a shopping mall and not spend any money with only attention of walking around to amuse yourself. I mean, unless you're like an artist, I mean, maybe I should go to a shopping mall because I'm so terrible at voices and start picking up some character voices and, and, but I don't have the, I don't have the willpower. I'll be like sucking down a up one of those pretzel smoothies from the pretzel stand and then I'll go, you know, they get hand out the bourbon chicken in the food court. I don't usually buy the bourbon chicken, but I taste it and I think about buying it. and then I go, I'll buy something else. And even nowadays they probably have in and out at shopping malls and maybe then I'll feel nostalgic and I'll go in the arcade, whatever. Back to you. Uh, people that go to shopping malls and don't spend money. You're nuts. But yeah, just to put people, I mean, and I, I can't, you can't give a new mom, like this guy, Scott, he's like, oh, all the new moms should come to the mall. You'll walk off, you know, any, any, you know, weight that's hurting your self-esteem. You'll get exercise. Next thing you know, you're in Carter's paying like $13 for a freaking bib, which is nuts. 
that your kid is going to stain and grow out of that you could get at Goodwill for 50 cents. And don't, don't roll your eyes at me about Goodwill. And then you're going to pay $10 minimum, or maybe if it's 1980s, $5 at the food court. Um, again, I get another tangent. I guess this is going to be a guided meditation, but it's more like a, I'm just meditating on malls. Before Sabaros, I don't want to start throwing corporations under the bus, but I do do that from time to time. Malls used to, at least uh, the malls in Syracuse, New York, they had this um, smaller chain called Pavone's or Provone's Pizza. It had New York-style pizza. It was a legit good slice of pizza. For somebody from, I mean, it might have been not New York City-level pizza. They didn't even advertise it as New York-style they just sold the slices kind of like the one that Stacy worked at, I think, in um, uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. But, uh, yeah, and then Sbarro's came along and probably all those pizza places closed. And Sbarro's isn't, I don't even think you can classify as pizza. It's like either you got the one that's like a pie with the extra layer of bread on it. Or they have, like, stuff that has so much crap on it. So tomorrow's kind of ruined pizza malls. Another side. Back to the mall walking, which was where we were. Is that, uh, so this guy, so was it this guy, Scott, corporate raider, all-around bad guy, villain, came up with mall walking to exploit people that thought they had willpower to go to the mall and walk around in the climate-controlled conditions of a shopping mall. Was it by this guy, Scott, or was it by, like, was it a grassroots, like, like, is it one of those great stories? There's probably, it's probably neither. You're like, man, you're, this podcast really is a doll. You're talking about mall walking. Yeah, I am. Um, was it like just people that met at the mall? Maybe older adults, maybe new moms, maybe out of work people that were wanting to get back in shape. That lived in the Rust Belt. And that said, hey, this mall's warm in the winter. It's cool in the summer. I can walk the mall. And, uh, I, I, you know, I could just walk up and down the mall. It, it's actually, a lot of malls have natural light, so they're not too bad to look at. While well, I'm having um, some negative deja vu. I'm not even kidding. As I'm going, like as I'm talking, I'm remembering I think maybe it was a nightmare about a mall and mall walking that was based on my childhood problem, problems with malls, which we'll get to probably in another podcast episode. But so, yeah, like, was it this, was it like these underground mall walkers? And were they like rebels? Like, were they, was that, like, at one point did they have to, was a security guard like, well, you guys, you can't just walk around the mall and, uh, they were like, yeah, we can. It's a fr-. And they're like, no, it's no solicitation. Like, technically, we might go into a store so we can walk all the mall walking we want. And then there was like a trial, like uh, mall walkers of uh, Albany, New York versus uh, Megatron Corporation, which owns all the malls. And then there was this big trial, and the mall was like, you know, we're, I want to, uh, the evil Scott was like, I remember this event, Scott's like brother, um, Eli, I don't know. 
And he was even eviler. He was like, I want these mall walkers. I want them, you know, give them the maximum sentence. And I'm like, well, there's not really a sentence. It's a misdemeanor. It's like a, for trespassing. And you actually, you know, gave him a warning. So it's like a $4 fine. You know, well, I want them in jail. And I want this going to a jury trial. And I'm like, well, this kind of situation doesn't go to a jury trial. Well, I want a jury trial. And then it started going through the court system, and then it was like Megatron Corporation versus the Mall Walkers. And finally, once the you know big shots at Megatron found out about Eli and his anti-Mall Walking crusade, he was they were like, "Buddy, cool it! Um, you're making us look like jerks, and we might we we don't want to look like jerks." Okay, Eli, that's the whole purpose of shrouding ourselves in secrecy. You boob. You know, let them people walk around the mall. They might buy an Orange Julius before it goes out of business. Who do you think's keeping Orange Julius in business? Freaking teenagers? Hell no. No. What was it? I don't even remember what they sold at Orange Julius. It was like orange juice mixed with something else. I think it was like orange juice and seltzer water. Or was it actually a juice place before? I don't think, I'm, I'm pretty sure I only had a sip of one Orange Julius in my life. That's a good question. I'm going to have to go and research that. Maybe we'll come up with a, let's all have an Orange Julius. Whenever this podcast hits the air, let's agree to uh, find an Orange Julius recipe and have one together. Even though I don't know. I don't know why I think it's just orange juice and seltzer water and maybe some other stuff, but whatever. Yeah, the, so... Megatron Corporation was like, fired Eli. And then they probably put Scott in charge when they're like, you need to repair, um, lower the tensions with the mall walkers because me, it's look like fools. And then, you know, maybe there like, was this whole mall walking protest we never heard about because our textbooks are also history textbooks were made by Megatron Corporation where there was all these people united mall walking like our parents or grandparents or our neighbors, maybe even our school teachers were, you know, banned to even talk about how they were part of the great, like, instead of Occupy, it was like mall walk. Maybe it was like this aggressive thing, this anti, and then it morphed into, oh, it's a pretty good exercise. And yeah, we have a right to, uh, I guess you don't, I mean, when you're looking at it, as much as I'd like to say you do have a right to walk them all and not buy anything, you would have to veil it with the fact that you could or you might buy something because otherwise they are spending a lot of money. That's, I'm not, I'm sure, well, I'm not sure if it's a public space or not, but then you could go for the argument of like, uh, well, how much of my tax dollars built this friggin' mall for some rich guy? And then you're like, okay, well, maybe you do have a right, um, gray area, I guess, like malls, when I'm dealing with mall logic and mall ethics and mall morals, I want to make it black and white. Like, you either have a right to mall walk or you don't. But I guess, yeah, you could get into some softer, um, like who really owns a mall. Is Was this a public space or did you have to allot public space to be the mall walker? Or to be a, like, I don't know. So, yeah, so maybe I should just cool it on my pro and anti-mall walking um, thingamajig. But so at some point, 
mall walking rose to not prominence, but uh, where it became a word, at least, that people used. Did anybody really mall walk? I don't know. I'm thinking of this one mall. Was it called? Fairmount Fair Mall. Gone now. Unfortunately, it was a major mall of my youth. Or, well, pre-youth. Like, I, I missed its apex. Well, oh, I got another Fairmount Fair story, but we'll have to wait on that one. About a haunted house. Not a scary one, so don't worry. Um, March of Dimes Haunted House. We'll get to that some other time. But this mall, like when I'm imagining it and remembering it, it seemed like it was built on a, like it was like the uh, left-hand side of the mall to the right-hand side, which was probably like six, not six football fields, maybe. I feel like it was like downhill. Like they almost built one side of the mall higher than the next side, which that would be a good mall walking mall. Because like you warm up, you go one way. Then you get a little mini uphill. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about maybe from the left side of the mall to the right side. This was like a straight mall. Those were um, early mall, like early pyramids of Gaza. I don't know. I don't know pyramid history. Barely no mall history, but this was like a early mall design. It's just a strip, straight strip enclosed uh, instead of having a fancy wings. It was just like a long thingamajig. It was nicer than an enclosed plaza. I don't think they retrofitted a plaza. I think they built it as a mall. And it had lower ceilings than you'd see in future mall designs. But again, I can't, I don't have any facts to base this on, but I want to say that, yeah, one mall had a slightly higher elevation than the other. I mean, one side had a slightly elevate, uh, higher elevation than the other side, but I'm not positive. But, I mean, when I think of mall walking, I think of that mall originally because that was my first mall experience. And that was like a mall I had never was at the age to be alone in. Like, as a te- I wasn't a teen, so I couldn't, like, just go to that mall. Uh, so that's what I'm going to get picturing now. As uh, I want to, I want to do a little, uh, do a little guided med- meditation of mall walking, a little mall walking, guided meditation to help you fall asleep. I mean, if you're awake now, you're probably a mall fan, or you work at a mall, or you find this. You, yeah, if you find it irritating, you already shut it off. Maybe yeah, maybe you're like a. You're holding on for a little more. Maybe you're nostalgic for mall pizza or Orange Julius. I don't know. And so I'm going to try to do a little. So let's just close your eyes. Take a breath because we're going to a little place called Fairmount Fair Mall. Fairmount, New York. Across the street from the mall is a... uh, Cross a very busy street, which you have no business crossing in a by foot, but by car, is a uh, miniature golf place called Fairmount Glen. I'm not sure if it's there anymore. <sighs> but yeah, we're going to Fairmount Fair Malls, Mall Walkers. We're in a machine. Ah, oh, yeah. Hey, hey, how you doing today? 
I got my new uh, Scossonies here. Yeah, I see how those Buster Browns. Yeah, um, oh, you're new to, uh, yeah, this is the, uh, uh, this is the uh, Fairmont Fair. We call ourselves the, uh, yeah, Fair Walkers. That's the name of our, and you, you signed up on, are you going to join the, uh, the club? Did you call Mary? Okay, yeah, she, uh, she, um, she needed some oxygen, so she's not going to be here today. But yeah, you might be asking, and I know I'm a young guy. I'm a mall walker, right? Yeah, you seem young for a mall walker as well. But yeah, I've been in the Fairmount. No, yeah, I used to be in the uh, Fair, Fairmount, uh, the Flyers. I was the younger, that's the younger walking, mall walking club. They come in on uh, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. But yeah, we got Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We tried to, uh, you know, we just couldn't agree on time. So we just, you know, we can't, you can't walk them all every day. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, we're going to zip up my shoes. Uh, what's your name? Oh, that's a beautiful name. Welcome. So what we're going to do is, uh, we're here on the uh, northern end of the mall. And, uh, we're going to take a walk to the uh, southern end, and then we're going to turn around and come back to the northern end. And I, I like to then go back to the southern end, take a rest on a bench outside uh, Penny's, and I like to uh, do a little people watching there. There'll be people watching outside of Penny's. I might uh, um, smell some of the plants. I like the, uh, they have a good collection of uh, plants down there. They have a kala lily uh, planter down there. And then I'll take another trip back here to the north end. And then I will, uh, another trip down to the south end, back to the north again. Now, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not a, I'll be honest with you, I'm not a hardcore uh Mall walker on Monday and Friday, I get a slice of pizza and a soda for four ninety nine, big slice. And I sit down and eat that, and that's halfway. And then I'll walk halfway back here to the north side again. And I like to stretch when I'm done walking. And then I'll walk, I like to walk uh, Mary to her car. She has a, a broken hip, or she's she has broken her hip before. And I will be happy to walk you to your car. And, uh, yeah, that's it. It's usually me and Mary. And, uh, I'm so glad you signed up. Uh, because, uh, Mary, she doesn't like me to talk when we're walking. And she, other than when she tells me I'm walking too fast or too slow for her pace. And you're, you, you really picked the, uh, I mean, it's like, I, 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 this sounds corny, but this is the most wonderful time of the year because, uh, they decided recently to have Christmas in July as their, uh, to get, uh, it's nice and cool in here and they will, this is a new thing they started. You just picked it. So I said the most wonderful time. Sleigh bells and jingling, kind of a fear. So they have uh, the Christmas decorations up, and we're pretending it's Christmas time in July. 
Jay is good for a laugh. Uh, if I laughed, I would go, huh. So that's another exciting thing about this mall is that I think this was one of the few malls uh, that I know of. Well, it's the only mall I walk. So are you ready to uh, go? Okay. Yeah, no, where, I, oh, no, you. Uh, where are you going? No, we stay to the, uh, oh, oh, we stay to the right of the uh, planters and fountains. Yeah, so we'll uh, walk here. And uh, now you might notice this is one of the few malls that is built on different elevations. So we're starting about 16 steps higher than where we'll finish, which will be quite a workout on the way back. And it'll really uh, blast your uh, hams, your quads, and your calves. And, you know, Jack Lane, he was in this mall before. Uh, so, you know, that's... Uh, and, uh, you know, so uh, we're, we're, what you're going to see up here on the left is our first Christmas display. Those are candy cane lollipops. And that uh, white stuff down there is snow. And the uh, fence is to keep the kids out. And you will see that they have a abominable snowman there. He's uh, the one from that uh, Christmas special with the... Uh, but, uh, and if you, if you, whoa, if you wait here, let's just take a wait and just wait here next to me and watch the abominable snowman. See, his arm is moving very slowly and he's waving at us. Waving. See that? He's waving slowly, but that's a wave. It is a, doesn't it just feel like we're in the, the Disney vacation land thing? Like it's an animatron. He's animated. And that's some sort of mechanical thing uh, that does that. And we're going to see more of that as we, uh, and there's no Santa. I'm sure Santa would love to have you on his lap, I bet. Oh, no, I won't. Okay, I won't say anything like that again. Uh, but, yeah, that's exciting stuff here at the mall. And we're going to go down. Now, this is our first set of steps here. And if you, uh, I like to uh, hold on to the rail. And close my eyes because I can hear the fountain. Uh, and that signifies that we're one quarter of the way through the mall. And that there's exits for parking on our left and our right sides here. And also there's a Bonwit teller uh, in case you are some sort of rich person that shops there. And we're going to continue on. Um, I'm going to see some rubber plants and some of these planners. And you know, so they, uh, if you're very observant, did you notice anything after we passed the fountain? Uh, well, uh, no, I'd, I'd showered last night, but I wasn't talking about me. I was talking about the mall. No. Uh, the colors on the wall changed. You might have noticed it's a subtle thing. And I like to say that we're in the uh, hot portion of the mall here because it's orange-ish. So, and uh, got a favorite, my favorite, one of my favorite stores coming up here that I like. I don't shop there, but it's called Cutlery World, a world of cutlery. And they sell uh, ninja swords there. And, uh, you know, I'm not a, much of a joker, but, you know, I would do like to go in there and ask, hey, you guys got any knives? Yeah, got any knives? And, and then I say, uh, why do you sell swords? What am I going to cut my uh, 
cut my sausage with a sword. And the guys have a laugh at me. I, I didn't realize that was like a, a double entendre. Cut my sausage with a sword. So I uh, caught early world and I like to look in. I don't go in anymore because of all that. But uh, I find it uh, quite the place, Cutlery World. So that's Cutlery World. And then now uh, we're going to be coming up here. And then and, uh, quite a few. We've got uh, three more steps to go down. Would you, my lady, could I take your hand and escort you down? No? Okay. Uh, I, I, I have to comment on your shoes, your sneakers, your... Uh, you have the kangaroos, the ruse. Eh? Do you, do you keep anything in those pockets of yours? It's quite quite an expensive. Sh- do you do you do? What do you keep in there? Mace? Oh, does that hurt? Oh, you're kidding. Yours? Uh, do, could I? Don't touch your shoes. I know, of course not. I was just curious. I just want to get a little closer. The kangaroos, the ruse. Those are expensive. Uh, are they comfortable? I think I think if they were um, more affordable, I would definitely they'd be a prime uh, mall walking shoe because I could keep my keys in one, my car key, and my money for my uh, pizza and soda in the other pocket. Or or maybe if we were if our friendship develops, we could I could keep it in yours. No, okay. So what um. Do you mind if I ask what uh, brings you to this walking club? What makes you want to be a a a, a, a fair walker, Fairmount Fair Walker? Because you are a, a fair walking. You, I, you, are you laughing at me? Is, is that because I'm charming? I'm am I disarming you? A, li- a little, okay. Yeah. Oh, is he, is. Is there something wrong with me there? Obviously, ma'am, I mean, I have very little self-awareness, but I do realize I'm walking in a mall on a weekday at 10.15 in the morning. So, yes, I, I, my self-esteem has uh, not properly developed into adulthood. Okay, well, we're getting to the center of the mall, and let's just put that ugliness aside because we're going to be walking in a winter wonderland. In this meadow, they have built a snowman. And you even see that's Parson Brown over there. And you can see, well, he doesn't move, so he's not saying, are you married? And the snowman, if you watch, watch him, you see his carrot nose is spinning around. Very funny. Very funny. Now, if I was making it, designing, if I had my job was to design robotic Snowman, one of my, probably a, a dream. I, I asked if I could, I found out about it. I asked if I could come watch them take things down because they didn't tell me about putting up this Christmas decorations. And we, I normally like to do figure eights through these uh, crossovers, like a figure eight pattern through the mall. It adds a few more steps. But with these Christmas things, they uh, makes a figure eight impossible. But I would like to see them like a, how they take apart this snowman, because I would have his his pipe spinning, his pipe, um, corn cob pipe. He doesn't have one. Why? He's uh, supposed to be a frosty the snowman, correct? So this is the winter wonderland. If 
Frosty the Snowman. You could just see over there is Rudolph. And again, his nose is not working. I will, uh, I don't, there's no one to report that to other than the security guard. And he told me not to tell him anymore about things with the mall. But so, yeah, that's, uh, Rudolph. And you see there's more snow. And when we just go around past these posts, we're going to see something. My favorite part of this Christmas display is Santa's workshop. And they have, look at, come here, let's sneak around here. Look at this here. There is Santa's workshop. Now, if you see a present, it's going along. And see that one elf? He's hammering the present, building it. And then the next elf is sawing. They're sawing and hammering is a miracle of this is, they call technology. This is, we live in a war age of wonder. Look at that. And the presents are on some sort of a conveyor belt. Look, oh, he's hammering that one. It's just a box and sawing the box now. And then it goes into that house. And look, now if we come here, you stand right here with me. A light, see that? The light comes on and you see in the window another elf. He, he's waving. And then watch next one. Sleeping. The elf is sleeping. He's in Santa's workshop sleeping. Oh, can you believe it? It's July. And we are just standing here. And I am in my shorts. And we are watching Santa's workshop. With a, uh, my heart is filled with, if, I, if only it really was Christmas. But it's not. It's only a few months, too many months away. But I would, I can appreciate, oh, look at, watch. Because you wouldn't use a hammer or a saw. That train's not wooden. But, and that's a dog bone. Oh, and the sleeping elf, I never, sleepy. Like he's like one of the dwarfs from Snow White. Okay, let's get walking. Let's, let's, uh, let's get walking. Okay, uh, now we're, uh, we're just, uh, oh. You need a break from that Christmas excitement, I understand. So exciting, the Christmas. Did you, are you sad? Okay, well, well it's just, uh, this is this up here on the right is the gap. Um, I've been asked not to sit in front of here. It's where the young people shop. And they said I was looking at the young people too closely. Um, but this is where they buy jeans, dungarees. And clothing, the gap. Oh, oh, the gap. I make it makes my mind want to stare at young people. I guess so. Let's just keep moving, and we're going to go. Coming up soon, we have uh, a nice uh, where the uh, ceilings are higher. They call it the uh, the atrium, and a lot of these plants here. You're going to see see two more steps down. We are here in the atrium. Now the, I know it just means that uh has more skylights, but you notice the plant, these are real plants and just wonderful, wonderful greenery. Oh, evergreen for the spirit of Christmas. And if we go around this corner here, this would normally be where Santa is set up, but because... It would be, they said it would be confusing to the children to have Santa. It wouldn't make any sense 
But then, the, you know, I would think if I was running a mall, I'd want Christmas toys a year, of course. Why not? Oh, Christmas presents and Santa Claus. But then you see that in the planters, they have hidden presents. You see, nothing moving here, unfortunately, because it would be more more Santa and the picture taking and the line of children. And I believe you get a miniature candy cane. But not now, because uh, no Santa, because it's July, even though it's Christmas time. And you might be asking yourself, where are the carols? Well, it turns out people complained about Christmas carols in July. So they play the Christmas carols from 12 to 12.30 only. And I like to, uh, sometimes I'll stick around. Uh, but I run out of stuff to do because, you know, should I get fi- finished up with my walking about 11.15? And then if it's, I just have an early lunch if it's, uh, but uh, now I might just like leisurely stretch my lunch out and sip at my soda. No refills at this place because, uh, yeah, it's expensive. They're just trying to get by and make a living. But they have the crunchy, the, uh, the ice. It's not cubes or snow. It's like a miracle of, uh, it's like little frozen clouds. I don't know what they call it, but I let it melt and then I'll drink some watered down soda pop and I, I will listen to the carols later. Uh, well, today's, uh, I mean, on the days I eat pizza, which should be to Friday, today's Wednesday, you know, but yeah, so that's, uh, my plan to hear the Christmas carols and then I'll be whistling Christmas carols the rest of the day. And, uh, you know, people might be like, what are you, why, why are you whispering that Frosty the Snowman or Rudolph, you idiot? Uh, well, that's what Mother says, but, uh, now say, oh, Mother, I'm full of the Christmas spirit, so you cannot harm me. And my heart is shielded from you with the love of Christmas. So, yeah, we're almost here. You're going to hear another fountain if you close your eyes. Don't worry, I won't touch you. Uh. You're going to hear another fountain. And this one, look at it. It's it's a big circle and the water sprays out. And then there's another circle. Cocentric, I would think those are. Actually, little holes in a piece of metal and they're spraying out like a reversed waterfall in some sense. And uh, I've got to tell you, there was one time I did through two labs with my figure eights. And it was when the uh, air conditioning was off. And I was having um, some issues, and I climbed in because I just wanted to feel that water on me. It was so hot, and I was aching, and from the from the walk, I overwalked. And then they, 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 you know, it, because the uh, air conditioning was off, we were able to work out a compromise that I would not be banned or arrested because I, I did have I took my shirt off, but that's I'm a man. With a, with a, I was, I was hot. Uh, air conditioning and it's so, listen to that sound, the swishing. So comforting. And uh, so that is the, how we've reached uh, the uh, end of our beginning of our journey here at the uh, Fairmount Fair. You're now not, you're not officially a fair walker, but I could tell you, you are. Oh, you, you don't look, uh, 
I'm sorry, I'm noticing I'm telling you. Are you okay? You seemed sad earlier. And uh, I, I, I don't know, I, I feel like my story about being shirtless, uh, oh, you're welcome. You're going to be a part of this mall walking. How about this? You, you seem sad. I'm not going to ask you why. We don't know each other well enough. And you're going to be a fair walker soon, and we'll get to know each other. Why don't we just walk? Maybe that's why Mary just likes to walk with me. We'll just walk. Okay, we'll just walk. And if you want to talk, you can talk. And we'll just walk. And if you decide to talk, you can talk. Otherwise, we'll just walk. We're just walking. Let's go. We're walking now. Yeah. It's nice walking. Well, I'll, I'll still be talking. I know you're looking at me. But you don't need to talk. So we're going to walk. And and uh, you could even close your eyes. And, and this isn't a, you know, you can uh, pull the way the planters go, you could actually reach your arm out and your hand out and touch them. Oh, you're going to go to your car now. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'll just walk. I'll just finish the day out myself uh, walking. And uh, you have, it was wonderful walking with you. You know, I I know I'm overstepping things, but I I really think you're getting, pulling out early if you do one figure eight. How about we make a deal? You can go to your car. You can drive away and never come back. You might get home. You might you, you might still be sad. You might not be. We can do one figure eight. And then you can see how your mood is. And, and you can get in your car and drive off. And we're going to do a fancy figure eight for you. To, uh, okay, so let's just try. Okay, you ready? Okay. Yeah, so we're going to. We're, we're, we're on, a, on the proper side of the mall, the right side. We're going to pick up some pace now. We've got these steps coming up. We're going up the steps. Yep, we are. And bye, bye, Santa, bye, Santa's workshop. We're, we're picking up our pace. And okay, here comes, here comes that. We're really moved. Wow, you are fit. You are a fit young woman. And we're going to, okay, get ready now. We're going to go, we're going to make a, we're going to have to do a fancy, very fancy, because like I said, with the Santa displays, this next one coming up, I'll get three more stairs. And you see how that cuts? We would normally cut right through there, but that's where they have the uh, snowman and Rudolph display. So we're going to make a hard left. I guess we won't be making a figure. We'll figure, we'll figure it out. We'll figure out our figure eight. Okay, come on. Hard left. And another hard left. And we're by Cutlery World. We're not coming by there, boys. No jokes today. And another hard left. And we'll go back down. Okay, so we kind of did a U. Oh, I wasn't thinking this out. Uh, don't see how we can do a figure eight. Kind of could do a U. We could do, oh, I know. We'll do a digital eight. That's what we'll do. Okay. We're coming up on the... Uh, Winter Wonderland display. And we're going to make another hard left. And another hard left, which will connect to our old one. Now make a right. Now we're going in the wrong direction of traffic. And let's just keep going. And let's pick up our pace even more. Oh, you're going to jump over the off step. Whoa. Wow. You jumped off all the steps. Those kangaroo. You're like a little kangaroo. 
And okay, we're going. Now we're going to get, we're getting our pace going right by Santa, by Santa's workshop. Now we're going to do another double right, right, right past the by fountain of shame, I call. And another right. And we're going against traffic again. <laughs> we are rebelling, rebelling, rebelling. Oh, you want to jump up the stairs. Like we're salmon spawning. Are we going to spawn up there? No. Okay. Yeah, I know. Oh, we made it. That was fun. That was so much fun. That was so much fun. We're almost done with our digital aid. Let's go all the way to Cutlery World. What do you say? Okay. That was, wow. Yeah. Oh, that was fun. Um, we can go get an Orange Julius. And, uh. You know what? Maybe that's a little bit too much for you. You just seem down. We had our deal. And you're smiling. So let's just call it a day. And you can think about rejoining the mall walkers. Yes, it was very, oh, it was a pleasure. And you can just leave a message on Mary's. Yeah, leave a message with Mary. Call her. And she screens all her calls with her um, answering machine. So, you know, you're not out to get her or whatever she thinks. And leave her a message and say, you want to join up? And she will take your check um, for administrative purposes. I don't know why we why we have dues. I've asked her before, and she just tells me to mind my piece and cues. But it was wonderful. Okay, just have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. And I'm just going to get my stretching in here. What a nice, nice day at the mall. What a wonderful afternoon or I guess it was a morning is it not even close to noon I don't know what I'm going to do with the rest of the day price to me go I can go back down and I'm going to watch that Santa's workshop for a while see it'll brighten me up yeah I wasn't um what I'm going to do is Looking on here, it's all this fake snow is made from cotton. So poofy. I can't tell you what I'm gonna climb over the fence here. I'm over the fence. I'm in the cotton. I'm snuggling in the cotton. I'm just gonna snuggle in this cotton. It's soft as a cloud. I'm going to take a little nap. I put my thumb in my mouth. No, I won't do that. I'm kidding. Ah. Uh, I'm floating on a cloud of cotton. Snowman and Rudolph close by. Just drifting off into sleep. So wonderful. And you dream of Christmas in July. Because it's a little slice of paradise. Oh, yes. So great. Thank you. And good night. I will sleep until I'll dream of the woman and the kangaroos. Hopefully when I wake again, it'll be time to mall walk with her two days from now. Ah, oh, good night.